PKA 561 with our guest Joshua Fluke Taylor. This episode of PKA is brought to you by Lucy and Smartmouth. A couple of wonderful sponsors. You already know about them. Links below. Joshua, thank you so much for coming on. I was not familiar with you until about two and a half hours ago when Chiz was like, you got to watch this guy's stuff. And I was like, I looked you up and it was like computer scientists. And I'm like, he's way too smart for me. I'm not going to get any of this. And then he's like, no, look up the family stuff. Then, and, and all those stories. Cause apparently that really helped you blow up um, in a sad way. But uh, so for people who don't know the, the very quick background is you, you had your family fucking with you lying to you gaslighting you for like it seemed like six years can you give us a little recap on that as you're financially supporting them keeping them from being homeless and they just seem to treat you like absolute garbage um yes sure so uh, when i first moved um after college i got my first job i found out that um they were losing their house um in the form of i got a email that said my credit card was maxed out oh no and um that's not how you usually find out no yeah and i was really um you know how did you get my credit card but when i first got here i was unaware that they were losing their house and it was the first time i had seen them in a few years so we were just hanging out and uh, i needed some credit cards to live to my first paycheck so i mailed those to them while i was moving and they brought them but they wrote the credit card numbers down and they were buying everything for me like taking me out to dinner and stuff while we were here Mm -hmm. hanging out with my credit cards (laughs) <laughs> so I found out months later in the middle of a work day that my credit card was maxed out. And I called and I was like, what is this? And I saw um, the bill. It was um, Kyle will note because he's in Atlanta, but it's Marietta Power Company. Yes. Yeah. They were in Georgia. So I was like, what? I don't, I don't even live there. And so mm-hmm. it was just kind of like a downhill spiral, I guess. But instead of, I mean, I was mad, but instead of being mad, I was more concerned that my family was in the process of becoming homeless so I gave them my entire savings, uh, gave them my apartment, and then went and got another apartment. And they moved here. And then after that, there was a lot of lies involved, got involved with drugs. And then um, I was totally unaware. I guess I'm just super naive. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I wanted to ask this <clears throat> because I also did a little bit of, bit of research. And it seemed like, how old were you when this specific incident occurred when when your credit card was maxed out and you were like oh wait my family's losing their losing their home how old were you then about 25 so prior to you being 25 had there been like little red flags along the way like when you were a child when you were an adolescent when you were a teenager mm, no not so much i think growing up it was fairly normal i i knew that they did some dumb spending things like they would buy things that i'm like how can you afford that but yeah. there wasn't any but there was never any like that's just stealing from your kids. There was oh, never. It's worse than stealing. Like it's it's identity theft, right? Like yeah, ruins your credit, it, all that it, stuff. It ruins your credit. Like like money can be replaced really easily. Credit is so hard to rebuild. You know, it, it's it, you can't just go to Chase and be like, no, no, you don't understand. You see, my mom stole my identity. I pay my bills. It's her. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, how do we know that she's not going to steal your identity? Can't like they don't believe you. They're not going to yeah. believe that shit. So it, I think the decision is whether or not you want your parents to take the fall for it, right? Like, like in my mind, so I watched this too. The choice was I can either, hey, accept a screwed up credit record and um, pay off these bills, or two, my parents go to jail. 
because I, my credit gets stolen all the time. Not so much in the last year, but it used to happen like t literally twice a month. And they'd be like, hey, we've got these weird charges at like Cumberland Farms. They're not even around here, jewelry stores, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be like, nope, that's a you problem. That's fraud. That has nothing to do with me. And they understand, they're like, all right we get it and it was easy as that they just accepted my word they were usually new cards that were open and charges so you could have done that but they absolutely would have gone straight to your parents to go yeah. criminal yeah i mean what do you do when you're in that situation you want you want to help them out right because now yeah. i'm in a situation where i can whereas you know they raised me i went off to college got a job mm -hmm. and so i figured you know it feels like even though i'm upset my credit is totally destroyed i want to help you not be under a bridge yeah. you mentioned the power company charge and like I, i'm in my own head i'm processing like well how bad was the stealing as if stealing's not all equal yeah but like the electric bill is like one kind of stealing if they also put like home electronics and stuff on it that's a different kind of mm -hmm. spending on and your... if it's a situation where they're like 50 dvd players and you know they're going and reselling them so that they yeah. can make cash out of your credit you know i don't like, know what's i don't know what's the worst to me because to my mind frivolous spending is one of the meanest things they could have done well they what i just suggested is hog. what i just suggested is like outright theft right where they're like they're taking pennies on the dollar on on your credit to put cash mm -hmm. in your pocket you know yeah. like so what was I, and, and I, I think we're going to get to the root of this later but and, and maybe i'm jumping the gun a little bit but there's going to be this thing we're coming to and it's like what point at what point do you say family or not you know i i i, I don't want to jump the gun yet but like that's what's in my head right now it's like family or not so what was on the cards let's let's it was mostly just utility bills okay um i had no idea that it was even being used like i never got any like fraud this card is being used across the united states from you i, I never got any alerts or anything like yeah. that because i guess they had started using it before i even got it so that was like the first time it was used and so that location didn't trigger any red flags for them right yeah they don't know normal spending patterns because the new cards mm -hmm. and this so, was a, about the same time you had given them a car right or was that a bit afterward um i brought them here and they had a car but they pawned it they pawned both of their cars actually um and so then they were just walking to work or riding a bike to work and i was like this is not right like you guys shouldn't be pawning your vehicles but also like you can't walk in minus 20 degree weather two miles like that i mean you can mm -hmm. but i'm not going to let you do that so i got them car um yeah and then they got that like they one of my sister's friends stole it and got into a hit and run and the police raided my house it was just a giant mess like man you've Jesus had so Christ. much drama in your life like are you on medication now to be this chill <laughs> no i not really it just i don't know like i can be really upset like some days i think about it but mm -hmm. most of the time i don't know it was really hard the first year but now i, I, Family I must be really important to you i would i would have liked to to think it was at the time i mean that's what i i know, know your actions speak to that yeah yeah your actions are louder than words because i'm gonna tell you right now um i love my family i really do like i've had differences with my mom and stuff but like i love her a lot if she needed help i'd help her i'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat but if she stole from me like that's a one strike you're out kind of thing like yeah. if she stole from me like if she asks for money Oh, you can have all I have, all I have, and more. I'll borrow money and get it to you, like like whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you steal from me and you're that close to me, I can't forgive that because that's so nefarious. 
I don't, I've never experienced anything like that. I've had family members borrow money and then be a little weird about paying it back. And that's one of those things where it's like, come on, like you're going to make me come to you to ask you for my money back. Like that's a little shitty. Like, like I, I, I won't mention which family member, but it's like a extended family member. And like, I've loaned them money. It took a little while to get it back. I got it back, but it was like, you made me come to you for the money. And, and that's a little shitty. I don't, you should like, like if I, if it's, if the shoe's on the other foot, if someone borrows money from me or excuse me, if I, if I borrow money from someone, you're not going to have to come for that money as soon as I have it. And I'm going to be giving you updates. Hey man, I'll have that money in two weeks, I think, or actually I won't have it all, but I'm going to have like two thirds of it. I'm going to get that to you right now. I'm gonna get that to you right now. What's the best way for me to get that money? Would you like cash? Would you like a check? Would you mm. like PayPal? Like I'm trying to make it right because I know what it's like. This is blowing my mind that, yeah. that, that this happened to. It was I, like I, I, was, I was watching the video. I was like, like I, I clicked the first one you made, and I was like, I mean, everybody has family problems. It can't be that bad. And I'm like, like bench pressing, listening to it, like using my anger at your family, like those bastards. <laughs> like, like, I can't believe, like giving them a car, them committing crimes in the car you getting your house raided what was the house raid like was it over pretty quick when they realized you know the, the situation or was it like you know it's obviously cops in there it's they're not their job to understand it's their job to respond was how yeah did that so go? the car was in my name because i didn't want them to pawn it of course mm-hmm. which is kind of a crappy thing to have to even consider that they would do with something that you're gifting them which is strange but it was in a hit and run in the tag and the insurance came back to me and so they came to my house and they were like, you know, come out, hands up, all that stuff. Um, but after they were like, this is, I don't even have this car. Like, I'm still here. Haven't gone anywhere, you know. Like, then they were like, oh, okay, well, you know, you'll be contacted by the lady's insurance. And this is her info and all that stuff. And so now even today, my car insurance is all super high for something <laughs> I didn't do. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> this, so that's how that works. If they get into an accident while you buy the insurance, it's your problem. Yep. If no one will claim it, then it just goes to the person's name that's on it. <laughs> Something that was curious to me listening to it is the the period of time that your dad seemed to not have a job. Like, w- did he have a job all throughout your your growing up years? And then once he realized he could kind of use you as a bank account, he stepped back and decided to bum. Or was that? It, it seemed almost like sudden. Or did you kind of see signs of that as so a he, kid? He had a he had the same job. Well, I mean, like pretty much the same job my whole life, um, and then uh, his company wanted him to start charging like a thousand percent markup on a on a parts. And he's like, "I'm not going to do that. We've been selling it for this price for so long, and you know, this feels like theft. And you want me to sit here and fill out my time cards and uh, stuff while I'm still in their parking lot and charge them hourly for that, even though the job is done." He's like, "I'm not going to do that. That's like stealing from the customer. So I'm going to quit, make my own company." Uh, but what happened was that he um, signed a non-compete when he was 27 years old that said he cannot work in any industry related for two years. So wh- what do you what do you do? That's what he's been doing for 30 mm-hmm. years. I mean, so he broke the non-compete, made his own company. They eventually found out because he took some customers and yeah. then they sued him and he lost. And that I think, I don't know, when they took his house, one day they just showed up to take his boat. Like I was just chilling upstairs playing games and some people showed up to take the boat. And I was like, Hey, there's some people stealing your boat outside right now. He's like, just straight face, just looking at the TV. I'm like, bro, there's people hooking up to your <laughs> boat in the driveway and they just took off. And 
from then I was like, hmm, something, something's not right. Cause I, I was working with him while he had his own company, mm-hmm. but it, um, I, I left right around the, the time things started to fall apart. I really had no idea cause I was there when he got a DMC or DMC later, a cease and desist pretty much. And, um, he's like, nah, I'm not even worried about it. This is, you know, the only thing I've done my whole life. There's no way they can tell me I can't do this. Cause it's the only thing I know how to do to make money. Um, and he seemed pretty confident, but he lost because he got sued in two different States, uh, Georgia and the headquarters where they're at. And so he couldn't pay the lawyer. He couldn't pay his mortgage. So they just took everything from him. And then from then on, I think it was just kind of like a mental, I don't know, like a mental shift happened. He wasn't mm-hmm. the same man that I knew growing up. Um, but he had jobs when he when he got here. Well, not at first, but uh, I gave them my apartment and three months rent up front, so you don't have to ask me for money because I hate that. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're my parents, I don't mind. But here's three months anyways. Here's everything you need. Um, go look for jobs. And they said that they would get jobs, and they said that they had jobs. But then things started to not add up. There, I would you know go visit them, just check in on them, see how they're doing, and one of them would be at home. Like my mom would be at home and I'm like, you're supposed to be at work. She's like, Oh, it's my day off. So then I'd come maybe a day or two later, she'd be home again. I'd be like, it's my day off. I'd be like, no. And so eventually I found out that she had gotten fired from a job and mm-hmm. she just couldn't admit it. So is, uh, you are such a nice guy. <laughs> my wife is watching. Your By the video. way, Josh, I need to borrow like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I know, I know, it's, I know. We haven't known each other long, but it's only fifteen, right? I have a topic like that coming up. My, I'm watching your videos, and my wife is just milling around the house, you know, folding yeah. laundry, making dinner, and she's like, "Is that your guest tonight?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she goes, "He needs a hug." <laughs> so, dude, dude, I want to give you a hug. I really do. And, like, I want to. I want to tell you this right now. What's happened to you is bullshit and you seem like a really chill sweet guy and you don't deserve all that has happened to you and if there is some sort of afterlife that's not really my bag but i hope if you believe in one then you're gonna be treated well because you're a fucking (laughs) saint you're you're one of the kindest individuals i've ever even fucking heard of this stuff is outrageous anyone else would have like pulled the ripcord on step one so much the the story where you learned paragliding was like somehow that sunk in extra deep for me. We can talk about that later, by the way. But but so you're you're on the mountain, you're doing your thing and your dad's there and he's supposed to be driving, I think, for Uber or something to make extra cash. But instead, he spends the day with you and you're like, oh, this is kind of neat. You know, like mm-hmm. dad's watching me do a thing, like sort of fulfill one of my own life goals. And here he is yeah. checking me out, etc. And then. As the day sort of wraps up, I imagine you there kind of exhausted, having walked up the hill a dozen times with the freaking heavy ass wing, hard to carry, slung over your shoulder. And your father starts bumming money off of you. And it comes to a realization that he's not there to see you like, I don't know, complete the life goal and learn to fly. Yeah. He's there for cash. It was a trick. Yeah. Ouch. I don't want to get too personal with Woody and Taylor, but like I wanted to ask you two, have you ever had an instance anywhere like this where you had a close family member, like like nuclear family, who needed some money and like didn't treat you well when you gave it to them? Mm, no. I've, I've never had a family member ask to borrow. I've had one family member ever ask to borrow money and he told me what he was going to spend it on. And I was like, I, no, you know, I appreciate you reaching out. 
we're still going to be tight, but I'm not going to fund that. And it was only like a grand. And he was like, totally get it. Just wanted to check. And it hasn't impacted our relationship. I've had family members borrow, um, like, like, again, not nuclear family, actually, not mother, father, brother, sister, but, you know, a little outside that. I won't go too specific, but, yeah. you know, need to borrow Same. less than five grand, but more than a grand. And it's like, absolutely. Here's your money. Here's your money. Mm-hmm. Do you, how would you like it? You know, you you want to like I said earlier, like when I'm wanting when I'm paying someone back, it's the same thing. It's like, do you want cash? Do you, you know, I gave him cash, and I got it back. And I was like, like there was never any inkling in my mind that I wouldn't get it back. You know what I mean? Like the idea of this whole thing is just really foreign to me. I, I, I and maybe yeah. it's a. I was about to say maybe it's a southern thing. Like like, but your parents were in Atlanta, right? Yeah, from Georgia. I'm from Georgia. God so. damn it. <laughs> well, mine oh, at least no. made sense to say no because it was a cousin of mine being like, "Hey, can you give me a grand so I can buy a bunch of weed in Colorado and drive <laughs> it to Missouri and sell it and I'll give you some of the profits." And I'm like, "I'm not even cool that you just texted me your plan, dude." Like, <laughs> I would so that makes me so uncomfortable. No, let, thank you. <laughs> let me insert this because it's fresh, hot off the presses, presses in my own life story. This guy wrote me last night while I was sleeping, and I'm paraphrase here and there but um he wrote sadly i'm stuck in north carolina my wife isn't doing well she's losing weight she's at 97 pounds now i am a full-time caregiver for her and it has me in a bind is there any chance you could spot me 200 until the first i can return it as soon as our check hits i don't ask this lightly full-time caregiving is killing me we do cash app venmo and zelle please let me know if you can help and then he gives his name and this is an acquaintance of mine from six years ago. Uh, how I knew him is he flew from the same field I did. I do paramotoring. And um, uh, we would sometimes go to like lunch or dinner as a group, like everyone who flew that day. And that's my relationship with him. I haven't seen him for five years. And he reached out and asked for $200. And it puts me in this. Like, on one hand, I have $200. Like, I could. Whoa. But <laughs> I don't mean to flex too hard here. But, gosh, but I, I never thought I'd see him again. I might never. Like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to give $200 to everyone who puts their palm up? I know he's yeah. in a hard spot, I guess. I, so that's a dangerous precedent. You know, now he knows who to talk to next time. And maybe next time isn't as dire. He just needs a little extra coin. And the time but after I, that, like, it's gotten so regular and u- usual that it's like, oh, this is the guy I go to for money. You know, the, the like, full-time caregiver thing, it rubs me wrong. And maybe I'm a jerk, right? Like I'm, I'm open to this idea that, you know, am I an asshole? But um, it's like, hey, I've decided to completely stop working and just take care of my wife, which on one hand, like feels and sounds kind of noble. On the other hand, Dude, I take care of a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. like it, <laughs> this happens all the time. When, when my mother-in-law was in our guest house dying, she had cancer. You know, I didn't just like stop all work and handle that. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we, we, we funded this whole fucking up op- freaking operation. And, and uh, like, that's how this works. That's what happens. You don't just take off when someone needs help. You, it, cash is part of the solution to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so would like, you have like- given the 200? I think Taylor's a no. I don't think I would have felt comfortable with it. I I, I heard what you said, but like, what's your acquaintance with this gentleman? Seems I like flew six years in ago. the same place with him six years no, ago. No, no, I, no, no. And and like him asking you is rather inappropriate. Um, honestly, like, if if like, if I were dying, 
I would ask you for money. If I were dying and we needed to like get me some medical care, I'd ask for money. Otherwise, it's not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> like, 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 there's no way I would reach out to someone like that. Like, like, dude, get get back to fucking work and make yourself two hundred dollars. My father had a friend, um, a guy who had a very well paying job. Like, all right, like, like, let me just say how much he made. He made, he made about twelve thousand dollars a month. Okay, like, like, just so you have the idea. It's mm -hmm. not an, so he's not an incredibly wealthy man, but like, in our little small town, like, it's a he's he's got a Doing good really game. well got a good gig mm -hmm. um and it's uh it's not one of those deals where it's like oh yeah like you make twelve thousand dollars one month and the rest of the time it's like three thousand it's like like no he's he's on salary for twelve thousand dollars a month but he's got a gambling problem he's got Ooh. a he does he, he bets football he bets football over his head and maybe once every three months he needs to come to my dad and borrow somewhere in the nature of ten to twenty five thousand dollars my dad always gave him that ten to twenty five thousand dollars because this man always came back with the full amount in a very timely fashion there was never any like question Not that bad of the gambler you know <laughs> well i mean he, he, he you know he would stop gambling for a month and he would earn his like like like, like yeah. money back up and and he would be good it, you know it's it's i don't know i th this whole idea of people ripping you off like like i can't i've never had that and and i it, it's it's fucking rough joshua would you have given the money to an acquaintance you haven't seen in five years <sighs> the first thing that crosses my mind because I've gotten some emails like that from viewers mm -hmm. and it just makes me think how many other people did they send this personalized message to? Yep. You won't know. You won't know who gives the money and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Josh has learned. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I actually expert. asked uh, a friend of mine that I respect a lot. I mentioned him now and then he's super wealthy. And uh, he said that same thing. He's like, he, I bet this sounds like a form email that he sent. He blasted out to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He there's million percent, right? There's 0% chance. That guy was like, I got to sit down and compose this just to Woody. Like it was probably everybody else he saw six years ago and every fly in since then. And who knows, maybe he makes a cool, you know, 800 bucks out of people feeling bad for him. Just very, it's a, it's an uncomfortable. It sucks to be situation. that jaded though. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, like I hate that you need to be that jaded. You know, like, like, because I like helping people. Um, I, I do it whenever I can. Like, like, and I've been taken advantage of, like, small time taken advantage of, you know, like, mm -hmm. I've, I've paid people's mm -hmm. power bills and I've, shit, I paid for Chuck's funeral, right? Like, you know, like, you help, I, I try to help out as much as I can with my small town, like, hillbilly friends and, mm -hmm. uh, and distant relatives and shit. But it's like, and, and sometimes I've known, I'm like, I know you're lying to me, but I know you need this. Like, like let's just get you fucking straightened out you know it's it's shitty and uh but but i feel like i'm uh, i don't know i want to be i want to do the right thing as much as i can so the most recent video i got to see josh you told your father at the beginning of the month that you couldn't pay his rent and then at the end of the month you also said hey don't forget i'm not paying your rent he mm -hmm. was like why are you springing this on me why yeah. didn't i get more warning you told his parents that the thought process being, this is your grandparents, the thought process being, hey, heads up, I expect them to come to you next. Yeah. And they gave you the whole, I don't know, some like Bible verses and, and they went hard. Yeah, My wife they were not absurd. Yeah, yeah. What did they say? Like, I hope you can live the rest of your life with no family. You, you need yep. to honor your father and mother. And it's like, and you said the perfect line in the video, you know, I'll botch it, but you basically were like, so everything was fine. Our relationship was hunky dory and dandy until 
I said one thing about not wanting to pay anymore. And it's not like your parents are handicapped or crippled or they, you know, they're injured to the point they can't work. It was just like, yeah, it really did reveal. They saw you as like, a, oh, that's just like a, a cure all. That, that's just our cure all to every problem. What do you need? Oh, just, just ask Josh. He makes YouTube money. And meanwhile, yeah. you're trying to build a career online and it's not good to have a bunch of emotional hot tie ups and hang ups. It, it really, people may think like, oh, making YouTube videos. Oh, that's like the dream. It's like, well, it's also self-driven. You know, you, and if you're not in the mood to be doing something like that, you're not going to reach the level of success you otherwise would. And obviously, you know, having your parents and grandparents, like, I think you may have even agreed what your grandparents said was even more fucking absurd. And I also hate that Bible verse shit when it's convenient for them. And like the whole time, like, as I had to go to like the the kind of cult. Uh, fucking pull out that Bible verse about paying your debts. Yeah. 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 I, I, as like you, I was seeing those texts. I was like, uh, I really hope the next time he sends like. A bunch of Bible verses at them, like "fuck you" verses, and it's like, and you even in your video being more like you handled it more maturely than I would have. <laughs> I, would, I would have sent a bunch of Bible verses, like you're going. It is wrong. Hell. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous <laughs> give generously. Fucking send that one right back at them. <laughs> Lord, be good. So, it, did you, you? You said that you never had a strained relationship with those grandparents, and it wasn't until they were trying to like act as like a defensive hedge around your dad that they reacted that way to you. But were there any signs that they um, were never that close or did you think you had a good relationship? Like we would, we would get along. I don't, I'm not super, I'm not a super religious person, but mm -hmm. they tried to make me and my sister always go to church and like force me to like Bible camp and stuff for two weeks. That was a whole thing. Which it sucked. And I don't know. It was just kind of like agree to disagree. Hi, how you doing? I'll give you a hug if I see you. And that was it. Like there was nothing mm -hmm. really bitter or anything. And so when I said, hey, I'm not going to pay the rent, just giving you a heads up that they're going to come to you. I'm not saying you have to. Nobody's got to do it. I'm just saying yeah. this is what they normally do. I don't want to do it. And it was like you've burnt your last bridge with me, son. Um, hope you can live the rest of your life without talking to your family. And I didn't know what to say. I was pretty at a loss for words, so I literally just sent yeah. a thumbs up emoji, and he put classic response. Josh. <laughs> it was a perfect response. Perfect <laughs> response. I'm so look. How how old are you, Josh? I'm 31. Okay, first of all, you look 25. So kudos to you. Um, proud of you for sending the thumbs up emoji. Yeah. Proud of you. So proud of you for sending the thumbs up emoji and and cutting this out of your life because thumbs like down the, emoji would have worked too. That would have worked too. That would have worked, too. <laughs> or been like, been, been like, yeah, it's, the money's on the way, and then block communications. <laughs> They're like, like a, I don't know. Like, he said it was coming. I don't know where. <laughs> oh, geez, you don't send it to. <laughs> you just yeah. don't, you don't send it. Screw you don't them. Send it. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Like, oh, I can't. I, I can't it. imagine my grandparents being like that. To me. Like, it, it doesn't even cross my mind. Like, they would never be that cruel. And and this is something that you know it's not just religious people. I'm not gonna. None of us are. No, it's not either. just religious. Yeah, it's it's, it's, like, it's it's like a level of vindictiveness of oh, you're going to question like the life I've set up. You're you're gonna take the pillar that you're holding my life up with and remove that. Well, fuck you. You're going to hell. You're going to hell, and you're gonna, you know, you don't get to, you know, be in the what was it? You showed like two books where you're like, they told <laughs> me to read this, and that if I read them, I'd go to heaven. That's not how it works, even by their own rules. But like, but in that, that your grandpa would be smiling down upon you as you read them. And that is such yeah. horseshit, such that's, manipulative horseshit. Yeah, that's my grandma was very like, cause my grandpa just passed away. I was pretty fresh, like, I don't know, maybe like mm -hmm. under a year or something. And she would send me all these religious books and be like, yeah, thanks, grandma. And so 
sometimes she'd send me the same book twice. Maybe she forgot that she sent me the first one, but mm-hmm. in the book, she would leave her own little handwritten notes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just read these and pray and do all that stuff. And if you do that, then you, your grandfather will be smiling on you from heaven. But if you don't, you won't get to see him again. It's like, grandma, I'm 30, 29. You know, like, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling scared anymore. I don't, you're not in the... The because I had to go to those Christian camps too when I was younger, and it would be like, "Hey, everybody, ready for forty minutes of volleyball? All right, now six hours of hellfire and brimstone, and you're bad." And it it was that your experience at those where they would like hedge these huge sermons of guilt trips between like, "Oh, dodgeball and ping pong." Uh, like that's, that's what it was. My my church camp was two weeks of just uh, you had to speak in tongues all day every day. That was the Ooh. entire point for two weeks. And they'd wake you up really early and you go to sleep really late. And if you couldn't do it, they'd put you in a corner. And it was in like a like a basketball area, like a gym. Mm-hmm. And they'd put you on your knees on the wooden floor and you'd have to face the corner if you couldn't speak in tongues. And I, I've never been able to do it. And we ha- all had to hold hands, right? And they'd come and they'd do like the thing where they push you over and you're supposed to fall over and flail with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And oh stuff. my God. And, uh, it, didn't, it didn't work for me none of that worked and so i did it doesn't work for anyone (laughs) speaking in tongues exactly it's when you pretend you know a foreign language and it's when the lord is speaking through you when 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 the holy ghost is speaking through you actually um you know that that part of the holy trinity and uh at my church it was done um we would I, I would see it occasionally, like 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 there would be an older guy, or usually in his fifties or sixties, and he would shut a runduck, shut a la 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 runduck, la 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 la, and I'm just like looking back at him at, at like nine years old, like bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. He keeps it, using the same words. Like, I feel like yeah. Josh was just unwilling to lie. Yeah, that's like he that's, was. He I didn't felt... pretend to speak in tongues. He didn't pretend to get knocked over by mystical waves. He. You were the most honest person there. I, I, I don't, why, if you're going to go to church and be in front of the Lord and all that stuff, why would you ever want to pretend and fit in if it's not about them? It's just about you and God, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. There must be something wrong with me that I haven't asked forgiveness for. And I, why would I ever fake it? Clearly, everyone else that has fallen down around me is perfect and something is wrong with me. But mm-hmm. that's what you think when you're that yeah. age and there's that much hysteria going on. And when you're the only one doing something different, it doesn't matter if what they're doing is totally insane looking. You're still the odd one out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're the kooky one now for not falling in with the fallen over and the speaking. In t- is that Pentecostal? Episcop- yeah, right? Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Well, I never had to deal with that. Thank God. That sounds fucking horrible. Uh, did at the time, was there any part of you that that thought like this is made up or was it just kind of the consumed with guilt like I'm a bad Christian. I'm going to go to hell. More, I'm not doing it right. Yeah, it was more of the second yeah. one. I had my moments where I was like, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but faith, right? So mm-hmm. whatever, just keep going. And so that's that, That's probably most of how I felt. But when I, I would ask questions, like, they didn't like that. I was, I was a kid in class that was like, how did this dude live in this fish's stomach for like days and days? You know, like that doesn't seem legit. And so they would send me out and make me go sit with my parents in the adult church. Mm-hmm. And I would do that at church camp too. And I was like, why, why is it not working? And they'd look at me and they'd say, Josh, just, just let it flow. And I'm like, can you elaborate on what that, how do you quantify <laughs> that? How does Superman fly faster? Is it just more, what does it mean? He just <laughs> wants to fly hard. Is just straining. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And, uh, you weren't given the gift of faith. 
That's what my father would That's tell you. That's literally a thing that they'll say. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't given given that. Like, if faith. you weren't given the gift of faith, doesn't mean you don't have to believe. It just means it's going to be harder for you. And even as a kid, I remember being like, well, this isn't a very fair game. That <laughs> you, you want to hear my unpopular that? opinion about religion that I've come to recently? Um, I don't think you should be able to indoctrinate, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening, children until they're at least like 15 or something. I don't think you should be able to be able to introduce them to religion and, until they're like at least old enough to fucking drive in a car with another an adult. You know, like, like 25, right? Let the cerebral cortex. What is it that? that yeah. Yeah. Your, your brain has not complete. Well, well, like don't even get me started on army recruitment and alcohol and tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like the idea, like, you know, I started early, right. And Taylor started early as well. Um, mm -hmm. Woody didn't suffer this, but like, and Josh, it sounds like you were there early as well, you know, in our in our early childhood, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old in church listening to a guy. And I don't know if you're still religious, Josh, but like at all, but but like listening to a guy who's basically like scamming us so that we'll give him 10 percent of our paycheck every week. You know, just mm -hmm. it, it, it's like this 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 super nice man, apparently, who's up there who doesn't have a real fucking job, who just shows up here one day a week with some like copy paste sermon and scams all the adults at a 10% of their pay and like has his house paid for and his car paid for like that guy drove a Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. The pastor would often like, it was like they were the CEO of the church where it was like, uh, Oh, that, that beautiful home right on the church land. Oh, that's the pastor's house. And it's like, yeah. do they need that? They've got one kid and they live in a five bedroom, four bathroom estate seemingly. Now, and, now, I will Let's there were good things that there and, and I've always I want to like temper like what I just said with like religion can be great. Like religion can like give you this sense of community. It can give you sort of this web of um um of people that you're associated with that can mm -hmm. help you like yeah. financially, emotionally, like like it, it, if a loved one dies, they're right there like like bringing some casserole over like like it's this web of like community that you can form within like a church or something like that. And that stuff is great. It really is. And a mm -hmm. lot, and at its at its core, like especially, I'm only really truly familiar with the Christian religion, but like, there's a lot of great stuff there, like like, like a lot of philosophical greatness there. That if you actually do live by that, by that, by that, uh, by that, by that religion, you're a pretty decent man, you know. Like like, as long as you don't focus too much on some of the hateful stuff in the in the old say, Testament, if you pick and choose the good parts of it, you're a pretty good man. I, I think he's more saying like the Ten Commandments ones, where it's like. But, don't steal. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't you know? Be a dishonest liar. Like those, all of like us here, all of us here like like believe in the Ten Commandments, right? Like well, except for like, like except for the God. four that are about God. Like like the four yeah. Ten Commandments that are like, don't you fucking cheat on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what, like imagine if your wife was like that in her vows at your wedding. It was like it was like. <laughs> like like four of her four like like four tenths of her vows was and if you ever around <laughs> around on me like the fire dude that's that, that's like the thing that red flag i i agree with you like there's a lot of good stuff to be taken out of it and like yeah you're, i agree with like the kids thing insofar as like they should focus more on like the hey did you steal that play-doh from tommy what does the Bible say? Don't steal. Did you just lie about stealing that from Tommy? You know, you're not supposed to lie. What I got inculcated with as a kid was like fear of hell to the point that like it was debilitating. And I developed like really people will say OCD. I've said this before and be like, oh, I have to have a neat room. Like, no, at like 10, 11 years old, I had 
so much OCD. I had to touch things a certain amount of times. I had to tweak things. I had to turn things off and on all because I thought if I didn't, that someone I knew and loved would go to hell. And my, my, and it was like obsessive to the point that I'd be like crying to my, to my parents. Like, I don't want my grandparents to go to hell. I don't want my, my brothers to go to hell. I don't want my friends to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. How do I know if I'm going to go to hell? Like, is there a, do I know for sure? And I was fucking terrified. I'd lay asleep at night and my, my mom at the time, her response was like, we're going to take him to a therapist, but, and it was a Christian therapist. And so like what should have happened is I go in and they're like, what's wrong, Taylor? And I'm like, I'm really afraid of everyone I love burning in hell for all eternity. And even me burning in hell for all eternity. If I don't believe hard enough, I think I do, but how am I supposed to know? And like the way that he handled it, instead of being like, well, you need to calm down. You know, you're not going to die and burn in hell. He was like, well, I still remember him. He had his little notebook. He was writing stuff down. He goes, well, these are real fears. These are real fears that you're in. And I was like, at this point, I was maybe 11 at this point. And, um, and I was, I got my, my mom put me on Prozac when I was 11 or 12 because I was so fucking, I think that the Prozac at that age really made me a more anxious person naturally than you never otherwise would have. That's what's wrong with you now. <laughs> yes. That's, did you that's what's wrong with me now. I was only with hell. I want to slip this in. <laughs> yeah. it, when I was 12, I had a real, I felt like I was had a choice to make heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they keep telling me heaven's the good one, but hell has all the cool people. Like it must be a nonstop party. It, hell has like, it, it just seems better. The warm versus the cold. Heaven seemed really boring. No, and hell, a no. nonstop orgy. You didn't, you didn't go to our church because nope. uh, <laughs> no, you, you, you wouldn't even have time to talk to the cool guy next to you because you'd both be being tortured and just a perpetual burning forever. And like, I was only, on the someone's antidepressants for like maybe you could work your way into management he's a demon (laughs) i was was only on it for like we uh, all start somewhere for like six we've talked about this before that humans do not become angels humans do not become demons that's true the the demons are fallen angels argue with science you you can't you certainly can't there are some (laughs) things that are you know (laughs) unapproachable but um something else i did what age i'm just curious joshua did you kind of grow out of the the religion aspect and, and you, were you, were you driven by that fear of hell really intently or, or did your kind of intrinsic doubt keep you from taking it fully seriously? Um, I was probably about 18 to the 20 range when I started to be like, yes, yeah, does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just watched things happen and I'm, and I'm just thinking to myself, why, why would this be allowed to happen? You're going to come up with some reason and explain to me that's part of his plan but I feel like I could have made a better plan than that. And so this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. and I would just, I would have thoughts like that. Like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this allowed to happen? Why is this allowed to happen? That's, I feel like I could do a little bit better of a job. I'm not saying I'm perfect <laughs> or anything, but like, there's some certain things like, how about hungry people get some food? That doesn't seem too hard to ask. That doesn't seem like it hurt anybody yeah. really. Why don't, why don't, you know, stuff like that. So For you sure. I think you're better than God. Um, at least some, the Old Testament one. <laughs> <laughs> even I, even I'm not so, but quite so sure. There's not a God enough to say that. You need to calm down. With that. <laughs> he might be up there. Like, like every now, yeah, every now, then, like I mean, he might be up there. Let's not tempt fate. Mm, I mean, we I, better hope that if that's real, he's he decided to stay Jesus and not go back to. Well, there's know, three of them. The Am I that's the only true. one who's always had a hard time wrapping my head around? the father, son and Holy ghost situation. It's, it never made a lick of sense to me because number one, like 
Well, I mean, like the father, I was like, okay, that's God. That's the main man. He's his own son and father. It starts to get a little confusing. And then it feels like they just needed to get to three. And so they added a third one. And the Holy Ghost is like the the fourth line loser of that relationship. Like he doesn't seem to get anything. <laughs> Give me just, a hockey reference. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I always think of it. And like that. But even like learning, like growing up, they'd be like, God does this. Jesus says that. And the, the Holy Ghost, you know, he's he is certainly there. <laughs> <laughs> at like, well, at like the Pentecostal him. church, it was very focused on spiritual gifts, not so mm-hmm. much about what's in the Bible or verses or any of that. It's just like if you have spiritual gifts, you're in, you're good to go. And so like that's what they focused on. If you it's bizarre, you had to be able to like see prophecies like so they would like have kids come up and give a prophecy. And I'm like part of it, like I was. I don't know, 13. I was like, this guy's making that up. Okay. Like, maybe you have the other one, but this one. This My mom's going to give me Jolly Ranchers tomorrow. <laughs> like, he's going to get a new car in the name of Jesus and stuff. And it's like, nah. what? And he would just, you know, start saying, like, people are going to get material items. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's what you're prophesizing. Like, nothing bigger than just he's going to get a new job and some money and a car. And I don't know. Yeah, There's just a lot shallow. of focus on spiritual gifts and materialism like it was all about money you know pray for more money and you'll get more money and i don't it was it was very strange yeah and the whole like not knowing with prayer that confused me as a kid because it like i would pray a ton go on tell us yeah like meaning like if god says no that means that no is the right answer and it'd be like i remember as a little kid my grandparents have since stopped smoking uh so maybe the prayer worked just very, very late. But I remember being like, please let my grandparents stop smoking fucking 50 cigarettes each a day. I don't want them to die. And nothing ever happened. And in my head, I remember thinking, I never talked to my parents or anyone about this. they smoke 50 this. a day? And probably two packs each I a day. I choose to believe 40, it's 50 40 and he drops F-bombs in his pair. Yeah, they, they smoked like 40 cigs <laughs> each a day for 50 years, so long. And uh, they just didn't stop smoking until I was much older, like an adult out of the religion thing. And I remember as a kid thinking like, well, I guess for some reason, God's plan is for them to keep smoking. Well, that doesn't seem like a good plan. That's pretty scary. Uh, yeah. And, and I was probably, I tried really hard throughout my teen years to believe it because until one day yeah. you're trapped in the wilderness and your grandfather's lighter saves you all. Just like, in, <laughs> just, just, just like in um, or what's the, uh, the M night Shyamalan movie with Mel Gibson signs. Yeah. Just like, yeah. like, like it, it all makes sense. You let your grandpa pulls out that Zippo. And just like saved. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to murder you and your family unless you give me 30 cigarettes. Oh. Well, hell, I hope Christians will do. Did you, oh, they killed him anyway. Taylor, did you ever have people say stuff to you like, God put this on my heart or God told me? And you yeah. were ever like, what did he sound like? What does that feel like? Can you can you just quantify that a little bit more? Just make that yeah. make sense because I don't know what. Oh, you know, it, how do I know if it's my own yeah. thoughts or not? Dude, we. we totally aligned on that same page i had i dealt with that and i remember once in particular i've I've told this many years ago but i was in study hall first hour in high school and we had a religious kook as our study hall monitor and it's only a 50 minute study hall it was first hour now as a senior so i didn't really have to come in for it and she would do a uh lesson for like 25 minutes of this 50 minute study hall. And she would be mad if you didn't like pay attention to it. And I remember I came in once as everyone was praying. So I was a little late and I sat down and she, uh, Mrs. Davis opened her eyes and was like, Taylor, 
the Holy Spirit told me you just came in late. And I wanted to be like, are you sure you didn't just notice me coming? <laughs> but then another time, this was a, a few weeks later, I came in and I, I had math to do because I procrastinated. I didn't care. And I just sat down. I started working on my math and I had learned, you know, religious jujitsu in my brain by like using verses tactically. And so she was like, Taylor, I the Lord is telling me that this lesson is really important for you right now do you think it would be a good thing to pay attention to this and, and take away what you can from the Holy spirit? She was big on the Holy spirit. And I was like, Miss Davis, I understand what you're saying, but the Bible also says when you do something to do it to the best of your ability for the glory of God. And if I weren't to pay attention to my math homework right now, I wouldn't be doing the Lord just service. And she was like, ah, okay. <laughs> oh, you lose. Dude, I rode that high all day. <laughs> I was too afraid. I, I was afraid if I ever tried anything like that, God would know. And he'd be like, you're using it the wrong way. So like, I was too afraid to ever mm -hmm. do any of that stuff. But like, I would always think there's a verse that goes against that. I'm pretty sure. But oh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. You're the elder, the adult, whatever. I'll do and, it. and often it seemed like a way for nosy people to facilitate gossip where they would want to ask like a teacher would want to be like, Taylor, I noticed you're hanging out with blah, blah, blah. And they were having a party and, and, and drinking this past weekend. The Lord's been telling me that I need to approach you and ask you about this. You know, he's been telling me that that he thinks you're receptive and that you're ready to change. And it was like, you just want me to I, I wouldn't say this. I would be like a. a and no, I wasn't even there. But it'd be like, okay, you just you just want to get gossip and get people to like rat on their friends. Like this has the Lord did not tell you that a bunch of seventeen year olds were getting drunk. That's what seventeen year olds tend to do. Like that, it, I, I hated that. And even at that age, it was so easy to see through the bolt that level of bullshit. I, I still was like afraid of like the big level of God and everything. But it was became easier and easier to see how. Uh, how people manipulate it and use it to get gossip, use it to guilt you. Um, some of the absolute biggest scumbag, worst people I knew in high school, both teachers and students, were the people who were the most involved in the religious shit. They were the ones that stood there in the front of the auditorium and raised their hands as they were singing. And, you know, first of all, the, the way they would always go to the front to put their hands up so that everybody behind them can see when you pray. Do not as the Pharisees and Sadducees do go into your room and keep it private because this is time between you and the Lord, you know, but they weren't like that. And it was just a convenient way for them to be above reproach for any sort of criticism. That That's what I noticed. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it, it falls apart the more you notice. It's a, it, it's a religion is full of hypocrites. It's, it's just completely full of hypocrites um, mm -hmm. and judgmental Karens. Yeah, and, and there are good, there are genuinely good people. <clears throat> I did think were trying to look out for me, and they thought God was talking to them. I do believe that. I don't think all of them were bad. I think a lot of them were misguided. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's pretty fucked. The amount of damage you can do to a kid, long term, like from the whole fire and brimstone shit, because uh, that affected me for a long time. I remember when I was at the camp, um, when I kept asking, like, how does this work? Why can't I do it? How come they can do it? his only answer was like, you have something that you haven't asked forgiveness for. And so like, mm -hmm. I don't know, me being 13, I'm thinking about the pettiest off. of yeah. the pettiest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, just like, did I, was I, was I like late to bed? Did I stay up late? My parents said to go to bed. Like, mm -hmm. did I like say a curse word when I was playing Halo 2 on Xbox live once? Like I'm going through anything yeah. that I've ever done wrong. And 
And that's just like where they just left trying me. to plug that hole, trying to remember that one thing that you didn't ask for forgiveness for. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally empathize with that. I, I would like lay down in bed at night when I was a kid and be like, okay, uh, God, I asked for forgiveness because I wasn't very nice to X, Y, Z. And also I, I said a bad word on my breath and I said this and I didn't pray earlier today, which is probably bad. And it was like, it was like a ritual of self-flagellation mentally, at least where you convince yourself that you're this horrible yeah. person that needs to be redeemed from just everyday things. Like, like, like one day you're going to be like, right, right. I fucking swung on the banister too hard and made it looser. <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's why I can't speak in tongues. Yeah. I, that's a huge I, sin. I, God was a carpenter. That sucks. They just convinced you that you had done something wrong and didn't ask for forgiveness. And that's why you mm-hmm. were like not being recognized by the Lord. It, it Wow. Yeah, yeah that, that, speaking in tongues thing is wild because we didn't have to deal with that at least. Like being told, I can't imagine how hurtful it was and like damaging to your psyche and whatnot. Being told like, oh, all these other kids, they're frontline, first first ballot, Hall of Fame, heaven people. You, you might be swinging dancing with Satan, bitch. Like that, that that's it's scary. See, again, you're making hell look better. Well, you, so you're dancing with Satan at this point? No, but he's he's also stabbing you. what are you doing in heaven that's so cool i mean they say i never hear about dancing with jesus i remember like reading about heaven and revelations in school and then being like and heaven is the lord sitting there and he has a thousand eyes and ten crowns of gold and it's like really fucking wild and like and god has the head of a of a lion and the head of an eagle and the redeem and it's like it's very confusing rooms in heaven I mean, revolution. <laughs> rep, rep, Book of Revelations is wild. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And also, like, what they actually spell out heaven is. It's not like you get to like go watch great sports and eat good food. It's like no, you stand around the Lord, Insane. praising Him for all eternity. And I was like, I can't handle a two-hour church. <laughs> and you know, what? some of the interesting things that they say about heaven. And my mom said this to me once, and I was like. This is literally, I remember this so well. I remember exactly where we were. We were in Livonia, Georgia, at a red light. Um, I know exactly where it is. It's, uh, it's you know. Livonia's uh, only red light. We, there's one, t- there's like at least four. Okay. All right. Hey, we're, it's, <laughs> we're a big city in Livonia, okay? My bad. <clears throat> and uh, she said something, like my mom and dad were in the front, my sister and I were in the back. And uh, she said something about how in heaven, uh, we wouldn't know each other. You know, we wouldn't know each other as yeah. as like mother, brother, sister, father, you know, that that would be gone. The whole concept that would be gone. And I was really upset by that. And my dad goes, don't tell them that. <laughs> Why would you tell them that? And my mom was like, it's the truth. And he's like, well, I'm not interested anymore then. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking to myself. I'm not interested either. If if, mm-hmm. if we can go to hell and at least know who my fucking father is still, like like that's the because that's what's really important to me, and that, and that's partially like why your story upsets me so much. Like like going back to like where we began, mm-hmm. family's very important to me. Like I love my father, I love my mother. Like like we've got a core like thing there where like man, it it means a lot to me. It means a lot. It means everything to me. Mm-hmm. And and the idea of like quote-unquote paradise and they're like like it's all about praising some deity i've never met before and it's not about this person that that gave me that actually gave me life 
that actually raised me, that actually didn't judge me growing up and took care of me, the guy who bought me my fucking first car, the guy who like, like took care of me when I was sick, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, that's the guy I want to know in the for all eternity, right? Not some made up guy who sent his son to be tortured and murdered. Yeah, Still he sent himself to die. To my dad doesn't love death. anyone enough to send me to be tortured and murdered. God's a bad guy. <laughs> he is. And he's vain, too. Like, I remember even, like, teenage being like, so he, like, wants us to worship him forever? Like, like so and vain. I was like, like, so if I were to, like, make a bunch of Lego men that I bought, I make them, like, I give them souls and everything. The last thing I want to do is make them worship me forever. Like, it, their, their little Lego minds must be so far from the unfathomable greatness of God that, like, why would you care? Why set up this huge a, rigmarole just to stroke your own ego? I can tell you. If you look at it as a business venture, you need their undying devotion. And you need them not to look at mm-hmm. your competitors to keep funding that money towards you. You want undying devotion. You want them to understand that giving you cash is their way into the eternal paradise. Mm-hmm. And like when you look at it through that lens, it's like, oh, that's why 40% of the, of the Ten Commandments are related to loyalty to me. It's because you're my customer. I give you bullshit. You give me money. Yeah. My attraction to heaven was always this. I had this dumb idea. I don't think it's in the Bible that <laughs> you look like you in heaven, but peak you, right? So I had this idea that there's this slider that you dial between like zero and 76, however long you made it, and choose which one, which which version of you, like 18, no, 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 no 27, a little expired until you find like your perfect <laughs> age. And that's what you look like. Nope, Just, that is certainly not how they say it works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something like getting back to to your story joshua i you just mentioned it kind of off offhand in your video you said that your dad predicted the rapture at one point and that he i guess how did that go down yeah so we were at like christmas and uh it was just like after hurricane katrina and um there's like fema camps everywhere and i guess he was convinced that they're actually not to help people but to they're like camps for nefarious purposes to take people away and collect them and the believers and the non-believers and separate them and all that stuff and Mm -hmm. he he made us all sit down around after we finished eating christmas dinner and watch this like put together video by his church about how the end of the world was coming very very soon and then he said i'll be right back and he walked back to his bedroom and he came back with these pamphlets on how to clean your own water and how to grow your own food and then he gave it to my family only, not my aunts, not my uncles, just me, my sister, my mom and dad, because according to them, we're the ones that are screwed. And so they're just like, here you go. Best of luck. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, now's your chance to get saved again. So we're going to go have a prayer circle over here. If you want, uh, just let us know. And that's when me and my dad kind of just looked at each other. And then my dad went outside to have a cigarette and I just kind of followed him. And we just sat outside going, huh? So this is how you were raised, huh, dad? And he's like, yeah, now you know, Josh. I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Oh my. That is so I, bizarre. It took me a second to realize where that was headed. They gave you the water and food things, mm-hmm. not like like as a fuck you. Yeah. As a like. Yeah, because we're going to need this while we're eating, you know, delicious lamb in heaven. I, yeah. That's so. It was one a twist for me. I thought you were the good thing. guys, the lucky ones getting cared for until you explain. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so they, fucked. That we is were the so, ones that are screwed. 
And like that's that's like one of the most common viable verses, like even in secular people to know. It's like you will not know the day or the hour, only your father in heaven knows like when Jesus is gonna return or whatever. Like so yeah. all the none of those predictions make sense. Even from like even if you're like religious as shit, you shouldn't be predicting the the, the rapture. How many people wasted their lives because they thought that that like this was this minuscule fraction compared to eternity uh, in the afterlife? How many people wasted their lives and didn't live them to the fullest because of this nonsense? You know? Probably a lot. Yeah. Probably a lot. It's it's so upsetting to me. It's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. And it's, re- oh, go ahead, Woody. I was gonna ask Josh, where's your relationship with your family now? Because like I I feel like you've been cut loose and disowned more than once. Like this is a tactic involved as a way to get more cash out of you. Are you still cut loose? Um so they've tried to contact me. My dad tried to call me after that, maybe nine months or so, and the first words out of his mouth were, how you doing, boy? Not, I'm sorry, I want to apologize, don't hang up. Like, that sort of, kind of as yeah. you would expect. It was, how you doing, boy? And then I just let him talk for a few minutes, and I said, you've been talking for this long, and you still haven't apologized. And he was like, that was then, this is now, nothing I can do about it. And I'm like, okay. So at that point, I stopped caring, and I just wanted to just ask him a bunch of questions so that I could have information if the police ever came to me for anything that they needed because people would go to jail and the police would call me or good for you. would miss work yeah, so good for you man like like for real good for you that, that was when you discovered the the drug issue side of it also right like you didn't know about that initially or did you know about the drugs prior to that conversation with your dad i knew nothing about drugs really with them i would never i would have never thought that they would ever do that like they would smoke cigarettes but mm-hmm. not not that's not you know that sort of stuff ever um and it was like i never found any evidence people when they saw the video they're like josh's drugs gambling something and i never actually saw any evidence until uh, my girlfriend's dad pointed it out um i was showing him some pictures he's he's a firefighter mm-hmm. um okay and so my camera froze uh i'll fix it in a sec um, he's a firefighter and he looked at my, my dad's eyes and he saw that they were just pinpoints, just tiny. He's like, he's like, Josh, your, your dad's not even in his brain right now. Like mm-hmm. this is how out there. And that's when kind of the dominoes started to fall. Um, yeah. Let me just, what kind of drugs, battery. what kind of drugs was it? Heroin and meth. Oh goodness. So not skipping not right to the end game of drugs. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jesus Christ. So, and, and basically what had been happening is they'd been lying. Was it pretty much that whole time uh, from the first cutoff from your grandparents that they had been, you know, even before that, I'm sure using that money, lying about what they were spending it on to get heroin. Yeah. So my dad would have these mysterious medical issues and he'd say, I need to go to the doctor and get this and that, but he would never tell me what doctor he would never show me a receipt nothing but you know he's like i'm gonna die if i don't have it i'm like oh okay here you go you know or um they would do the triple dipping thing i guess is what i would call it they would call me they'd call my mom's parents they'd call my dad's parents and they'd all ask each one of them for money but they wouldn't tell you if they got money from someone so they'd you know get money from everyone and not not say oh no they already gave me money we're good they would just do that every day so i'd have to tell them like if they talk to you and ask for money please tell me so I know not to give them money and that I know that you already got it. And like, there would just be petty things like that. And I'd be like, why are you lying to me? I already know you got money this week or 
know, stuff like that. Yeah, that is rough. It did the was that kind of the final nail in the coffin of wanting to distance yourself, like realizing the the duplicitousness, the trickery, and the drugs the whole time. Uh, yeah. So I was under the impression that uh, first of all, my mom, my dad, and my sister were all living uh, in Utah, but. I was under the impression that my mother and my sister went back to go be a caretaker for my grandfather before he passed away. And that's where they were going to stay. And it was just going to be me and my dad here. And I was going to take care of him and help him get a job and help him with YouTube and do his whole channel thing and all that stuff. And, um, that, that didn't happen. My mom went, became a caretaker. My grandfather passed away. And then my mom started using my deceased grandfather's pain pills, stealing until she got caught. And then my grandmother kicked her out back to uh, Utah with my dad. But uh, when I went to go see my dad, there was a time where I went to knock on his door just because I wanted to check in on him because he doesn't answer, sends these texts that don't make sense because he's probably out of it or something. Um, And my mom and my sister were both behind the door, but he wouldn't let me in. I, I never, I never knew that I was that close to just like uncovering it all because what Mm -hmm. if I had just walked in and they're in there doing drugs, which is probably what they were doing and why he wouldn't let me in. Yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. syringes on the table or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably I mean, there's syringes on my table too. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's those are to get yoked syringes, not, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, heroin yeah. syringes. Yeah, yeah. That how is uh, man the, the drug thing is really threw me for a loop when you talked about it because it's like it it does go to show how powerful drugs are that like your your family your parents like there comes a point where they will put like you tied to a train track just to get high again. And it's it's a sad realization, I'm sure, to be like I'm I'm playing second fiddle to to meth right now. Yeah, I I gave my dad a second car, my car that I had after he, again, I transferred the title and all that stuff to him after they stole it because I was like I'm not dealing with this anymore. You guys can have it and the insurance and all that. So they pawned that. So then I said, you know, here's another car. Me being dumb, right? Obviously, it's laughable now. You're like, what are you doing, Josh? Yeah. But you feel like you're doing the noble thing. Honestly, you just want to help them. And I never knew about drugs or anything. But when I finally took my car back after I said, I'm not paying, you can't have my car anymore, said you're going to get a job. So I finally went and got a repo dude to come take it while he was, I don't know, at home. All three of them were there. And I I didn't know that when I was repoing the car. I didn't know I was taking it from all three of them. But when I got in the car, checked it out, looked for evidence of drugs because everyone's saying that that's what they're doing. I didn't find any. But I did find that I gave him that car at 40,000 miles. And in eight months, they put like 20,000 miles on it. And I'm, where are you going? You don't, Drug dealers' houses. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you driving to all the time? All the places that you would work would be half a mile from your house. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's no explanation for that. I'm sure he just lied and denied the whole drug thing. That's what you said. And this is, you know what, you know what I'm just realizing? This is the stuff that you're aware of because, like, it was mm-hmm. tied to you, like – you know, either your social security number or you were just, you found out about it. Who knows what you don't know about, right? Like, like, like yeah. who knows? Like, like one of these days you're gonna be like, Hey, I wonder where my, where's my second DVD player at? Or like, like you know, like, like, like there's, there's probably mm-hmm. so many little things like that, that, well, that you don't even know about. There are some that I figured out like after the fact, um, my dad asked me for money once and he said he didn't have enough in his bank to make a withdrawal. And, it's in there, but I have to wait till the next day to bounce his check. And we, essentially mm-hmm. he would give me a check for a hundred bucks and I'd give him a hundred bucks cash. And he did that knowing 
that the check would bounce, but he has my cash. And yeah. so obviously the check bounced and I'm just like, you planned this. You never, you knew that I wasn't going to be able to get that money. This is what you've. Yeah. And like realizing probably like he's given you like a false smile, just trying to play to your emotions, mm-hmm. take advantage of the fact that he's your dad. Yeah. Uh, that's just beyond shitty. And, and you said growing up, there was no indication really that like a turn like this was going to happen. I, I would have never ever seen it. It didn't, it wasn't bad. Like growing up was fine. We had a fairly, I don't know, lower middle class life. Like I wasn't like in poverty. Like we had food and clothes and stuff. It was fine. I would have never seen anything like those sorts of things. You know, like you, you sit as a, as a kid, you'd sit and watch like A&E and intervention and stuff. And they're like, wow, that's crazy. Never in my mm-hmm. life would I ever put them, their faces in that show. Yeah. yeah and, and something that was interesting I remember you saying in the second video, your dad saying, I don't watch those videos because, you know, your grandparents told me not to. And I wasn't sure to like, I I don't know if I believe that uh, if he actually didn't watch them. But like another thing it revealed is that your grandparents were lying to him in their own right, trying to hide your side of the story from him in as, you know, as much as they could. So, and it seemed like you were angriest at them uh, uh, overall. Because they made it look like instead of me just not wanting to be a piggy bank anymore, that there was some, some sort of like, I don't know, like I hate them as a family and like, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. And like, maybe some of that was true too, but it wasn't, they tried to make it seem like I was just just doing it to be mean. Yeah. And not because I I had given him warnings for like four or five months at a time. Every month is like, Hey man, you got to get a job next month. Okay. Yeah, I will. And then the next month, hey man, look, and it, it went went on and on like that for like for years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, one of the times, I just said, "All right, this is this is it, the last one." But obviously, he doesn't believe me because I've said yeah. that thirty times before. So when I finally put my foot down, you know, even even my grandparents were betting on me breaking because I've told them, you know, this is the last month before too, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to pay his rent, and then they would message me a, a month later and be like, yeah, so how do you pay his rent? I would say, I paid it. It's fine. He's still looking. He, he It would always be that constant. Mm-hmm. I have just one more interview next week. Just another one next week. Oh, they, the position got filled with someone else. Like there's always something mm-hmm. to keep it going, to keep me right there like he's going to have his own money. Yeah, it's, all, it's always no. right on the horizon. Yeah. No, because he's a master manipulator. He's he's figured it out. He's figured he's – figured, and it's you're not the only one he's doing that to, I guarantee. I, I, I'm sure he's doing it to lots of, lots of people. Anyone that – that will bite and you just mm-hmm. happen to be in that position where you're trying to be a good son. How are you funding all this? Is it just YouTube money? Are you working full time on top of YouTube? Just or- YouTube. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm fairly frugal, I guess I'd make investments when I can, but other than mm-hmm. that, I just usually buy food and clothes and expense stuff for the channel, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was all just me just saving. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't buy a whole lot. So I just save, and you and, don't have a fucking drug problem. Yeah. And by <clears> saving, <throat> you mean giving your money to somebody else? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I thought that was the Fuck. right thing to do. Like I thought, Man, that I was hate the... this for you. I hate yeah. this so much. It's horrible, and, and like, like for a for a parent to like knowingly sabotage their own child's financial future, like the destroying your credit thing, the uh, embroiling you in crimes where you know the car that's in your name, it's not enough to do a hit and run. Then they continue to seek out you know, uh, drugs in the car. You said that something else they would do is they'd use the car that you gave them 
and your dad would drive them to like Walmart and your mom and sister would get out, go in, steal a bunch of stuff, come out, get in your fucking car and then go sell it on Facebook marketplace. So there's, it's, it's just a flagrant disregard like for you as a person like, Oh no, he's, he's got the internet money. He'll be fine. The drug Who cares. That's yeah. what my grandmother said. She's like, you make thousands every month. And it's like, so do people with normal salary jobs. Everybody <laughs> usually makes thousands a month, but like, it doesn't mean I can just pay, pay rent, buy bills, pay his imaginary doctor bills, like all this other stuff. Like mm. I still want to work towards something for myself. You need to find yeah, a real sure. family. You need to find a good family that wants to adopt you. You want to be <laughs> a Myers? Myers. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll suck you right on in. Okay. We don't, <laughs> we don't need any money from you. You just show up. Hey, I cook a great Thanksgiving. I, I deep fry a turkey every year. Okay. Dressing. It's a whole Southern <laughs> thing. You're from Georgia anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you like that shit. Yeah. But like, won't borrow any money at all from you. We, do you play the guitar or anything? We have these, we have these great times where everybody gets together and plays the guitar and yeah. sings. Great time. Okay, you could be a Myers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, things always get really weird when anyone like ever asks me for money. Now it's always just like instantly, I become overly suspect. I don't know. It's just, it's like, what do you, what do you want? That's you know, the like, YouTube thing, man. Anytime anyone asks for anything, it. it so many people are working you and then their palm comes up later, you know, soon, soon enough, they'll be asking for something. It, it I, can be exposure. It can be cash. It can, who knows what it is, but there's, it, 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 you just get guarded. You put walls up because it, the turn seems like it's always coming. The thing that people ask of me a lot is my time. And I'm, I'm very generous with my time. Like, like, um, we've got this discord of guys who are like part of our Patreon and like anytime someone wants to talk about whatever, like, like I'll jump in a call with them and like chat with them sometimes for an hour at a time, like, like my time I'll give away, but like, man, this whole idea of milking you for your money and like this, this repeated process of like, I guess you didn't, you didn't know that it was drugs, but like, it makes so much sense now that, you know, we know it's heroin and, uh, and methamphetamine, like, which is an interesting combination. I, I don't know a lot about drug abusers, but I wasn't aware that I, I would have thought that you were either a heroin guy or a methamphetamine guy, <laughs> like like one or the other. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it was because if they couldn't get one, they would get the other. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but, but they're not the same. Who know? craves fire and ice? Right. Think, you crave one or the other. I think they wanted anything but to feel sick from the withdrawals of heroin. Oh, that's a good point. You know, okay. when when you put it that way, it's they're almost pitiable. I, I don't know. I don't know that like <sighs> justifiable isn't the word. Like, like, like I, I can't I can't wrap my head around doing it to your family. But like, I think what we have to keep in mind is that these are people who who if they don't rip off their son, then they're going to suffer terribly. I wish that you could, I wish it was like a TV drama, you know, where you could see those times when like, maybe there was a time when they were like, no, let's not do this to Josh. And they were vomiting and they were crawling on the floor and just like, this is so awful. Like, like I bet you're with me. And, and that if you knew that that had happened just once you could, you could maybe for, forgive or understand, or at least, you know, I've, something. I've tried to watch a lot of, documentaries about drug addicts. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube channel like Soft White Underbelly where he's just one-on-one -on -one interviewing addicts on the street and they tell their story and I, I try to 
I don't know. Does that sound messed up? I, I try no. to watch them and, and they talk about how like they can think about nothing else. They don't care about anything else. It rewires the chemistry of their brain to where they're incapable of feeling that sort of, no, no, he's my kid. I can't do that. It's just, no, I need more. How do I fund it? And that's, I don't know. I, I try to understand how it changes people's brains, how, how it changes their attitudes. And like, it's almost like, it's almost like they're hijacked by something inside and like, they're still in there somewhere they, yeah. and it can come back, but well, it just rewires all your reward pathways. And so it's like now, whereas when you were a kid, maybe your dad gets joy taking you to a baseball game or something, gets a little dopamine hit, you know, spending time with my son spending oh that feels good i like that i'm gonna do this more you replace all that with like an artificial stream from heroin or something and now that's so much more intense than the high you get from lifting weights or uh eating a reasonably healthy meal or whatever that everything has to surround that i i jumped in because i had to go to the bathroom but you're, you're talking about watching videos about addicts online and stuff yeah it, it's it it does open your eyes to that problem because i've definitely I, done the same I was really harsh. I think I, I, I think in the videos I was, um, I, I think some of it was me just being mean, just to, just to be mean. But that's how I felt when I was making that. I had no one to to go to really, because the people that you go to are the people that are doing the thing to you. So yeah. you turn on the camera and you just talk, just get it all out. I guess. So that's you did. What you I did a great job in those. Like the the little. I, I think most people would have been much more brutal and meaner, like just having like one or two fuck you and fuck you too. Like that was, that yeah. must've been a nice little bit of, you know, catharsis getting that off your chest or a little bit. What off, got me as know? a video maker is I knew they were scripted. So I was like, is he going off script right now? Or does he have like bird in parentheses on the script? I had like notes of different examples that I wanted to hit of things uh -huh. that they did, but it wasn't a script. A lot of it was just me following through what i can remember happened okay. and then as i was making that uh different examples would pop in my head and so then i would go off a little bit but you that's... bullet points that's what i do too when i make a comparable video it's like god these are the the things i need to hit to tell this story properly you said that uh <sighs> like you know you're, you're you've spoken to them like family members since then uh, it seems to revolve a lot around your dad and you're not like having the direct communication with your mom and it doesn't seem at all like with your sister. Is that still the way it is? Like, it's almost like your dad's the liaison for the family to talk to you. Um, probably not so much anymore since when he called me and he wasn't very sincere. He was like, you know, don't put this in one of your YouTube videos. I knew from the moment he said that I was going to do it because <laughs> i wanted him to know what it feels like when someone lies to your face that you trust so much so yeah. that's why i did it and maybe that's mean but can i ask a question sure. i'm sorry to interrupt you i know it, it varies from state to state are if you had recorded these phone calls and i think you're in california are you allowed to upload like the because the, that's what i would do i i would record any phone calls in the future i had with with them and i would upload that as reference yeah, so you, uh, I'm in Utah, and it's one-party consent state, so I could do it if I wanted. Oh, I okay. Think... I thought for some reason I thought you're in California. We were talking about West Coast earlier. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, where did you learn to fly in Utah? Yeah, point of the mountain. Who? Who? Uh, it was uh, a Cloud Nine, Steve. Oh, okay. I've talked to him. I don't know him really. He's a pretty cool, dude. Are yeah. you still flying? Like, have you found that like is 
I know life is still rough, you know, being distanced from your family and everything, but are you getting some enjoyment, like being able to focus on you? Clearly the channel's doing fucking tremendous. I'm sure you're having more time to, to do your, your hobbies like flying. Uh, yeah, I think so. I haven't flown that much. I have a motorcycle problem. I think I have too many motorcycles. Um, how many is too many? I have six. Oh, I just got fucking Alfred. <laughs> you and Kyle, you guys combined for three, right? Uh, I have three. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> you always sneak a new one in. I have a, I have a paramotor too, but I've only flown it a couple times. And then one time I went to bring it up and the wind changed directions and it blew the lines into the prop. And so now the prop flew off and I have, I have a wooden one I can replace it with, but I have to re-net it. I have a scout carbon like one of the og ones the really old ones so i have to like rivet the net back around it and i don't i don't know if i trust myself to do that so i'll take to someone Mm -hmm. yeah scouts in utah aren't no aren't they he's montana or oregon anyway yeah maybe it's not utah but uh i think it was it's been easier to focus on myself but i wonder about them like do they mm-hmm. still do it did they go to rehab did they successfully complete it uh, and it's nice to be able to finally save for things that i want it just mm-hmm. on the flip side it feels bad when i spend that money on the things that i want which i guess has just been ingrained because i've been wanting to help other people for so long that if i do something for myself i feel guilty about it i still Mm -hmm. deal with that fairly regularly like i don't deserve this i should be giving this to someone else who does type mentality um i'll get over it eventually sometimes it's like i could help someone without hurting myself but am i supposed to like that that's where i get stuck you know am i supposed to like did earn this right like it it wasn't like i hit the lottery or something i worked really hard for decades Mm -hmm. now i'm i i don't know a friend once called me a self-made man who enjoys his toys and somehow that burned into my head and uh i'm like that's okay right yeah right of course it is yeah but but this person over here you know she can't make her car payment am i supposed to pay for her car for her Right, she's been my wife's friend for two months. How am I like? What what's my level of commitment to this person? Zero. <laughs> two month Zero. friend. Literally. A two month friend. Yeah. Nothing. Fuck you. You don't even have to buy them dinner. Like, <laughs> two month yeah, like 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 yeah. Like it, two month friends get dinner. Two month friends get dinner. They don't get car payments. They don't get car payments. And then there's this. Um, sorry, I'm making this about me, but like this. I try not to buy people things because if I have a friend, it should be because they enjoy my company, not because they're able to get things from me. And even if it starts as enjoying my company, if they start getting things from me, then it becomes that, like it or not. It can't be like, yeah, Josh was really cool, but you know, he also like pays for my car. You can't unring that bell, you know, like that just keeps that's a thing that's out there. And so it's almost like you can't help or it ruins the relationship as much as if you do help. And that's, it's, it's tricky to navigate. I think, uh, I don't know. It's like one of the hardest moments was when they were asking me for money for food. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, how about I just take you food shopping? And they instantly yeah. turned me down. 
And then, you know, that that's red flags. Mm-hmm, so right. When that happens, you know, they want money for a thing, but you're like, oh, let's just cut the middleman. I'll just go get you the thing. Or I, they, I have a job interview. I need some interview clothes. Okay, I'll take you shopping. Well, well I don't need to go anymore. You know, st- stuff like that would happen a lot. So what I found, I guess what I do now is I'll just buy another one if I buy something that I like. And then that way I can share it with someone else if I want, but it's still mine. <laughs> So like <laughs> you're such a genuinely the- nice guy. Goodness. <laughs> you need a you need a you need you need a peer. You need a peer. Like my yeah. dad had this great thing with his brother growing up where like they they had <clears throat> they both made a lot of money as you know as business partners. And so like my dad would buy a Corvette, his brother would buy a Corvette. My dad would buy uh this high-end Remington sniper rifle, his brother would buy one too. They were matching versions of everything, you know, growing up. And it was just like, you need a peer, you need a peer. And it's hard sometimes if you're doing okay and, you know, you know maybe your peers aren't doing okay to like find that peer. I've, I've dealt with that myself, like where like a lot of my friends weren't doing so well financially and I was, and it was just like, I mean, maybe I'll just buy two so that we can all have one. Right. Like, yeah. like, you know, like I've, I've had to do that before, but it's like having a peer, like fi- a financial peer. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when it comes to this sort of thing is is a big deal. Like, I think Woody has found that with his paramotoring and his motorcycling, right? Like, he doesn't just, like, find some poor guy who's a good friend and be like, hey, let's get you an R6. Then you can ride <laughs> with me. You know, he's, he's like, oh, so you've got an R6. You can ride with me. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of got to do things that way at some point. Like, you can't always be the, the breadwinner for the whole fucking group. Yeah. And, and not only can you run out of money... But you don't even know if your friendships are real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Bam Margera thing from like Jackass, like the early 2000s, where he was like buying all his friends Lambos. None of them had jobs. And in return, he'd be like, hey, I need you to suck my balls for MTV. And they're like, I guess so. It's like, it's it's not real friendship. It's it's a little exploitative. It's all. Yeah, it's it's a little. Yeah. Transactional. That's that's the best word for it. Some, sometimes I think about like, um, I want people to experience what it's like to not have to think about if they if they have to pick between the light bill or food for a month. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the people I grew up with, or like my family, they they always kind of just paycheck to paycheck. And for me, I don't, I'm not like a millionaire or anything. But for me to be able to have extra money, I just want mm-hmm. to show people like. What, what, when you don't have money, money is everything. But when you do, it's not. And you can only experience that once it's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Like w- people that don't have money that see people that do, they're like, you know, you could do all this and this and why aren't you happy and all that. And it's, it, it's, it becomes more about like, who do you want to be as a person? What do you want to do? What do you actually enjoy yeah. besides just coming home playing video games? Like who do you want to be as a as a person? And so what I try to do is allow people to, have that experience so that like if you had everything you you wanted within reason now what 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 would you do and Mm -hmm. i don't know i I try to because some people look at me and they're like you know what's it like to go shopping for food and not have to look at the the tag on the can of corn or whatever i'm just like it's good but there are other things that fill in that worry that i think about and you can't understand that when you're worried about what the price is but I wish you could understand what it's like to have money, but also, I don't know. I feel like I'm ranting. Thank you for coming. No, no, TED talk. <laughs> no, no money, no problems. I was older yeah. than you, but for me, it wasn't the can of corn. It was a menu. Uh, 
for until I was like 30 something, I read menus from right to left. Right. So it would be like $9.99, $8.99, six ninety nine. That looks good. Grilled cheese. Oh, Alpo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's how I read menus. And then at some point, it just got to be like, oh, reading them from left to right is quite nice. They're like, oh, they have sirloin here. Well, that's yeah. the best thing on this menu. I, I want that. Yeah. That is a good feeling. Like, like not. Like the opposite of being on dates in like high school where you go somewhere and it's like, even if it's just like Red Robin, it's like, if this bitch gets the Whiskey River barbecue burger, I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope she goes for a, I hope she goes for a tavern mini. <laughs> I have a plan. If she orders a burger, I get a burger. If she orders lobster, I get water. We're yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on a cleanse. The, the water cleanse. Yeah, I've done that. Like, oh, that's what you get. I'm not. I guess guess I'm not hungry tonight. It's all about <laughs> you, babe. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a shitty move. You know, when you, like a high school girl being like, I'll have the steak. It's like, first of all, we're at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they don't have that at Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I never had that problem. Like, like, like my, my 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 dad would always fund my dates pretty 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 well. Oh. Like when I was a kid. Like like you know, like you don't want to go on a date if you got less than a hundred dollars in your pocket. Like that's not going to work out, right? Like, <laughs> wait, what? How, how are you going to go on a date with, with less than a hundred dollars in your pocket? I'm going to go on a date know. with twenty four dollars in my pocket. Oh my goodness! The movies cost twenty four dollars. <laughs> yes, that, you can't do movies. We didn't go to the movies. We like, are if you're taking a girl to dinner in the movies and we're like, walking, like sixteen year old me taking a girl on a date. Let's just pretend I have gas in my car, which I don't. Like, like, like let's, let's, but like. The movies are going to cost 20 bucks at least, right? Like $9 and then tax, right? And then like, what are we going to not have popcorn? We're not going to have a drink. We're just going to sit there with nothing. Like, like this is going to be a $75 evening at least. And we should have a little buffer room. Like, like I can't relate to that because my dad, I was, I would always be like, Hey dad, I'm cause I'd work with my dad anyway. So like, it wasn't like, I was just like, Hey, give me more money for free. Cause I'm me. It'd be like, I, you know, I had like cut the grass or I had like, I had worked on the farm or I had done something. Yeah. To earn this money crazy so enough this is after kyle stole his dad's truck and developed a heroin habit yeah this is last year <laughs> this is last year actually um but but you know like like if it was valentine's day i'd be like hey dad i want to i want to like get my girlfriend something nice for valentine's day he's like oh yeah okay okay how much do you think you what do you want to do i'm like i want to kind of do something nice this year i want to get her this ridiculous like uh like like box of chocolates he's like how much is it what do you mean a ridiculous box of chocolates and i was like it's a hundred I was like, I was like, it's $110, dad. He's like, that's, a, that better be a big box of chocolates. I was like, dad, it's so big. She's going to freak out. He was like, show me. And I like showed him on my phone. He's like, that is a huge box of chocolates. She's going to love that. And he's just like, like, you know, cause like, and when I, when I brought her that box of chocolates that was so big, you could barely get it inside of a car. She was blown away. She loved it. It was it, like, like she talked about that for years to come. You know, yeah. like, like, wow. and she know. finished I, the chocolates and you had to break it off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. After she ate the chocolate, she was no longer desirable. It was, it was pretty disgusting <laughs> after that. Did your parents give you money when you wanted it? Me? Uh, Taylor. I was when like, I needed oh. it, I'll say. Like, like, I didn't ask for money when I wanted it. I, I only ever asked for money when I chocolates needed it. Chocolates are a want, but Taylor. Uh, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. It would, it would, usually it would be like them just buying it for me. So it would never be like, like, if I was like, I need a new hockey stick. 
my dad would be like, all right, let's go hockey stick shopping. It wouldn't be like, all right, mm. would, you know, how much is the one you want? Because my dad was a huge play it again sports guy. And like even we'd go to like total hockey and I would like always, you know, I'm like 14, 15, 16. And I'm standing by like the brand new goalie sticks looking at the name. And it's like, oh, this is Dominic Hasek's curve. I could be as good as Dominic Hasek. That is, how that, yeah. that is how it works. So like, or I could choose to be Martin Brodeur. Oh, the Brodeur sticks $310. And my dad would be like, hey, have you ever heard of, you know, Whitey Buck? <laughs> he was a AHL minor league goalie in the fifties, and here's one of his sticks. And like, and to his credit, it was like those sticks got trashed so quickly; it did not make a lick of sense for me to have a super nice one. And so, oh, okay. yeah, it, it made more sense, or the way it worked for me mostly was like, if I needed something, I tell them, and then they take the shop for it. Not so much given money to go buy it. My parents, so as a kid, they supported me right i got all my clothes and food and stuff like you know it wasn't like i had to make my way on my on my own Mm -hmm. um but if it was anything on top of the necessities then typically i paid for it and if i needed more money he would lend it to me but there was interest and i remember I remember it was 11% interest. Which was, oh, my God. The thing is, the math on 11 is so much harder than 10, right? And he chose 11 intentionally, which wasn't too far above the going rate at the time. The interest rates are lower now. But I had friends' parents offering me like 8% interest. <laughs> they knew I was good for it. This reminds me. When it would be, he'd so keep funny. it on this. He's in, my father was an accountant. And he had this like extra long yellow like legal pad that he would tally all my stuff in, and you know he'd whip out the calculator, which was a an accountant's professional calculator with the tape that went, and he didn't have to look at it or anything. He'd just be like, and and you know just things whirring, and then he'd figure out my current like uh, you know like what the interest had accumulated to by that day, and I'd pay it down, and that was how borrowing money from my dad went. Um, Jesus. Yeah, but then there were other gifts too. Like um, one of the ones I was uh, was a young adult. Call me twenty three, right? So at this time I was working full time. I was going to school at night. I had a side business, and I was having a hard time paying my credit card. Like a life expense came up. I wasn't like super irresponsible, and I was going to work. I was installing networking cables in my father's office, and. I was like physically wearing out. I was a mess. I have this like lightweight Tourette syndrome and I'm twitching and I'm exhausted. And my father's looking at me like, what's up with this kid? And I'm like, I'm just tired, but I have to work. I have to work because I need money. And he's like, you you need rest. Like you are, not only are you working every waking moment, but you have enough sleeping moments. And he's like, what do you owe? And uh, it wasn't a ton. Call it like $650. And he's like, I'm, I'm like cheering up. Thing, He's like, done. You get some rest. And uh, that's how that day went. It was it was meaningful to me because he didn't just throw money away like that. But uh, but that day it was like. We were like. <laughs> he's charging you interest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's charging you interest. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're like, he chose 11 on purpose. He couldn't, he couldn't have just picked nine. Ten you can almost do in your head, right? (laughs) But he's doing eleven percent interest. Yeah, but uh, and there was a Christmas once where he paid my tuition that month. So like I was going to school at night, and that was a that was a cool gift. But um, uh, so yeah, he he helped out here and there, but mostly he wanted me to pay my own bills. I've had moments Mm -hmm. very very similar to that. I was texting some girl 
I don't know, back back when it cost money to text like across the mm. country. Uh, and I didn't know. I was just texting all day and all night. And then oh, one day he got like a, yeah. he was like $988 <laughs> phone bill just for me. And my mom got the bill and she showed it to me. And my mom just looked at me and goes, you better probably not be here when your dad gets home from work. There's there's some places hiring I saw. You can go find them. And I was like, I thought I thought that day was like my last day on earth. If I was, <laughs> was going to see my dad at the end of that day. And I came Jesus. home and I was like trying to find jobs like everywhere. McDonald's, all the fast food places, GNC, like anywhere that I could go in and, and mm-hmm. get an application for. But no one would hire me like on the spot. So I went back home prepared to get kicked out like is my mistake and and then i was i was like i was like a little bit of a mess because i was afraid he was just gonna just disown me and kick me out and i was crying a little bit and he just gave me a hug he said don't worry about it josh you're good see i i think maybe part of like why like Hmm. my experience is different than than you guys is like i worked my dad like and did a man's work from the time i was like 11 or something like that like like putting fucking shingles on roofs and like doing carpentry and PVC work and like climbing under houses and like, like working, working, like you mm-hmm. go and you would work all day. And like my dad always had like some flunky that was also hired to work and I would outwork the flunky as a 12 or 13 year old. And it was like, I think he just, and I wasn't getting paid, you know, yeah. I didn't get paid yeah. until I was like 15 or something like that. When it was like, yeah, you have a reason to have money now. Cause like, what's a 14 year old need money for anyway? You yeah, know, no, like, like you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. But a 15 year old, he's got some reasons to have some fucking money. And a 16 year old certainly does. Mm-hmm. So like then I started getting paid a little bit. But like we would do like these big overhaul projects sometimes. Like I remember one time we did this thing um, where we were just like I've talked this before with like poultry houses. How like we were retrofitting them. And it was this like it was two or three weeks of solid work, 10 hours a day of carpentry and like insulation and PVC and like lots of hammer and nail work. And uh, and I remember he paid me fourteen dollars an hour, and uh, he paid the uh, the Mexican guys that were working with us uh, twelve dollars an hour, and I was like the foreman, and I <laughs> I took that super seriously. I was like I was like every time I saw them being lazy, I was like, come on, come on, we got to get back to it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like 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 I ran the fucking crew, and uh, I don't know, I took it super seriously. That was like just during the summer. It wasn't, it wasn't a man's work. The the employers in my area were about the beach and the board work. Yeah. So it was a teenager's work, you know. Yeah, I like like that's why I've got like all those stories of like gruesome fucking injuries growing up and all these like <laughs> like, like like ridiculous scars and stuff because like I don't know I was always cutting myself open or smashing a finger or like like getting attacked by wasps or, wasps or something like that. It was it was an interesting childhood, but it taught me a lot of like work ethic, I guess. Like like I was thinking today about like the times and and like you know you think about those times in your past that make you cringe, like when you mm-hmm. did something wrong or you fucked up. And I was saying there was this one day when like we were working and uh, I had to go home to take a shit. And uh, I went back home and I was so exhausted because I hadn't slept the night before. I was like 15 and I just like cl- climbed into the bed to like try to like catch a little sleep. But I fell completely asleep. And like my dad came came home. He had done all the work by himself and he came home and he was just like, what happened? What happened? It's a good question, right? Let's open. It's a good opener. Yeah. What happened? And I'm just like, I'd just like lie down for a minute and I just, I don't know. What time is it? He's like, what fuck? What, why does it matter what time it is? The work's over. We're done. <laughs> We're done for the day. I'm like, oh, 
shit, I'm sorry. And I was just thinking about how embarrassing that was, like, like how bad I felt that I had like left him in a pinch, you know, to do all my work mm-hmm. and his work too. Like I thought about that today. I was in traffic today and I thought about that. It made me feel bad, but I don't know. We, we, we were always working growing up. So it was, was just, it like, just during the summer you were doing this or during the school year? Also? Well, I was homeschooled for a couple of years, so it was all day, oh, every yeah. day. What years yeah. were those? I'm curious. Uh, sixth grade and seventh grade. So oh. I was, I would have been like, um, Did you go to high 13 maybe. You, so you didn't homeschool at high school. That was middle school. Um, okay. so like sixth grade and seventh grade. And then I went to eighth grade and then high school is nine, 10, 11, 12. Right. So like right. I did all that, of course, uh, I came back in eighth grade. Like, like we're, I was oh. having so many issues in sixth grade that they just pulled me out very early in sixth grade. Like bullying and, uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah. I had this problem with this one kid and it was like, it was literally like that shit they talk about on Reddit all the time about how, like, like as soon as you defend yourself, you're the problem. Mm. like like against a bully or something like that and there was just like this fucking bully that was just a fucking piece of shit that i had a problem with and uh like like whatever i did he seemed to take issue with it and was just constantly like fucking with me like he would end up sitting behind me in class is just like you know flicking my ear or whatever the fuck and like when you finally stand up to him now you're the violent one who's like needs needs some sort of parent teacher conference so they just pulled me out and uh what was funny was like i was at a football game I don't know how long it was after I had been homeschooled, but like that guy like confronted me again and I beat the shit out of him in front of like a bunch of people. And mm. it was like, I don't know. It's did one of the happiest moments. treat moment. you better than him? What? It, did puberty treat you better than him? Like, yeah. Yeah. I was a good yeah. like three or four inches taller at this point. Like, like, like he Hell was, yeah. he looked like a short Eminem or something like that. And I'd been mm-hmm. working on the farm for two years or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and, and he just got his shit pushed in like one day. Rocky tooing this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't want to like, uh, and it wasn't like I was like teeing this guy up or anything. I, I, I caught him one good time in the, in the mouth and like his mouth was bleeding. And, and for like a sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade fight or whatever it was, I really don't remember. Like, that's a KO, right? And I just remember all, everybody was cheering, and it was it, it really was like one of those Reddit moments, and everyone clapped. <laughs> wow, Kyle's going to keep us safe from the bullies. <laughs> it really was like that, though. And like my dad, and then they brought me a crown made of a trap. <laughs> I swear to God, this. And then my dad walked up, and he's like, and and like my dad, of course, like is well versed in like my problems with this guy, like going back, and he's he's like, look at that little son. Of a bitch now look <laughs> at him now and it was just uh, you know he was proud of me and meanwhile my, you know, your dad's been mr miyagiing you on the floor <laughs> for two years <laughs> He's just like swinging the fucking hammer. <laughs> for two years i've been swinging that fucking hammer um it was like there's a there's a johnny cash song about um uh, uh, that, that's just like that about like working all these years when oni's been oni's been sitting up there getting soft and i've been working hard building muscles and it's his last day of work, and he's tired of being bullied, and he beats the, he's, he's going to beat the shit out of Oni, who's his, like, like, like the manager or whatever. But, yeah, I beat the shit out of that guy. And, uh, and because it was a school event, he was in trouble. Like, he was going to get suspended from school because mm-hmm. we're, we're at the football game. But I'm homeschooled. <laughs> you know? It's, it, it, Dad's like, silly witch, you have no power here. You have no power here. <laughs> My dad's like, nah, he's coming up here with us to watch the rest of the football game. Like, like to, you know, the, the principal or whoever, mm-hmm. like, the authority figure was or whatever the fuck and it was just like you know they take him away and they're gonna like they kick him out of the game it was a good day it was a good day did you ever but, have to get like uh, uh summer jobs at like sonic or something or was there always just so much work to be done always so much work to be done yeah yeah that's nice yeah. Yeah, you got to work like, alongside your dad like that yeah i always grew up like driving tractors and um driving trucks and tractors and trailers and and all that stuff like cutting hay and baling hay and um all that stuff like like you know farmer shit yeah 
my summer jobs in high school, like were well, I, I guess it was I only had to after I could drive. So like 16, 17, 18 summers. And that was initially like I would have been at that was the story where I went and I tried to work at uh, Ben and Jerry's and they told me I was hired after getting eight full hours of making waffle cones out of me. And then they told me that they actually closed and thank you for trying out. And so, <laughs> so that sucked. What's the I was, word for that? We learned it with um, our, uh, Mullen, Danny Mullen. Oh, the, there's some French word for like a tryout, but they, yeah. they, they, it was like 15 minutes in. They're like, you're a natural at the, at the waffle cone thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm, it kind of does it for me. I kind of just <laughs> pour it in there. But then my job from then on was, uh, I was always a pretty competitive goalie in ice hockey, as, as you two know. And so I, my summer job then was like this this camp recruited me to be like a coach. And that was just my job for summers from then on out, which is pretty awesome because there was something about being a, like, you know, when like, you know, if you're not a hockey player, you don't know, but like the coach is out there with just skates. The goalie coach is out there with just the lower body pads and then like a windbreaker. And I always thought like at like 14, like, Oh, those like those guys are so cool. They're like, and I'm like looking at a 17 year old at 14, like a grown up. And, and, <laughs> and then like when I got to be that guy, I'm like, damn, I'm fucking tight. Like I'm, I'm teaching kids how to butterfly, how to handle the puck and everything. And that was, that was a great summer job. It was fun. I, I coached a swim team in college in the springtime and, uh, it was taught at my collegiate pool. Like the kids would come and that, that they'd say the thing. And it wasn't really like coaching. These kids were so young. It was a little past learn to swim. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like I'm training them up to become Olympians, but, um, it was a big deal that my name was on the wall on the record board. Like while I'm coaching them, there are a couple of us and, if there were six coaches, like two or three of us were record holders at the school. And mm -hmm. uh, it just felt like that was the most badass thing. Like when, when he introduced us to the parents, he'd be like, do you see that Matt Woodworth? That's the guy right there. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> you want to know my silliest summer job? <clears throat> um, I think I watched Jeremiah Johnson or like one of those like old timey, like trapper movies, like about a wilderness survival man. Okay. And uh, I became like interested in traps, like, like, like fur trapping. Yeah. This sounds absurd. <laughs> uh, like what year is it? Um, and so like, like I, 2003. I found <laughs> this is literally like 1999 oh, or okay. 1998. And, uh, and like, um, one of the farmers nearby had this issue with, um, with beavers, like going into like their corn or their wheat or whatever. And I went and bought beaver traps and uh, I literally like um, trapped beaver for them for $10 a beaver. Yeah. 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 I trapped. I mean, look, I didn't make a living out of doing it or anything, but how many like, did you I, get? Do you think? I don't remember how many. He's still a, a bit of a beaver aficionado if we're honest. <laughs> yeah. And he still traps them in his own way. <laughs> with threats. <laughs> Kyle's pretending not to get our jokes, but I think he's with it. That uh, trapping beavers is a very funny thing to do. <laughs> Why beavers? Was it just like because that's that, the only thing they needed trapped? And so that's, that's the only thing they needed trapped. And you don't, I don't really feel sorry for them. Um, but I just remember like they were like, I, I heard these farmers talking about how they had this beaver problem. And, uh, and I was like, dad, oh, do they make traps for beavers? He's like, I don't know. And we went to like Bass Pro Shop or something like that and asked. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And a beaver trap looks weird. It's this weird, funky trap. Um, and it's not yeah. a square with a little door inside that falls behind them. Oh no, it kills them. It's uh, it's one of those. Oh. It's it's oh. it's not a live is it like trap. a bear trap. It's a little like a bear trap, but it's shaped very differently. It's it's 
at least I'm sure there's different kinds, but the one I had was like wonky. But um, but yeah, I trapped beaver for them at like ten dollars a head, and I just remember like how awkward the negotiation was with this man, because like let's see, it was if it was like 1997 or 1998 or something, I was like twelve you know, mm-hmm. 13 or something. And I, I just remember approaching this farm. Yeah, there it is. That's, that's literally it. <laughs> you, like, like, I don't know about you, but as a 12 year old, I looked at that and I was like, so is somebody going to teach me how to use this? Or? <laughs> I, I need a lesson right now. I need a lesson right now. And I've used one before. Okay. Yeah. It looks like maybe you pull it wider. So it becomes kind of a cube. And then yeah, something, yeah, maybe you, they, they the trigger that's the on two top, things hanging you, down. The top is on parts on top. You pull away from each other, and then it it, it expands the the springs on the Looks side. Like you could just beat the beaver to death with it. You <laughs> definitely could. Uh, but so I remember that 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 trap is like the end of the beaver when it steps in it, pretty much. Uh like, yeah. So you didn't take them out and like release them. You're just showing up with like beavers in your hands. Like this is ten here and ten here, and there's some in my truck back there. <laughs> I, I would show up every time I had a beaver and I'd be like, here you go, Doug, I got another one. And he'd give me 10 bucks. And, uh, and like that, that year I caught, I don't know how many beaver, but it was enough, you know, for like, again, I was like 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. definitely wasn't even 14, probably 12 or 13. So like 10 bucks was a big deal. It was like, it was mm-hmm. like oh, this is fucking candy money. We're going to make it rain. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a big fucking deal to get like 10 extra dollars on top soda. of everything oh, else. Yeah. yeah. That so was like, real money at that age. And I was kind of working for it. I don't know. It was kind of cool. And, and again, like, like I had gotten this whole idea from watching. If, if, if nobody out there has, has seen Jeremiah Johnson, it's the meme that you've all seen where, where like it zooms in on the, the, the wilderness <laughs> man. And he just goes, oh, now <laughs> I know. Yeah, the nod. It's yeah. the nod. It's, it's the bearded <laughs> wilderness man giving you the nod. It's that meme. You know, it's, it's, there's this part at the end where, uh, you know, he's been spending all winter learning to be a mountain man. And, and, and uh, the guy comes back that had seen him when he first started, when he was bad at it. And he's like, you've come a long way, pilgrim. And he just goes, it feels like a long way. Because it has been. It's been the hardest winter of his life. He's had to, like, scrape for every calorie he's eaten. Every, mm-hmm. every, every little bit of warmth that, he's, that, that, that has, like, kept him alive. He's had to grind for it. He's had fires go out. He's... he's, he's scrambled in the creek for fish that i, I want to say that the indian named him white man who's bad at fishing or something like that <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like like you know he ended up one you know you, you hope that your indian name is going to be like stand strong like bear or something like that or like or like wild man but he's yeah, like your, your name is weeping pussy they name him like bad fisherman or something like that because he's just like in the creek trying to like get the trout out like no jeremiah johnson great movie and it inspired me as a 12 year old to become a trapper for a while (laughs) you're like i think you know I think, you know, they say history repeats itself. We're about to enter another era of trapping as a primary source of income. Dude, Just like trap anything on our survival trip. I'd Dude, oh, that. that was so that that's that's I didn't mention on the survival trip, but that's one of the many reasons why that survival trip was so humiliating. Cause like <laughs> I've done this shit before. Like I'm not a wild wilderness man. I'm not a survivalist. But I grew up out here. Like, like, like I've spent so much time in these woods. Like way more than you would imagine. Like Josh like, and the one percent of you who are new fans, we did this trip where we went into the woods for a week or maybe five days with no food. And originally we were going to have very little supplies, but we got a sponsor, so we're out there with like knives and hammocks and like survival gear, but no food. Um, I caught two crawfish. No one else wanted to eat them because they were smarter than me. 
And uh, we brought a live chicken that we ate on Thursday. <laughs> but Kyle was pretty confident there'd be no food shortages. I didn't see it happening because, like, we were we were at the Mount Curahi like wilderness area. If you've ever seen um, yeah, Band a Band of, of Brothers. Brothers, it's where they're running. Uh, it's the it's the first episode. It's where Ross, they're training. You know, it's them. where Ross is training them to like be soldiers. And like I had scouted this area, and I don't mean I went out there once. I had been out there three times at least leading up to this. Squirrels everywhere, just bounding around, jumping everywhere. Did we see hog trails? I I kind of recall you identifying. A path that we saw deer trails for sure. Okay. okay. And, and I saw a bobcat. Like 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 all the times I've spent in the woods, I've only ever seen one bobcat in my entire life in Georgia. And it was on mm-hmm. that trip. It was crossing the dirt road in front of us one time when we were walking. But no, like like mm-hmm. nothing else. Um I'm with and, you. Aside from like small birds, like a sparrow, I barely saw a living animal that whole trip. Yeah, and like like every morning I'd get up and I would get in my truck and I would like drive way down the road. Like I, like like I had this idea that maybe our camp and the smoke or something was up disturbing the wildlife. I'd get a few, I'd get a half a mile down the road, pull over, park, walk, you know, hundred yards into the woods, and I just sit there on a stump with my rifle and just wait and just look up and just not move. Like I mean, I've hunted my whole life. Like like I know what's up. Nothing, nothing. We'd have died. We'd have died. <laughs> yeah. We we would have lived twenty one. We'd have days. eaten chicken on day th- twenty eight. <laughs> day twenty eight comes around. Psst, fucking you... Oh, sorry. Where did you get the crawfish? Was it like from one of those sewage creeks? You know what I'm talking about in Georgia. Like it was one of those. Oh yeah, no. Oh no. It was a. It, it was, was a poor choice. <laughs> Just eating human feces, <laughs> subsisting on crap. I would rather eat human feces than the beaver shit. Um, like like like. Look at look. I'm not a fucking survivalist. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but like I picked the camping area. Um, so so like all the blame is on me if it was bad or good or whatever. But like, it seemed like a really good area because a, a, a beaver had dammed up the creek and made this little area that was like a pond. And when I had scouted this prior, I swear to fucking god, I saw the a big catfish in that water. I mean, big. Yeah, that's the area. That's the top of Mount Curahee. You can see the we graffiti. We were on there. that rock, didn't we? Go to that. We rock? were. We sat exactly where that man is sitting. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. You can go up there if if anyone out there is in Tacoa, Georgia. Um, you know, use your GPS. Get up there. It's if you got a truck, especially even like a little SUV or something, will like easily make the drive. It's it's a beautiful view. Um, you know, spray paint your name up there. It's cool to go up there. Don't fall off. Don't be it a sounds dummy. like spray painting is bad, but it, it appears to be some sort of tradition where it's everyone, accepted. You're just spray painting on top of the spray paint. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know, it's it's a cool little area. Uh, it's it's a really nice view. Um, uh, I don't know. I like I, I like it up there. We weren't like on the mountain, like camping or anything. We were just in. There's a big wilderness area that what, supports. Did we go it. there at the end or on the way? We did. Why, why, we did. Is that what was up? Yeah, yeah. me, you. We, we all went. We all went up to the top of Mount Curahee and uh, and and you know took some photos up there, up on the precipice and all that stuff. It's a cool place. I agree. Yeah, it's neat. I kind of want to ride my motorcycle there now. Like I'm like I remember there being some dirt roads, going to the views. It's the oh, kind yeah. of place we like to ride. Yeah, you could you could. Uh, I don't know if it'd be worth the trip. But but yeah, you could definitely go up there. Josh, so, what you? I, oh, go ahead, Woody. Do you want? I want to know what you did before YouTube, because you were twenty five ish when you started YouTube. So you went to school, I guess. Were you Mechie? Did you get a job? Yeah, so I have a mechanical engineering degree, and then I got a job doing that. Um, and then that job was you've seen the movie Office Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I have like three bosses. I love it. Get told that you're wrong three times when you mess up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. like that. I was like, it was the most stereotypical 
corporate job that you could What did imagine. you make? Like how much You're, money? No, 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 no. Oh. With the product. Uh, it was uh, silicon wafers, basically. Just SSD chips. Oh, yeah. okay. So, I don't know. For some reason, I thought I'd be more like, uh, I don't know, freaking train door locks or something like that. Like a little... No, okay. So you made SSD chips as an yeah, just flash memory, and I was in charge of making sure the technicians are uh, s- supposed to do whatever they're supposed to do. But like they've been there for ten years, and I'm just this new guy with a degree. And because of the degree, they put me above people who've been there that mm-hmm. know better than me and expect me to tell them what to do. And I'm like, that's Tricky. not going to happen. They're not going to respect me. You know, they're prior Navy. Like I don't have that sort mm-hmm. of rapport with them. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to let these dudes do what they're doing, but. That's that was that job. I was a mechanical engineer, and then I didn't I didn't like having to come in to sit at a like a cubicle farm just to do PowerPoints and Excel sheets. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm going to do this, I want to do this at home. So I went and asked, and they said, "No, you can't do that." So I decided, all right, what other jobs are there out there that you can do at home? And when I did it, it was mostly programming at the time and i was like yeah i could probably do that i played video games as a kid yeah <laughs> that's how that works yes. i'm halfway yeah. there yeah. <laughs> so, i went to like a like a boot camp part-time while i worked there and then oh neat uh and then i moved to programming and then, how long was the boot camp and did it prepare you for work no it was uh long? three months but it was part-time like two days a week uh-huh um for like three hours at night but so, it got you hired that next year degree. And then yeah. you somehow had to defeat imposter system syndrome and be an actual programmer. Yeah. So I learned enough to be able to pass the code test pretty much that they gave me. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of imposter syndrome because I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't feel qualified to be doing what I was doing, but they you never seemed do. to be satisfied with what I was doing. Um, but I had a lot of, I remember I had a lot of questions and there were some tasks that were totally unrelated to programming, which just really kind of the bitch work, so to speak, because I'm the junior dev. So I'm just doing the things like cutting and pasting different strings of text from Excel sheets to databases all day long. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it was, it was all right. I like programming if I'm programming fun things, but web dev, like healthcare application 3467 i don't i don't particularly mm-hmm. care about but at the time a job was a job uh, my goal was to work towards being remote and those were pretty abundant at the time yeah so i think i had that same job i did it for decades I, I web dev when i first started it which was like 97 or something was the leading edge coolest thing around like we were building the internet e-commerce was new not not every company even did e-commerce and you know so when you added it to your company it was a big deal cisco was like the number two company in the planet in terms of revenue when i started there in their e-commerce and uh but over time it went from like the shiniest coolest gig around to not the shiniest cool, you know, now web dev is not like the, the shining star it was in the dot-com day. It's seen as an outsourceable, cheap kind of thing that they can just, they, we don't need to hire someone for that. Let's just pay someone overseas really cheap to get it done. And that's all we'll need it for. And we should be good to go. And that's uh, kind of where it's at. Unless you're working at like a super large company here in the U.S. Yeah. Or someplace where the website is really important to them, you know, like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Is if you're Pepsi, I bet they outsource that shit. Pepsi's not about their website. Mm-hmm. 
was it working at that office space style place that inspired a lot of your content here, kind of analyzing and critiquing corporate <laughs> structures and, you know, corporate thought? Oh, everything that I've poked at in my uh, in my channel, I've experienced like literally all the things in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just luck or what, but it, it almost seemed like every single job had some sort of ridiculous I don't know, gotcha to it that I was like, this can't be like, I heard about it from my dad growing up. He worked that kind of corporate job, had Mm -hmm. a boss that got paid to do nothing, but told him what to do all the hard stuff and got paid way more. And so like, you'd tell me about how corporate works and like, they don't care about you and stuff. And I'd be like, ah, you're just complaining. Dad had a hard day. But like, then I got to that age Mm -hmm. and I was like, they don't care about you at all. Like, (laughs) like this. Yeah. Like it, it it all came together. So I, I've had projects where I worked overtime for like know, three months in a row, nine months in a row, like a long time. And at the end of it, you get like a three or low four digit bonus. And it's like, what does that work out to hourly? Right. Yeah. I stayed here till 9 p.m. as a minimum for the last seven months. Mm-hmm. And you're giving me $750 bonus. Doesn't cover your dinners you had to order in. <laughs> like, good God. You know, like, like, and you know, sometimes it would come around promotion time, but you never felt like, oh, did I get hooked up? Did I get to, this is sweet. This is a company that really values what I just put in. No, it's like your bonus is shit, but your raise is like 3% more. And over lifetime, you know, that kind of accumulates into something, but it, it's just never good. It, it's always the least they can give you. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. But I, I, a lot of your content for people that don't know your channel is like roasting companies for being assholes. Uh, I, I watched one, the Meditech one. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one in particular. They yeah. wanted everyone to come back to work for laptop bags and ice cream. <laughs> they, had, yep. they had a dorky corporate video they made about it. Ugh. I've made dorky corporate videos. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you're um, muted. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, like, that's yeah. so cringy. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. glad I haven't ever had to do that. They, like, 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 oh. like, like, that's so soul, su- soul sucking. Yeah. You know, like, like, like that, You're, like, like you, what you just said, like coming back in for ice cream and a bag, like you're a grown ass man. Mm-hmm. You're a, mm-hmm. you have, you have fucking children. You have a wife. Yeah. Every minute you spend with them is precious. Like, mm-hmm. like, 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 and they, they are, they're buying those minutes with ice cream. I've always detested yep. pizza and ice cream to the company. Hate it's it. a morale builder, right? They're like, look, we just laid out $72 in pizza for you guys. <laughs> I hope you appreciate this for me. It's like, look, you're not mo- one second. Thanks, baby. You're not moving my due dates. You know, you're not, you're not helping me in any way. You're yeah. just forcing me to waste this time at work. This is just overtime. I've had a related thing where they're like, what do you, you know, 4th of July weekend's about to kick off. Why don't you go home early? Oh, yeah? So we're going to push my due date off, right? No, no, no. Uh, So so when am I making up this stuff? Like, you're not helping me at all. You're acting Mm -hmm. like this is an afternoon off and in in a way, but it's only an afternoon off if we move the deadline. If you want me to come, like, 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 if you want me to come in. And like, 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 take time away from my family or whatever. You better make it worth my while. Like, like, like if, if they were like, oh, we're going to have 
He's, he's on my mind right now because he just passed away. Norm McDonald's going to come in. He's going to do an hour of stand-up for the, for the whole fucking company. Mm-hmm. We're going to come in. We're going to do an hour of stand-up with Norm McDonald and do a meet and greet for 30 minutes afterwards. And the, and the, all right. Can I bring my wife? Oh, yeah. Open bar, too. All mm-hmm. right. You've got me now. You've got me now. You, just got, you guys just spent $100,000. But a pizza fucking party? What is this, high school? Mm-hmm. What is this fucking high school? Can I have two slices? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like ever... the same reward you get for doing well on your spelling test when you're 11. Exactly. Have you ever um, been forced to do, well, not forced, but pretty much peer pressured into doing team building activities in like the middle of the day uh, while you have stuff to do? And if you go and you spend that time there to be part of the team, be a team player, whatever, you, you miss out on time for your deadlines. So if you don't go, you're punished if you do go you're punished yeah. and that's yes and so we, much I, of those like, like you're not even doing it for uh the only like i remember when i worked at enterprise right out of college they would do this shit where it'd be like oh you need to do all these callbacks and all this busy work and you might have to stay a little extra but i want you to come back with the manager and role play a couple scenarios with another employee and it's like i can't say no because then i'll be on this guy's shit list and if i say yes i'm like just like signing off like yep you you pull me in here anytime you want and i'll just I'll, I'll have to stay late i'm already working a nine to nine what's a nine to ten you know like it's just I, fucking infuriating typically i build in time for shit like like my happy place in project management is ahead of schedule and kind of not killing myself that's where where i usually spend my time so if they inject something like a ropes course which is like a real example then uh then you know we're all okay there but i i kind of like some of those things a little bit like you know the pizza and ice cream i freaking hated it it wasn't worth my time but if we're not going to the office that day if we're doing an outdoor activity field trip uh, it's like work is a three out of ten if you slip in a six out of ten on me that's a good day you know i I can see that for sure i can see that for sure like like Again, like the only real job, like corporate-ish job I've worked was working with AutoNation, right? Selling cars. Mm-hmm. And like there was a day when we they brought in like the hot shot salesman to like teach us what's what. Like the guy who had sold so much that now he made more money teaching people how to sell. And I'm always like... All the best salesmen teach people how to sell. <laughs> it's like, dude, if you are actually selling 30 cars a month, then... Th- what must they be paying you to show up here today? Mm-hmm. Like if they're not paying you $50,000 to come talk to us today, mm-hmm. then you are wasting your time. Cause you're a guy who's literally telling us that you make three to $5,000 a day. Mm-hmm. Like, like you make three to $5,000 a day selling fucking cars with no overhead, no overhead. You don't own that desk. You just, you can come into any dealership, sit down at their desk, sell their fucking stuff. All you need is your suit and tie and you can make three to five grand a day. But you're here talking to us, teaching us a mnemonic device. It's just like that episode of The Office where, like, Michael Scott is teaching the mnemonic devices to remember customers' Mm -hmm. names. He did that. And I'm just like, bro. Just remember their name. I've got a planner. Like, like I've got a a planner on my desk. Like, like I've got one of those big calendars that, like, is your whole desk. You know, it's a – I've got everybody's names written down. Like, 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 I've got a book with, like – I, I was organized, right? I, I, I call I, I'm, every day. I have my calls to make and I'm calling these. Hey, Barbara, how's Mike doing? Look, 
We can't. We talked about that Honda Pilot last month. I know that didn't work out. We got a brand new one in, and it's it, you know the, like this one has fewer miles. This one's a different color. Like maybe you want to come take a look. I'm doing that every day. He's just mm-hmm. you're just wasting my time. But there was Popeyes after, so I wasn't too mad. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough to, to keep. We were young enough. Popeyes was all it took. At 19, yeah. it, free Popeyes was enough. At <laughs> night, but like. There were 40, 45. I always He's now a Chick-fil-A man. He's advanced since then. Yeah, we're way above it. It was free Popeyes. And it was like, but like back then it would be like, again, I was 19 with like, I got no family. My rent was like, I was in a three bedroom apartment with like two other guys. And my, my share of the rent was like $350 or something like that. My car payment was $380. So as long as I can come up with like $800 a month, like I'm golden. And like, that's pretty easy selling cars if you're decent at it. Like, like I don't want to brag, but I was pretty fucking good at it. Like I made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like when, it, as long as I was mentally sound, like I went through a breakout breakup and that was, <laughs> but, but like when I, when I was killing it, I was making thousands and thousands of dollars Were a month. Ford? You sold for uh, new Fords used uh, everything. And okay. that's when you made money. Like, like I didn't want to sell a new Ford fucking Mustang or something like that. You'd end up making like a hundred, two hundred dollars but you could sell like a used, F-150 excursion, Volvo, Nissan, and you could literally make like three to four thousand dollars on one car. Damn. You know, there's Your there's cut. so much. Yeah, my cut. Yeah, my cut. Like like I sold an excursion once and made uh like upwards of two thousand dollars on the on that one car deal. Um, because I was like when someone would come in to buy an exc- buy that used excursion, I had two different customers looking at it, and one of them I told um Oh, actually, I'll take the bat. I took it in on trade, and then I sold it. So when I took it in on trade, mm-hmm. I was like, look, sir, they don't make these anymore for a reason. Gas, Hurricane <laughs> Katrina just happened. Gasoline mm-hmm. is 4 to $5 a gallon. You know what kind of gas mileage this thing gets. It's getting 8 to 10 miles a gallon, right? And we're in the city, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that, you know, I, I can only... Later I can that only day, give, you can't get these anymore. This is, a, <laughs> you know, this is then your I'm selling last it. opportunity. Then I'm selling it, and I'm like, same same pitch, just different, just different uh, tone. They don't make these anymore. <laughs> this is the largest SUV a man has ever even fucking conceived of. <laughs> Look at that. You can. Did you know that you can park a small car in the back of an excursion SUV? Because you, <laughs> you, you actually can't. It's that fucking big. It's the largest SUV ever made. My brother and, uh, had one for ages, a diesel one. Absurd. Yeah, this was a gasoline one. Um, they, they came in. They came with the diesel and the gasoline. You, you probably want the diesel because I think the the gasoline was a. I want to say a V10, but that's probably wrong. It's been so long. In any case, it was like, this is the gasoline one too. You don't have to be smelling like diesel as if you would <laughs> smell like diesel because you put diesel in your excursion, right? <laughs> you don't smell like gasoline. I, I, I took it in so low and sold it so high. It was a, like a $12,000 profit. And so like I get like a high percentage of that. I don't remember how many cars I sold that month, but it was at least 20 and maybe 25 plus percentage uh, on twelve thousand dollars, which is pretty fucking good. So yeah. two, two, at least two thousand, maybe twenty five to twenty six hundred dollars profit that I got from That's selling a that fucking pay in a lot of jobs. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it, like, like when you when you get one of those, you fucking you're fucking popping the champagne as a nineteen year old. You're just like looking at everybody like, who's the man? I'm the man. You like like everybody's like, yo, you saw the excursion? I'm like, yep. Not, you knocked the fucking head off. Clean off, motherfucker. <laughs> Clean off. It's over there in the bathroom right now. You want to go play soccer? Because their head is gone. 
Yeah, you're, I remember, you're so happy. You know, Popeye's money now. Bad car. So I'm looking to buy a car. I'm young. Call me 18 or 17 or something like that. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, I don't know. Like I'm at a Dodge dealership. So I'm like, I'm thinking about like either a new Neon or a used Stratus. And he's like, Huh? What? Like the, those cars don't compete with each other. And in my head, I'm like, they're the same price. A new Neon and a used Dodge Stratus go for about the same amount. And he made me feel stupid, like I was wrong in what I was looking at. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I still look, every car that's the same price competes with each other. I suck a dick. That's how life works. Don't tell me they're, they're di like different categories. They're, they're $15,000 category. That's the category that they're in. And uh, I, I walked away. I didn't buy it. But I look back and I'm like, you just suck at your job. Why would you make your customer feel dumb like that? He's trying to buy from you. So, it, Josh, I'm looking at your your more business oriented videos. Is is it more practices like general business practices you think are shitty that get to you, or they're like select companies that just really get your goat? And every time you're thinking about, it, you're like, I need to make another fucking Monsanto video. Or yes, yeah, some, sometimes. Like I, yesterday, I think I made another Meditech video because uh, they basically have written in their company handbook. It says we don't have a two week. Uh, resignation policy you don't have to give us a letter we'll just basically decide if we like you or not when you give it to us or we'll just fire you it's up to us and it just blatantly says that and mm -hmm. it also says we remain disappointed in people who refuse to tell us where they're going when they quit and um, we wish they would trust us or something and it's like why no one's gonna no one's gonna tell you where they're going when they get a new job especially if it's a competitor yeah uh, just lie I, i'm joining the taliban <laughs> yeah. like but Sorry. there are certain things that companies just put into handbooks or policies that i guess people maybe just like they just overlook it but like when you really sit and think about it, you're like wait this how is this illegal like it's legal because you agreed to it like that's that's pretty much it mm -hmm. like um a lot of companies that make you install webcams at home while you're working remotely uh, there was one company that it's, it's called teleperformance, I think. They wanted you to install a webcam in your house. You, ha you had to agree to take polygraph tests if they asked you to, and you had to agree to let it run all day. So you had to sign a consent form if you had kids that would let them also record your kids in the background. Like that just really What kind of company is that? It's a customer service uh, company. So like when you call your, I don't know, one of your bills and you get to some customer service agent, you get to that guy mm -hmm. and he's being watched. And it sends screenshots of your. They of your should screen. be able to monitor you. It's fucking dystopian. Yeah, but they can pull the dystopian thing off with more subtlety, right? Yeah, like, you're not it, filming your children. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the camera, and and we all know the cameras usually have a little light that you know that indicate something about that light makes you nervous. Like you know you're being watched. It's a thing. That light's supposed to be off. That's your happy place. Mm -hmm. But they can monitor your keystrokes they can monitor your web activity they can like cisco i'm sure did all that shit now there was so much of it i don't know how closely they watched yeah. every time i logged into a linux machine it was like you were being observed you by doing this you've agreed there was a whole page of shit that just like was part of your login script warning you not to be an asshole on that machine um but yeah, it's all like all your stuff is logged. All your emails, those aren't your emails. You don't have any mm -hmm. privacy in your work emails. Those are corporate property that they can read anytime they want. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they had to have your camera on to accomplish their goal. 
That's yeah. Dumb. That makes it so much weird. Like, what is is somebody else going to sneak on and answer the calls on their behalf? Like, what oh, yeah. what is the fee? It's it's some fucking pedophile who works there. <laughs> what every employee wants is just to be measured by their productivity, right? You know, mm-hmm. if, if if it's a customer service company, yeah. Look at my survey results. Look at how many how many cases am I handling? What those cases are, and what my customers think of my performance. You should be able to look at those things and decide whether I'm awesome or not. You don't have to watch me do it via webcam. Yeah, generally, like, in the way it's always worked, places where I've been, is like, oh, is that thing we told you to do done? Yes, I finished it. Okay. Like, or is that thing we told you to do done? No, it's actually not. Well, that's kind of a problem because we told you we need blah, blah, blah. Like, that. that's all you really need. If mm-hmm. anything, like it would make you worse at your job. I feel like to be like, do I really need to, oh, I got sent a, an unfamiliar acronym in an email. And if I search this, am I going to look like a retard to, to the people monitoring? You know, <sighs> well, you need to check your TPS reports. Oh, TPS. What the fuck does that mean? Ah, okay. Oh, this they, guy's an idiot. He doesn't even know what that is. They have <laughs> these things that check keywords. So if you type like new job, like if, if you're at work and your mm. friend's like, Hey, I need a new job in here. And you open up indeed. Red flag number one gets automatically sent to manager. You start typing anything about the word job, uh, more money. Like those phrases are tagged for them to get automatically reported to your manager to check out what you were doing. And because it logs your keystrokes, if you did any personal business, they now have your passwords if you type them in. Mm. So like you check your bank account because you're about to pay a bill or something. Now they have your login and they know your balance and they know, you know, like HIPAA violations because they can see medical records if you pulled those up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like when they overreach, when they try to make a job more than what it is, like when they call you company family, that's a big one. That is so and, bizarre. You know, welcome. We appreciate you. We value you. We're going to take care of you. And then you do one little thing wrong or get a budget cut. And they're like, yeah, sorry, bye. Yeah, who are you again? I- Talk to HR. Like the way that I accept love from my employer is via cash. Yes. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's how I feel valued. <laughs> Everything else is silliness. I, I, I accept cash. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's, that's one of the, again, going back to like when I sold cars, Saturday morning, right? <clears throat> we all get there early, uh, 8 a.m. Um, we go into, um, we had like a, a playground inside the dealership. We had a big dealership. There's a playground inside. For kids. Uh, for kids. Okay. That way your kids have something to do while you're, uh, you know, getting your head knocked off. Um, indoor playground with like slides and ball pit and all that shit. We go in there. That's where we have our meetings. And because uh, there's, there, I don't know why. So you're on a ladybug on a spring just attending your meetings? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. You literally <laughs> okay. are. And, and, like, 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 you know, like, like 15 grown ass men. Uh, wearing suits and ties, sitting around on like 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 little baby chairs and shit, just chilling in there. Because it's also like there's a door, so we can speak in private. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. like, even if there's a customer out there who got there early, like he can't hear what's going on. Um, this is a private meeting, you know. I don't want anybody to hear this. And uh, CJ would come out. CJ was 28 years old, black guy. They had given him the reins of the Atlanta fucking Alpharetta dealership. It's a big deal. It's a big deal mm-hmm. for a 28-year-old young black man. And he's not going to let it slip through his fingers. And he's fucking fire. He's pumping us up. He's like, anybody sells an old age unit, which is a unit that's been on the lot for like 90 days, let's say. You know, it's a car we haven't been able to get rid of yeah. yet. $100. Anybody that, that, that sells two cars today, $200 bonus. You sell three cars, $300 bonus. You sell four cars, $800 bonus. 
Holy just when shit. I thought I understood the pattern. Yeah, just there's no pattern. That's making five cars on two hundred thousand dollars. I was gonna go the other way. Out of you business. You sell four cars, eight hundred. You sell five cars, seven hundred. Because and, and we're writing this down because like like we're gonna hold him to his word, yeah. right? And like and he's just like, and, and then he'll start throwing money. He'll literally start throwing money at us. Like like he's got like five hundred dollars on him, and he's just start. He's he's just like we're gonna make some money today. Aren't we? We're gonna make some fucking money today. Who's gonna make some money? Kyle, you gonna make some fucking money? I'm already making money. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, Kyle's gonna knock somebody's fucking head off today, aren't you, Kyle? You gonna sell another fucking excursion, aren't you, Kyle? Like boxing out the weaker salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like he's he's throwing fistfuls of ones. This is at why us. women make less in the workplace. There's a money wrestling match. Dude, they don't have to reach. Day. Yeah. There was there was a woman who worked there named Katrina, um, and Hurricane Katrina just had happened. She she filed some kind of sexual harassment shit, which was which was not legit, by the way. Like, like it's not always legit. And this Against one was the money not. Man? Nope. I, I don't know who she was going after, but like this was bullshit. Uh. And uh anyway, like like it was always like that. There, there were all these weird bonuses. Like you sell this many, you get this. You sell like two of this, you get that. And it was like, oh shit, let's write this fucking shit down. Let's try to try and knock out some of these bonuses. Cause there's a big marker board that they're like writing, like, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle sold XYZ. And, you know, we're keeping track of this as the day goes on and trying to hit these bonuses. And if you're like this close to a, like a, a crazy bonus, you're going to work super hard. You're going to do whatever you can. You're going to fucking wheel and deal and try to make shit happen. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, there's been times where like I buying a car me. yourself might actually make sense. Like there were bonuses that were like that. It was like it was mm-hmm. like, dude, the guy has 19 cars sold for the month at 20 cars. He goes from making like. 24% to making like 30% on every mm-hmm. other car he sold, like, like, like grandfathered in. I mean, he can resell that bitch. <laughs> like, 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 like. That thing about <laughs> buying at the end of the month and getting better deals cut, everyone yeah. I talk to says that's real. Like, a oh, lot yeah. of times they mm-hmm. are very close to a quota or something. There's lots of quotas, and the salesmen have quotas, the managers have quotas, the general man- managers have quotas, Finance, dude. and Ford Motor Company has quotas. And like, if you can like ever like weasel your way into like getting lucky and it's like, you know, if if this dealership as a whole sells one or two more cars this month, they make an extra $35,000. You know, if they're, if they're like 398 cars and 400 is this huge ass fucking bonus, it's a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a big fucking deal. So like, like, like I saw it happen. Like, like I've had customers where it happened to them where like I told them, I was like, we're going to get you a good deal today because like we need to sell a couple more cars. We're getting <laughs> off. Like, like, like just hang in here. We're going to get you a fucking car. You know, like, like, this is happening. This is happening. I, I promise you. Deals suck right now because of the chip shortage and the, <laughs> the like, apparently inventory is short everywhere. Uh, friend of a friend has a Subaru dealership with zero cars on it right now. Not a car. At a Subaru dealership. What do they do? Just say, we'll order it online, and when it gets here, come back and look at your potential new car? That's a good strategy. I don't know how. They just can't get any inventory. They're out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It definitely happens. Um, But, but yeah. That's a chip thing happening right now. The silicon, you know. um, Yeah. The whole thing with the Chinese. I looked into... Like, why is there a shortage on everything right now? I need a new visor for my motorcycle helmet. Can't buy it. Can't buy it. I found really? one in Germany to ship over here. It's Lame. Frustrating. And uh, um, I bought anyway, an extra for one mine. I'm sorry. I wish I, I had. I wish I had. I couldn't get a pin lock. Anyway, um, 
so there's like a bunch of reasons. One is the COVID shortage. Like that evergreen thing had apparently like waves of trouble that reverberated for like six months. Um, the Texas power outage had petroleum shortages that impacted plastics that lasted like six months. Uh, you maybe you've heard that one. It just seems like if only half of this is COVID, why is it so bad? What all these other things seem like things that just happen from time to time. You know, like I I don't know. I'm I'm frustrated with shortages lately. Normally, my whole life, the way you buy things is you look at what you're willing what you want and balance that against what you would like to pay and find something, you know, that that fits. Now it's what you can get is a big part of that equation. You know, you want to buy a tent. 75% of the ones I considered were out of stock. That's the nature of tents right now and helmet shields and whatever. Shortages are wild, wild. In England, they're saying the food shortage is just the new way of life. Get used to it. Food shortage. Goodness. Yeah, it's not as not like they're going hungry, but just like certain brands or whatever will just be completely out of stock. They'll be a bare part of the grocery shelf. And it's like, damn, like that's, that's not usually what happens in capitalistic countries. In the first world, at yeah. least. Yeah. At the, you know, we're, we're really used to having plenty. Um, I don't know. I'll be glad when this COVID thing is over. I ordered, I ordered a uh, COVID test the other day. It arrived yesterday. I'm going to mm -hmm. like do it tonight and mail how, it in tomorrow. How do you do it? I didn't look too much into it, but I did notice there's a vial, which I think is for spit. And there's okay. a... Uh, there's swab. a long swab, which I think I'm going to have to shove way up, way up there, Morty, up my nose. <laughs> and I think that I'll, uh, I'll be able to know if I had COVID. <clears throat> I'm feeling much better now. Uh, I'm three quarters of the way through my bottle of antibiotics. And uh, obviously, I, I, I gave myself that shot in the ass. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I still have nasal congestion, but the sore throat has been long gone. The strep is long gone. Uh, it was awful. Like, I can't, if I hadn't gotten treatment, I don't know what it would have happened. I don't know if you ever are actually able to fight off strep. It's so bad. Like, like that was one of those things. That's like if you don't cure it with the antibiotics, that's it. Like you just die. Yeah, it goes hard. I think. I've I've had the same experience as you, Kyle. Where I had strep, I didn't recognize it as a serious problem soon enough. I let it get way too bad. Then when I got on antibiotics, helped me surprisingly fast. Like four hours later, I felt so much better. I've, I've talked, and then like you the respiratory like i'm kind of healthy except for this respiratory thing which just takes three weeks to clear up for some reason yeah yeah it's bad it's uh right now it's, it's literally just nasal congestion i don't mm -hmm. have a cough anymore nothing else um i i hope that i did have covid because the more i read about um the the covid19 antibodies um because we had this question in the sub in the not the subreddit the um the discord the other day as to whether it's better to have had COVID or to have had the vaccine. And it's, it's sort of a mixed bag, uh, something about B cells. It's, it's over my head, but something about initially the vaccine is better, but on the long term, the, uh, having, having had it, uh, your body like gets better at defending over time, but the vaccine gets less effective over time. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. Having both, you would you would imagine that you'll never get it again. So I'm really hoping that I had it last week. Yeah, and this is just an, a thing that's over for me. And I'm, I'm not a virologist or an epidemiologist. It just makes sense to me that having the vaccine and the disease itself kind of your immune system is fully trained up. 
They, they, they see COVID come in again. They're like, oh, you again. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I that scene from Goodfellas. It's like that scene from Goodfellas when like uh, Tommy comes back, but you know, the guy's like, get your fucking shine box. He's like, keep him here. Keep him here. And he fucking <laughs> shows back up later and they just stomp him to death. <laughs> they've got him in the trunk of the car with the butcher knife and everything. Like, like that's how my <laughs> immune system is going to treat COVID at this point. <laughs> I, I, again, I don't take your uh, medical advice from a comedy podcast, but if I were to get a booster shot, now I had Moderna. It's like, does it make sense to get the Pfizer booster just to cover all my bases? You know, they're saying the booster shot isn't required anymore. They're, 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 they're being wishy-washy about that now, saying maybe you don't need a booster shot. I've heard that too. And I've heard that only old people need booster shots. And now I'm like, are we saying this because it's better for old people or because of availability? We or originally it... said, don't wear a mask. But we were lying to you because of availability. Then we said, do wear a mask. And, and that's because we got more masks available. We wanted you to wear them all along, but we just lied to you in the very beginning I, I, and and uh you were originally asked is it better to have the disease or to have the vaccine and i'm like can you get a non-political answer to that even the scientists it, it's it's so in, woven in there and and even the studies I, I i feel like i can't get an answer that is free of a political smear or even if it is free I'm not qualified to tell if it's free. Yeah, no, I feel you. You're, you're absolutely 100 right. It's uh, it, it and, I, and this has never been a thing in my lifetime, where 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 things are like that. Um, oh, hard to get data. Yeah, hard to get data. I mean, not of course, on, like gun control or something like that. that. Yeah, but but like yeah. something medical based, right? Uh, and and I also read some something where they're gonna like couple like the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine and even something else. I can't remember the third thing, but like so all I know Moderna is looking to combine those two. So if you get a flu shot in like 2022, then you might get the COVID in the same uh, syringe, which would be pretty cool. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm glad I got the vaccine. <clears throat> I, Me too. Uh, I, yeah. I got the Pfizer vaccine. That's all that was available in Georgia. I think I actually signed up for Moderna but it, it wasn't an option at the uh, time. We, I preferred Pfizer because it was uh, three weeks for the second one. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be like fixed. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to open the door to travel and fun. And whereas the Moderna, it was four weeks to get the booster. And then 10 days after that, and you're mostly vaccinated. So I was like, oh, I'd rather not wait the extra 17 days or extra seven, I guess. But, um, I got the Moderna cause that's what I could get for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is ever going to be over at this point. Like, 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 uh, I, I go on that Herman Cain award uh, subreddit all the time. <laughs> that was great. It's it's so fucking great. Uh. Um, I gotta say, I will say this. It's a very leftist subreddit, unfortunately, True. True. because like sometimes I see them. Because for those who don't know, what they'll do is they'll post traditionally what they'll post, and the things I like, they'll post that fat white guy with the goatee. And he's just like, y'all are a bunch of, he'll post that meme where it's like a bunch of sheep with masks on and then a bunch of lions with no mask on, right? Because <laughs> that's him. He's an alpha male, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's a, he's lion in the pride. Meanwhile, he's 120 pounds overweight. That just proves how well he catches prey. Dude, he already is hardly slowed down by obesity and diabetes. What can he <laughs> You think obesity can stop me? <laughs> <laughs> diabetes can't stop. I just need a peg leg now. With this beard, you can't tell how many chins I have. Exactly. That is, that is the ultimate beard thing. Like at this point, 
like I've pat I'm too afraid. <laughs> to see how many chins I've accumulated, you know what I mean. I mean, you you've never had your beard grown out, which is a damn shame. Kyle, you never <laughs> have either. Oh, but, it's a mess when uh, I grow it. Out, I, I know that I've like, uh, I've done it before, and I've it's like it ruins my week. Where like I'm just like. Uh, you're so much fatter than you thought you were. <laughs> one of my, one of my like emotes on my Twitch channel is wings when he's fully shaven. I was gonna use it as my card protector because when you're playing poker, I stream a lot of poker, and like you, I need to like cover my hands so the people I'm playing with can't potentially like look at it. So I was gonna put Wings' big bald head like over the cards, but someone made me a better card protector anyway. But Did no, getting mind? back to oh, go ahead. People might. No. So one guy complained, and I called him a a word that I'm not supposed to use on Twitch because I was angry. Uh, but it's just like, look, it's either it delay. Of sticks? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like you're either going to delete. It's two things. If you're, when you're streaming poker on, uh, on Twitch, you're either going to have a delay in which, in which case I can't interact with chat. And I inter mm -hmm. interact with chat a lot. Like I'm, I'm yeah. like, like, because poker is slow and there's a lot of hands I'm not even playing. Or I cover the fucking cards up and I show them to you after the hand is done. And you're in, and there's a little suspense built. Do it's one or the other. Your, how do you show them? I have a high key, camera, so I just right? make a scene. Oh. oh, you switch to one that shows it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I just make a scene where, like, I, I I insert a scene that's an image file, and it's it's perfect. It looks exactly like the cards look, but it says blocked at the bottom, and I I just have a hot key. So, so I want to I want to ask you about like the wild money that's been getting thrown around in yeah. the, the poker games, but we're gonna hear from a couple sponsors. I'm, I'm please go that. ahead. Uh, everyone hates talking to someone with bad breath. That humid, awful smell keeps you from focusing on anything other than finding an excuse to leave. Now just think about all the times you were the gross, smelly one and the other person was trying to get away. You probably can't think of any examples. That's because we rarely have an accurate read on our own breath odor. In other words, you could be walking around with trash mouth, not even realize you're grossing everybody out. That's why Smart Mouth was invented. Smart Mouth's clinically proven two-liquid formula combines to instantly eliminate bad breath and prevent bad breath from coming back all day. Rinse once in the morning for all-day clean breath and once before bed to prevent morning breath. Just two uses a day, and you'll never, ever have bad breath, guaranteed. Whether the boardroom or the bedroom, having confidence in your breath spells success. So go to smartmouth.com slash PKA now for a free coupon. You can find Smart Mouth products in the oral health aisle at Walgreens, CVS, Target, Rite Aid, Amazon, Walmart, or wherever you shop. Once again, that is smartmouth.com slash PKA for your coupon then you can go get it at one of those nice retailers. So check it out. Reflects well on us when you do. And you're going to be getting a lot more pussy with great breath. Uh, that part wasn't the read, but it's true. Everyone it's true. Knows. Everyone's, true. everyone's talking about it. What happens if people. you put smart mouth in a vagina? <laughs> it, it really, you know, I tested that with Melania. But I, I don't know because she hasn't let me near that thing in five, six years. Put <laughs> <laughs> in a super, super squirter. Yeah. But I tell you, Baron is crushing it. He probably is six foot, <laughs> seven foot one. Uh, this episode of PKA is also brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't <clears> suck. <throat> Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They sent us some of all three. Cinnamon is the far and away the best, I think. 
Uh, Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great. And it's convenient and discreet. Their products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug the vape, throw out your dip, and get some nicotine some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes direct to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Painkiller already listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code PKA to get 20% off all your products in your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co.co and use promo code PKA at checkout. Also, we have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So head over to lucy.co and be sure to use promo code PKA to get 20% off all products in your first order, including the gum or lozenges. So there you go. Those links are below. Check out those companies if they're interesting to you. Uh, but Kyle, I, it's been like five or six days or something since you sent uh, me and Woody that text being like, Dude, someone's down eight thousand dollars in the Discord <laughs> yeah. poker game. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> um, so we started out playing. <clears throat> we started out playing five dollar tournaments where everybody put in five dollars, and we do kind of a winner take a take all thing. Things have progressed. Um, so yeah, a gentleman lost eight thousand dollars the other night, and um, fuck, uh, it's not the first time he's lost a bunch of money. Um, he's the, the very wealthy individual. He's a so. very wealthy individual. I'm not trying uh, to talk shit against him. Um, your story's just starting and Josh has to go. Oh, it's, okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Well, we really Josh, appreciate having uh, you on. It's been great. I feel you seem like the kindest guy to, to put <laughs> yes. up with all of this bullshit and still not even be that jaded by it. I want to be your friend, but I really want to be your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a profitable position to be. You can be a part I mean, of your family now. Here, I think you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I've calculated it all out. I probably could have paid like a couple senior software engineers to make some revolutionary app with everything that I've given, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you can get your money back, right? But the relationships and trust, that's one of those things that takes Definitely. way more time than it does to get money back. But My father would tell you that life's serious problems are emotional and medical. Everything else money can solve. And like I'm listening to you being like, yeah, the money is the emotional side. Like mm -hmm. that's ir irreparable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, thanks uh, for can, having me. Can you, uh, can you plug your channel? Anything else you want to pimp? Yeah, sure. So if you um, are tired of corporate nonsense, come on over to my channel. I am happy to poke holes in everything that they've told you about company family. And um, if you want to, I say the things that you can't say when you go to work. <laughs> Basically, that's my channel. So, there you And go. if you roast the company hard enough, sometimes they get better. It's yeah. a force for good. Mm -hmm. it's I'd like to think it is. I know sometimes it's just ranting, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do listen, even though they're pissed off at me about it and they remove it just because they're mad. Bastards. Yeah. But thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you for it. coming on. We got to do it. Thanks again. for coming on, man. I enjoyed you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks guys. Take care. Yeah. Good night. Good night. So the, the gentleman is $8,000 down. Apparently not even. Well, I mean, that was just for one night, you know, like, like there was yeah. another night where he lost like, several more thousand dollars i don't know what it was three five thousand dollars or something like that yeah the poker game is uh is really big in the 50 dollars discord if you want to play um you can join the 50 dollars discord they play almost every night they're playing right now playing right you can now get in yeah kyle plays a lot you'll probably actually spend real time with him 
You might actually yeah. lose money to Kyle. <laughs> you yeah, might actually lose some money. Free, it's a thing we offer. It, Kyle, it, it's take a thing money. we offer here. I'll take your money. Um, kind of. It, we, we call it a $50 Discord, right. but for some people, it's a $2,000 up Discord. <laughs> some people, for some people, it's a, like a used Camry down. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, I mean, they're, they're playing right now, and it's, it's hundreds of dollars are in the pot. Usually they play like. Uh, for those who play poker, like $0.25, cent, $0.50, cent, or $0.50, cent $1, or even $1, $2. But like every maybe one night a week, they'll play like 2 5 and that'll progress into five ten. And five ten is insane. five ten is insane. I want to talk about my experience playing. So I'm, I'm hang, sometimes I hang out with the poker players, and, and I, it's, it's interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, because I'm a host, they're always happy to have me or whatever. I'm hanging out. And um, someone fronted me $50 to join the game. And at first, I, I felt like I played pretty well at first. A, a combo of playing well and just catching some good cards. You know, you can't win with a bad hand or it's hard to win with a bad hand. And I had some good hands. And um, But I also kind of, is it called slow rolling when you don't like just immediately raise $16? That's when you show your cards slowly, isn't it? Yeah, that's that that's that's a different thing. That's a different thing. What is it <clears> called <throat> when you just sort of like I, I felt like I extracted all the money I could have out of the other players? Uh, is there a I don't term know. for that? Just play well, just playing well, I guess. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I felt like I made some good decisions on not like making people think I had a strong hand and uh getting them to to do the raising and and I thought I did well. Maybe I didn't, but I thought it went well. And then what happened is I got a bunch of hands in a row that were neither awful or good. It was like, oh, uh, a jack and a five. Well, that's a fixer-upper. You know, like, let's see what comes down the, what the first three cards are. And that I that concept of like, oh, a 10 and a four, this is a fixer-upper. Let's see what else we get. If we have a pair of 10s, maybe I want to play a little bit. Is stupid. Um, what would happen is, I'd stay in the hand long enough to be in there for like $7 or something. And then once the cards were laid down, it costs like 13 to stay in the hand to the end and have a chance. So I'd fold and I just kept folding, giving away more money than I had to. I should have folded earlier and good players know they fold most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like I wasn't letting math drive my decisions. Uh, at the very basic level, you look at how many cards you think it will take to win, and each card has about a 2% chance of coming. So you're like, ah, you know, if either this or this hits, it gives me a 4% chance. It's probably a bad decision to stick in this, hoping that I'm going to catch this. Anyway, so I, I, I'm not great at this math, but I understand that a little. And mm -hmm. even I wasn't being smart based on what I understood. I feel like I was getting bullied. Like uh, they're getting me in there for five dollars, and then they're making me spend thirteen to to get a chance to win at the end. Mm -hmm. So I fold, and that happened enough that I was like, "Fuck it, I'm standing up for myself. I'm gonna bully them. I'm going to be the guy that like puts my last twenty three dollars in there." I bought in for two hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so they took it all, and I was like, "Fuck." I guess in my head, what I thought I would do when playing was the math. And when I look at the best players, the math really drives their decisions. Mm -hmm. And I quickly went into this like, well, shit, I'm getting pulled in. I'm getting pushed around. I'm standing up for myself. These are not the thought processes of a winning poker player. And yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know. I just walked away. I, I sort of pondered on it after the game and stuff. I was like, 
you're smarter than you played. If that can be a thing yeah. or, you know, you're, you can be smarter than what you did. Like you feel like you got emotional. For was, sure. Yeah. I didn't just, you know, like other players, there's one guy who has a, like a little matrix of like, if he gets this, this is what his initial bets will be. And, um, he's just, that's so math driven. I, on the other hand, <clears throat> and thinking along the lines of like fixer uppers and who's pushing me around stupid, stupid, stupid. Those, so I, I like to think that I learned from it, mm-hmm. that I would be better hypothetically if I ever played again. But I think it's interesting that I wasn't as good as I knew to be. That's yeah, it's, yeah, it's very math driven um, to some extent, you know, like 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 there's uh, there's range charts that people use based on position. Uh, and uh, there's there's a couple different ways to play the game uh, where you're where they're playing. What is a game. range chart? Uh, it's a range of hands that you uh, that you will or wa- will not play and uh depending on your position in the table um as far as uh you know where the blinds are and it's just like so you get your uh, opening two cards those opening two cards might be worth playing at the start and not worth playing at the end and uh they'll raise a lot if those opening two cards are extra good that, that's what this range chart is just so that they're your initial bet mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's not even a math decision you could program it to do that Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your opens, I suppose you could you could program. Uh, it's it's kind of after the flop where things get a little bit more difficult. But uh, but you know, it's a it's a fun game. I like poker. Um, I think I'm like even for the week. I kind of like like one one night I'll win three hundred. The next night night I'll lose three hundred. So it's kind of been up and down. Um, I'm I'm always confused by like hands, where I'll watch sometimes on the Discord not playing, and I'll see someone you know on their stream that everybody's like honor system not watching. It'll be like a king and a jack. And I'm like, oh, those are like two really high cards. That's a good hand. And then fold. Because they're like, well, no, they're not right next to each other. And so the chance of a, str- a straight is blah, 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 blah. And then someone else will get like a four or five and they keep it. Like so that, that's confusing to me. That must well, it depends on the player, game. right? You know, like so, some of them are just bad. Like some of those guys in there are just really bad at poker. And they're just like, mm-hmm. I feel like playing a three and an eight. You know, and like <laughs> that's like, a fixer upper. <laughs> and sometimes the plot will come three eight eight. You know, it, it there is some chance built into the game. You know, yeah, of course. Um, but uh, but I don't know. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Would you rather uh, have a four five or a king jack? Or neither uh, one good. I would I rather have king the, I would, jack. If we're heads up, I'd rather have the king jack. Um, that's a you good know, point because too. they have to improve. Um, the four five is is a good hand too, though. It's a really good drawing hand, especially if it's suited. It's called a suited connector when you have mm-hmm. a hand like that because it's really good at drawing at straights. It's really good at drawing at uh, flushes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you were to open, as it's as it's called, which is like when you raise preflop, you you know, let's say the blinds are one dollar, two dollar, and you make it seven dollars to go, so everybody has to call your seven dollars. They might not be putting in you on a four and a five, so they probably wouldn't think you have a four and a five. They might think you have like mm-hmm. you know, a small pocket pair or some over cards, like maybe you've got an ace and a queen or an ace and a jack or something like that. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to play the game. Um, I, I'm definitely not the best. Those guys, uh, those guys have a good time in there, though. It's it's when they play when they were playing uh, five ten. I'm just watching. I'm not playing in that game. That's that's ridiculous. You you need a thousand dollars just to sit down. How many people are playing in those? Is the table full in those? No, the table's not full when they're playing um, that high of a stakes. It's usually like five guys or something like that. But when we play like one, two, like the table's Does dirty play in those? Yeah. Yeah, dirty won Dirt, a lot of money. Dirty's good a very good player. He tends to win more than he loses. And uh Yeah, Dirty also, won three thousand dollars that night. He uh Hell yeah. Good for him. Yeah, a big part of it 
is maximizing what that hand could have done, right? Yeah, and I used too many words in the beginning. There were a couple hands where I thought I did that, where I thought that, you know, if you gave those two hands to Dirty, he wouldn't have won more than me, I think, I hope. But um, uh, then I played stupid. Anyway, Dirty often plays smart. He makes good math decisions, and he, if he, if he is a known winner, it would be dumb to just, like, go all in and get you to stop betting. Mm-hmm. Instead, he'll make you underestimate what he has and anyway, it poker is one of those games that like i'll fantasize about being very good at because i'm like <laughs> man being good at poker is like cool i'm and I, i'll like i'll wear sunglasses and fucking something and i'll be cool upside down yeah upside down sunglasses <laughs> they won't know i'm just crazy what uh, <laughs> uh marcel lusk does that he would wear his sunglasses upside down uh, uh poker player but yeah, I've never put any time into poke. It's it's just Texas Hold'em you guys play, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No variations or no, no. We play. Hold'em. I enjoyed playing, but I think I would still be having guilt about losing fifty dollars for some reason if I hadn't been fronted the money. Like that would sit on me. And it, I went up seventy-seven in like we'll call it twenty minutes. Uh, I went up twenty-seven, two seventy-seven, and. Uh, I was like, uh, everything in me wants to just pull out and call myself a lifetime winner. But <laughs> I didn't front me 50 bucks to play for 15 minutes and have me walk away with it all. That would be so funny. <laughs> you walk away with $47. <laughs> that was a question too. Like who gets the winnings out of this? Now you I get played- the winnings. Well, okay, but let's do this. You give me 50 bucks. I run it up to 77 to get out. I made more money off of your donation than I did off of my poker. That's it is like a, it a, is a question, yeah. I think somebody's done that for Taylor before as well, like fronted him uh, a buy-in or whatever, uh, just because they wanted him to sit down at the table. I, I didn't but, uh, win anything, but I, I survived for a while. Yeah, that's... That was my barometer yeah, of, of yeah. doing okay. Sometimes that's the best I can do is survive for a while. I feel like I, I. it's hard for me to overcome the thought that you're supposed to fold more hands than you even play. Like 80%. sometimes I'll see like Dirty play and he folds seven times in a row. And I'm like, I guess that he's the poker expert. I guess that's the right move. It just, it feels weird to you're, you're, 80% of the time be checking out. Yeah, you're folding like 80% of your hands. That's even higher than I imagined it being. Yeah. Are pros like that too? Yeah. Like 80? Oh yeah, at least. I guess you have to be really selective with it. Yeah, because you know there's there's ten other people. Um, you want a strong hand if you're going to be putting money into the pot because you're you're betting um, uh, based on like the strength of your hand and the and its drawing ability. So like, ace king, ace queen, ace jack, ace ten, um, preferably suited. You know, pairs. Uh, you know, pair of deuces, threes, fours, fives, sixes, uh, mm-hmm. all the way up. Um, it's kind of all I play. You know, I don't play a lot of nonsense. I don't play a lot of unsuited hands unless it's very cheap for me to get into, get in and play with them. Um, I play a lot of if I have an ace and anything else and it's suited because I can draw at the highest flush. You know, I like to do that mm-hmm. if I can, if I can play with uh, any pair because you know you get a if you've got two deuces and another deuce comes on the board and all of a sudden you've got a set. It's a very strong hand even though they're deuces, stuff like that. I try to play pretty tight for the most part. Yeah, doesn't always go well. Three of a kind that that beats a lot of shit, right? Obviously, it beats two pair and one pair, but it doesn't beat flushes and straights. I made a straight flush uh, last night, I think. I made another straight flush. Yeah. Do people get full houses often? Um, fairly often. That's like, three like maybe, and two, right? Yeah, that's three and two. That's like three kings and two jacks, something Everyone like knows that. This, but it, 
the more people on the so the, is it eight people is that a full table in this i think we play 10 oh with 10 people you need a pretty good hand to win a lot like if we were to play heads up and i had a pair of fours it might be right there's a pretty good chance a pair of fours and 10 people probably loses yeah, that's that's where like pre-flop raising comes in big. You know, the the amount of if you've had those fours, you might make it ten, you know, seven or eight dollars if anyone wants to call and see the flop and see any more cards. And so, like, very few people will call that because they probably got strong cards. And you would imagine that they probably got big cards like aces, kings, and queens. So if the flop comes and there's no aces, kings, or queens, you can kind of feel safe with your like sevens or eights. But of course, if you flop a pair of sevens. Uh, or you flop a set of sevens and there is an ace out there. You're like, oh, we're about to make a lot of fucking money here because maybe he's got a pair of aces with like a queen kicker and I've got three sevens, you know, like, like, like there's a, I don't know. It's a, it, it's a much more complicated game than it appears to be on the surface. There's a lot going on. Um, I'm still learning. I think most people still are. It's a, it's a lot of fun though. And it's difficult to remove all your emotions and like it, I don't know. I'm letting last hands loss be like, all right, Woody, get your head in the fucking game. This time we're going to push back a little bit. That's not how you win at poker. No, I have zero emotions when I play. I don't, I don't give a shit about as I thought I would. That's where I'll be next time. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I just couldn't care less. Like, like, um, I, I treat different players differently. Like there's a couple players who are just, I think of as absolute idiots like, like there's a couple guys in there who are just idiots. So like you kind of have to call them with like a weaker hand mm. most of the time. And sometimes they'll beat you and sometimes sometimes they won't. But you just have to call if you're going to be profitable in the long run because they're going to do stupid shit with stupid hands. Uh, but then, you know, if you get raised by certain players, it's like, okay, let's leave. Let's leave. Like he doesn't do that unless he's got like a really good hand. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've kind of learned as time goes on, like who I'm playing with and kind of how they play. The good players, you can't do that too anyway, though. Because they mix it up so much. Yeah. Huh. Who are the tops now? The, yeah, the really one. good guy. Pick I know one. Dirty's Who's probably the guy? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to pick one. No, that's what I really one. want you to do. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants that. Oh, I don't know. Like, like, like Dirty does very well. Alexander uh, always plays very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ari's been playing pretty fucking good. Um, Scum plays pretty good. And, you know, all, the, all those guys play well. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the wins and losses or whatever. Like I said, I'm like breaking even most of the time. Um, like, like, mm-hmm. like, I'll have a good night followed by a bad night. You had a good and, run, a couple of good, like, I remember you had a week that might have been a four digit week or something. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I had a, I, I mean, I had a four digit night, you know, like, like, oh, okay. like, 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 and then, you know, the week just kept going better and better, but like, you know, there's ups and ups and downs with that, with that game. And I'm just not good enough to like always be a consistent winner. I don't think, um, and, and then there's also luck involved too. So like shit happens. Like, like sometimes I'll have ACE King and they'll have ACE 10 and they'll just get a 10. You know, the, the odds are in my favor. If we could do this over and over for like infinite mm-hmm. money, I would do that. Right. Because like I'm, I'm, I'm way ahead. The, the odds are in my favor, but sometimes they just don't go that way. Sometimes you do get emotional. I'm, I'm thinking about that. I've definitely seen you get I months ago. I saw you absolutely rail at a guy who was winning, but not the way you wanted him to. Yeah. And there was another guy who you're like, I'm about to fold, but I want you to know before that you played this horribly. Yeah. If you have these cards, then you should have made a lot more money than you did. And if you don't have those cards, then you shouldn't be winning at all. You're going to win this, but you suck at poker. Yeah. Here's my money. I've I'm done like, that. I've done more that. Mr. 
robot. How you? I will get <laughs> mad, but I will. But but see, that's a perfect example of me being a robot, right? Because I didn't let my anger inflect uh, uh, um, affect my decision. The correct decision was to fold. And even though okay, I felt okay. like I was, I was, even though anger would make me want to be like, you know, I'm gonna fucking call you. Fuck you. I want your money. Like I'm just like, you know what? Let it go. Let it go. It's twenty dollars. We live to fight another day. Um, I, I try not to let anger like make me like do things, but it will make me say things sometimes. <laughs> I, right. I'll occasionally you know say what? some things. I try not to because it's me. It's 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 shitty. I, I I do. It's rare when I'm just like when I when I do stuff like Part that. The show, and also I feel like the rules are different for hosts. You know, like ah. if you Taylor <laughs> or I flip out. I think there's a lot of people enjoying that. And, and if like another Discord or Patreon or something flipped out, they might be a dick. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy in that regard. I don't know. I try not to be a dick. I try to be polite. You know, if they if they beat me, I try to say nice hand. Um, but but yeah, if they just play awfully and, and then somehow like just get lucky, I, I, I may indeed point out. Like, like, and it you, depends how you flip out. I'm, I'm sorry I cut you off. But like, you know, if you were to be like an ace, are you serious? An ace at the end? This is awful. Then I, you're not hurting my feelings, you know, when you say that. But if you're like, fuck you, Woody, you only won because of that ace. That, that's a different thing than I said the first time. Usually you'll just hear me like hitting my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you'll just hear me hitting my desk or something like that. Or uh, or like if I'm when I was streaming the other night and something bad happened, I was just like, oh, <laughs> 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 he's got the straight. He's got the stray, you know, it's just like shit happens. It's a fun game. That's what makes it fun. I'm going to try to get a heartbeat monitor and like display oh. it on my stream because I swear to God, when I've got a good hand or when I'm bluffing, my heart rate like, skyrockets. It's so high. Like it's got to be 140, 150 or something. Like, like I'm sitting there and like I'll go quiet in the stream. Like they'll be like, Kyle's got something. Kyle's got something here. And I'm just like, like slowly I betting. I don't want to say this because I'm afraid that. Because I want you to do it, but that's a tell. You're like, guys, I'm gonna put my pulse on screen. <laughs> so like that, I, I feel like. That's I mean, a it, tell. it it goes high if I'm bluffing too. So I don't feel yeah, like it is. I like, like, like that, yeah. And I mean, my betting is is telling you what's up. Like like I'm talking about like if I flop like a full house or something like that, and I know he's drawing at a flush, and I'm slowly call. He's like seventy dollars, and I'm calling one hundred fifty dollars, and I'm calling, and and I see the third heart comes out, come out. I know he's got the flush. I know I'm about to get all of his money, which that literally happened the other night. My heart is going go 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 because I know I'm about to take all this guy's money. It's really fun. You think you're about to take all his money? Well, then you did take all his money. In that instance, I like like there's something called the nuts. Which is when you have like literally the best possible hand. Like you can look at the cards on the board and you'd be like, yeah. Nothing beats me. There, mm -hmm. there, there are no two cards that beat my two cards, and that was the instance in that situation. Like, like that's what the nuts means. Yeah, usually I, if I'm putting lots of money in, I have the nuts or, so by, or close to it. As context, I heard people. I was like, "Oh, the nuts means a really good hand." Yeah, I didn't like you're about it. to bust. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they they mentioned having the nuts a couple of times, and I was like, "Oh, that means they." Like there's a high likelihood of winning, but now I understand it. It means that, given the five out there, the best things you can have in your pocket are these. And yeah, yeah. Like, like I think I think I had king ten, and the flop came king king ten. So mm. like, there's there's just nothing that beats me. There's not he, he there aren't enough kings and tens left to make a better hand than what I have, and there aren't enough. Like like I no, guess he could have two kings. There oh, aren't any more. There there aren't two kings left. There's only one just, king left. 
Oh, you did say King King 10, didn't you? Yeah. Like the only up. thing that beats me at that point up. is if he has pocket aces and the next card is an ace and the next card is an ace, which just then he'd have the nuts. Yeah, then he has a magical hand. If he's got if he's got magic dick syndrome, then I'm happy to pay up pay that off. But that that ain't happening. That Do you ever happen. lose like a hand where you're so sure you're gonna win that it's just you take it as an omen that you're like, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm out for the evening. I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I cut my losses short. If I lose a hundred or two hundred dollars, I'm just like, all right, that's it, that's it. I'm done for the night. That's um, some of those guys just keep going. They keep going and throwing like good money after bad. Uh, I I won't do that. Um, but yeah, I've had like. There been like like I've had a full house beaten by four of a kind, and I've had I've had like an ace high flush beaten against beaten by a straight flush. Those are mm-hmm. really shitty situations where it's like there's only a it's it's very it, the odds of you having that are just if you have it you have it and I lose my money. That that's yeah. kind of how you have to play poker. Like you can't fold the high mm-hmm. an ace high flush. You can't fold kings full of aces. Like you just can't do those things. Um, but I've ran into all of that. Um, we play a lot of hands and so you see a lot of variants and you see a lot of ridiculous hands i made a straight like i said i made a straight flush last night i made i don't know how many times i made four of a kind last night at least three you know like you see some really strong hands when you play as much as we do as many hands as we play as quickly as we play are you ready for a new topic yeah have you seen the latest stefan bonner interview no okay so viewers stefan bonner's ufc fighter um at his peak he was probably like top five or 10 in his weight class, but he's really known for his fight against Forrest Griffin that kind of launched the UFC into the company that it is now. Okay. He's in the hall of fame for that fight. He has retired from professional fighting. He does a little professional wrestling, you know, the show, and he is clearly addicted to drugs, opioids. Uh, Videos came out semi-recently of him in the hospital like swinging crutches at staff and stuff, keeping them away. Because wow. as Stefan Bonner describes it, the hospital was full of people because of the COVID vaccine and uh, they're overwhelmed and they can't give him the pain meds that he clearly needs. So his he has a standing prescription for pain meds from his doctor, but you know, that runs out early as, it, mm-hmm. as they do, right? And uh, he's like, I know the routine. You go to the hospital, you tell them this, they give you a, a shot and a prescription for something else. So he's trying to like get sort of two prescriptions cooking at the same time, as well as a shot of some sort of opioids. And um, I guess initially they told him that they were going to do it. And then they conferred, this is the hospital staff and decided not to do it because he's doing this um, painkiller seeking behavior. Yeah. And that's when he flipped out in the hospital and sort of physically threatened the staff and stuff like that. I think there were police involved and he's being interviewed by an MMA journalist. And to watch him explain what happened, like people who are experts in what these addicts are like, he just checked every box. First of all, He was describing the pain he was in as like excruciating. Mm -hmm. Every surgery he ever has had is haunting him at the same time. My knee is this. My wrist is that. My rib is something else. You know, I did this move, done it a thousand times, but now my rib, oh, oh, it hurts just to talk to you. Uh." Mm -hmm. And he's like convincing the interviewer, attempting to convince the interviewer and us and maybe himself that the reason he needs these drugs is the outrageous pain that he's in all the time, not the addiction. 
And when you ask him the wrong question, like, hey, if you ran out, why didn't you contact your family physician? He responds with anger. He attacks the guy who asks the question and flies off the handle. Stefan Bonner is in a bad place. And you hear him talk about his relationship. with. He's like, I've got friends. And they're like, they act like they want to help me. But then when I tell them, you know, to get me some painkillers, because that's what I need, (laughs) then, you know, it's like, fuck you. Fuck. If you're not going to help me, then just get the fuck off the phone with me. What are you doing? Like, fuck this guy. Mm -hmm. And, and like, he goes, like, they're calling trying to help. Does this guy have a history of this or? It's new to me. Yeah. But he's clearly an addict. Like, if if you were to watch it, I'd show it's 20 minutes. It's hard to like incorporate. Clearly drug seeking behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And, and afterwards I read the Reddit comments. There was a pro athlete who was like, I was this guy. I was this guy. And I did everything I could to convince everyone that I needed this for my pain and not for my addiction. That's what he's going through. And, and Stefan Bonner is hooked on drugs right now. Opioids clearly. <clears throat> and it's, a, it's sad to see. Um, he was, I guess I have a, an, a, an, a, an affection, I guess I'll call to the pro fighters who are more professional. Uh, Chael Sonnen comes to mind. Stefan Bonner comes to mind. Joe Lozon comes to mind. Guys who are just like smart, you know, above mm-hmm. average intelligence who can do this right. And um, um, I'm, I'm distracted a little bit, but yeah. you know, guess you can speak clearly and maybe went to college and stuff. Like when I see them, I, I guess I connect with them a little more than I do like a Mike Perry. If anyone knows Mike Perry, he's kind of, I, I want to call him a hood guy. He's white, but he's like just gangstery. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I like those guys on my TV too, but they're not the ones I connect to like a Stefan Bonner. And anyway, dude's fucked. Yeah, hopefully and, he gets better. Cause yeah, yeah that's, that does seem to check every box. It, <laughs> it was crazy. Going to multiple doctors, really exaggerating the pain. Yeah, and, and you then would when imagine. they say like, "Oh, we can give you this for the pain," it's like, "No, I need eighty oxys, and that's <laughs> it." Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think at one point he said they were trying other pain therapies. Like, there are things they can do with, um, like electrodes and stuff to help mm-hmm. manage pain, but they don't help manage addiction. Uh, Zach has a quote here. I recognize this from the interview. Are you effing kidding me? Let me effing fracture your lumbar vertebrae and see how you feel two weeks later and also break your wrist and also fuck your shoulder up and you're crutching around on it. Like, come on, man. Really? I'm being honest here. Do you have a problem? Fuck you. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know. Now I believe him. That was convincing. This is what he said. That was pretty convincing, honestly. (laughs) To the interviewer, he's like, let me fracture your lumbar. Let me do. And, and, you know, like it, it is kind of like you kind of buy it. Mm-hmm. If you watched all 20 minutes, you probably wouldn't. Because of his career, like you're but inclined to be like, well, he got beat up for a living. I'm yeah. like, yeah, the knee thing, that was like six years ago. You're telling me that, like, I've got that. I don't even know which knee it is. I have to find the scar. You know, I've got this mm-hmm. wrist thing. I've got this. And, and they don't bother you. Like, they fix it. <laughs> you know, you're telling me that everything that's going wrong with you is like haunting you now. Still Did you hurting. Have me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, Stefan Bonner. A wreck, and it's yeah. sad to see. Looks and like it, he hasn't fought since 2014. So has it been that long? Yeah, okay. that was on his wiki. Yeah. Where? What organization was that? Bellator. 
It was Bellator. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm going off what I remember. Yeah, he fought his last UFC was 2012. Going off what you remember. <laughs> well, I, I just I closed, I closed the window out. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and so, I, I, mean, I, I think that I think UFC was saying. 2012, and like, I'm Bellator a huge was 2014. Fan from way oh, I'm back. a huge fan. I just I just go to my recent Googles. There he is, <laughs> Stefan Bonner. Uh, it's not Stephen. Or I guess no, Stefan. I'm Stephen. pretty sure. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, Anderson Silva Tito uh, fight? No, I haven't even seen highlights really. I know the result. Um Anderson Silva, that guy should have quit when he was ahead. He was like the most epic, best, like serpent kind of fighter. What, yes. 2012, 2013, around there? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I like what you're saying. Um he, he still guy. got it. He fucked Tito he, up. He fucked Tito up. It was, was it first it, round. Did you see the Yeah, ball? it's like first round, I think. Um, I watched the knockout. It's He's doing his thing. He's fucking dodging those big ass gloves, and Tito can't him, hit him. And he uh, he lays Tito out, and it was beautiful. Cause fuck Tito, right? Like Tito's a piece of shit. It He's, was it was it was really fun to watch. Why yeah. is Tito or a piece of shit? He's always been a piece of shit. But like the most recent thing he did was like he uh, he fought Chuck Liddell, you know, the Iceman, for the mm-hmm. third time in this bullshit promotion that's not the UFC. And uh, Chuck was clear. Chuck was clearly like out of it, and Tito went super hard in the paint and beat chuck up and chuck look you would do a better job at defending yourself against tito than chuck liddell could could do in that fight like, like clearly chuck is like incredibly diminished he's broken down physically and mentally he shouldn't be in there and uh, and tito showed no mercy and just beat him down ufc paid chuck liddell not to fight for a decade yeah. right chuck liddell he is the heart of a fighter even now he wants to fight he thinks he can win and the UFC kept him on the payroll as long as he didn't fight. Mm-hmm. Until they sold out, then the payroll ended, and now he's fighting. So. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's done horribly. Looks like up until 2006, incredible. Uh, you know, I guess. This CB. is Chuck Liddell? Yeah, Chuck Liddell, 20 yeah. and 3 up through 2006, and then it's just been losses since. And what, what, what you might not know about his record is. Uh, they wouldn't Tito Ortiz wouldn't give him a title shot. Tito was the champion and Chuck mm-hmm. was the challenger. And he just kept being like, dude, we're friends. I don't want to fight my friend. And Chuck is like, we are not friends. I am not, a, I'm not your friend. And I want to fight you and I want to take your title. So Chuck is the number one contender was clearing out like two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And F- Tito's fighting like eights now and then. So Chuck is like defending the belt. He doesn't have against the top guys until he finally got a chance to, fight tito and beat him and then beat him again yeah uh he was very impressive and i i just remember like he's clearly in line for a title fight he's taking a very hard fight when he could have waited for it and then he won that too and i really like watching him fight he knocked yeah. guys out yeah he was fun he, back in the day he would just storm them eat a couple punches on the way in and just knock them the fuck out he would fight with his arms down here this is tito's fighting stance right like, and i'm like why don't people just punch up the I don't know. I'm not He's like, like a rock'em sock'em robot. Like, he was just win. like, <laughs> yeah. We put holes in people. We put holes in people. <laughs> He's just coming like a cavity like creep. Like a cavity creep. Yeah. yeah. He didn't give a fuck. We make holes in teeth. <laughs> yeah. Chuck's a, a legend. I'm almost positive he's in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. bet on it. Um, but uh, but you know. Father time undefeated. That's what's is, up. Is there a little bit of a Babe Ruth thing with like someone like Chuck Liddell? Well, maybe Babe Ruth is yes. a bad example because I know where Kyle, you're headed on this. Kyle reaffirmed to me that like Babe Ruth genuinely was fucking incredible and would have been good in the modern day. But like 
you know, some all-star in 1909 in MLB. They're like, well, this guy revolutionized the, the, the ground ball or whatever the fuck. Like he was the first player to hold the bat. The right way. He was the wide side of the bat. They've been holding the back part of the bat. Everyone else had just been poking at it. Before 1917, they just poked at the ball like like billiards. Yeah, it was Johnny. It was Johnny the bat. McGovern Covey, and he's the first one to swing a baseball bat. I would argue that almost no champ from 2005 earlier could would even be top 10 right now. And, and that includes T um, I'm sorry. I meant to say Chuck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that exists, but like such a young sport that I, I think mm-hmm. even today, I feel like the sports under a period of rapid advancement for sure. And, uh, you know, People, it's like how, how hockey was in like 1930. They're like, this new guy figured out how to slap the puck. Some sort of <laughs> slap shot. That's literally what it was. And people like it didn't cross people's minds before that to, to try it. <laughs> I've had this thought. I'm not saying it would make hockey better because physical is fun mm-hmm. in hockey. But if they had a no check top league, if, if the NHL suddenly went no check, I would love to see how that game evolves because I think it would go lacrosse. I think guys would be picking up that puck at the blue line, doing weird shit with it all the way until they shoot it on goal. Probably it'd be a very high scoring league because without checking, a lot of defense falls apart. Uh, I wouldn't be as interested in that. I like the physicality. I like the hitting. What it would really be is more like international hockey, like Olympic hockey, where they play on the bigger ice surface. Uh, if you don't know, Kyle, the, the actual ice surface in the Olympics is, is much larger than in, in the NHL. That's why like a lot of European players are known for like, oh, that's Elias Magubenberg. He's <laughs> not very physical, but he has got great hands. And then they get their first year in the He's league. Fast. And it's like, it's like, welcome to Canada, retard. And they just. <laughs> <laughs> UFC has that, too. Like there's two different sizes of cage uh, and it's yeah. a big difference. Like, like it's a big difference. Like, like the small cage makes it hard not to engage with the other guy. And when I, the big cage allows for a lot of... Uh, I for the big cage. When I played ice hockey, I played in three men's leagues at the same time. One had a smaller-than-usual rink. One had, like, an NHL-sized mm-hmm. rink. It's, it's pretty common. And the other had an international-sized rink. Yeah. And the way that my game was, I, I was fast. That was, it was by far the best part of my game. Mm-hmm. If you got right on me and I had to, like, DQ or something... I like your odds, but um, if I could get a little skating room and I could get around you, then then that worked to my advantage. And uh, on the international ice, I was a good player on the regular ice eh, and on the small one, always freaking jammed up. Always, you know, yeah. the guy'd crunch me. The, the it, NCAA, like the, the rink I played at had the NCAA, the smaller one, the NHL oh. and the uh, international. And I'm playing goalie like it was a big difference. Like if I was playing on the international one, I'm like, it's going to be real fucking hard for them to create traffic in front with this amount of space. This is going to be way easier for me. Whereas with like NCAA, the really small one, it's like, fuck, they're going to be easy to cluster in front of the net. They're cutting off my angles. Hard to see. Maybe so it doesn't make a big I didn't difference. realize college played on a smaller rank. That's I could be wrong. That's what they called there. it at our rank. They called it the NCAA, the NHL mm. and the international or the Olympic. Oh, did they move the boards? Or were there three ranks? Like, three ranks, yeah. In the in same the, building? In the same building, yeah. It was a real big building. Yeah. Um, 
because ho- hockey culture is bigger than you would think in St. Louis because there's no basketball team and everybody plays hockey for the most part. Uh, Kyle, speaking of sports, your Georgia Bulldogs eked one out <laughs> against University of Alabama, Birmingham, 56 to seven. Yeah, it was very close. It Very was close. a close one, and Mizzou. By the, by the way, that seven they scored was a pick six. Okay, I, I wanted to be known that our defense did not give up any points this year. Yeah, your offense. This year. <laughs> your offense is really trying to fucking boost their numbers against UAB to get that average up, but your defense is solid. Mizzou, <laughs> on the other hand, lost to Kentucky, so our season is over. Yeah, it's dude. Over. Ours is too. <laughs> NC State lost a game. They had it like the little odds had them at like sixty six percent chance of winning and ninety nine percent next week. So I'm like, we're gonna start off three and zero. We're already ranked twenty seventh. Just someone in front of us will fall out of the rankings. Mm-hmm. We'll get a number next to our name, like a big boy. And uh, I'm totally psyched. At what happens? We lose the game. We lose our best player, and we lose another returning starter out for the season on injuries. Our season's over. That's so incredible. I'm rooting for the Georgia Bulldogs. Fuck yeah, <laughs> man. It. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. <clears throat> we're gonna we're definitely look. I, no, I roll roll tide. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I, a huge I, Alabama fan. I love fucking the all the players. Like all, all of them. <laughs> all, all the players. The big ones, the small and, ones, and their coach, the and their coach, the Mr. Ones, tide. Bro. He's really good. Yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Tide. Jeremy Ty is he coaches Alabama? No, Nick Saban. That is his name. Dude, yeah. um, no, I'm rooting for Georgia too. I, I want someone from the SEC to bring it home. And if Mizzou sucks ass again, may as well be Georgia. Be like, it's a weird position to be in where, where you're like, all right, we're the second best country, best team in the country, according to the polls. Anyway, mm-hmm. who's the first best? Oh, those guys who are right next door to you. They're right next door. They're literally like. A quick drop, like they're so. Uh, I think it's the Gators as your closest team. Am I wrong? Oh yeah, yeah. Does, uh, well, we play that game in Jacksonville, but I don't know. But their school is a little bit further south. I don't remember exactly where the Florida Gators school is, but we're touching nonetheless. Like, like they're really mm. close, and and it's Athens, Georgia, is where the Bulldogs play out of. So I don't know geographically who's closer. Okay. Between uh between where does I, I think uh University of Alabama plays out of Tuscaloosa. Uh, I could be wrong about that, though. Um, I don't know. That, that's what's popping into my head. But in any case, it's rivals. it's it's like Jesus Christ, like the the best team in the country, perennially. perennially oh, I always struggle with that one. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Perennially, there, there we go. go. Yeah. Perennially uh, is is right fucking next door. Like they're the best team every goddamn year. Like why can't we have a year where it's like ah the recruiting class re- recruiting class for Alabama sucked this year. Georgia got all the five stars. Everybody <laughs> from California even came out, you know, like it's like you at your gym just being like just mogging on everyone and then like you see fucking Chris Thor Bjornsson come in okay. and be like, this is your first day lifting weight. <laughs> 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 sir, sir, you forget to put weight on bar. <laughs> no, it's it's an overhead press, 155. Yes, <laughs> but what, what about the workout? <laughs> How do you oh, one hand. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you one-handed overhead press. I see. I see. Yes, let me get in. Let's spot me. <laughs> I don't know how to spot you. <laughs> You're just gonna because right now, sir, the bar's nine and a half feet in the air. <laughs> He's twirling it like a fucking like a fucking. There's curator. ropes on it like a Macy's Day parade balloon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it awesome. fucking feels like. It's like, goddamn, we got a good team. I really. 
really hope we beat them, but but like I'm tempering expectations. Um, like I said, Not like me. I, I'm all on board. I might buy a jersey. I might go full Myers and get a Georgia Bulldog jersey. I, if I were like Kyle, I'd buy an Alabama jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it, we found out that state Do it. they weren't doing well. And I told this guy, he's an App State fan. App State has very passionate fans and a team that's better than you'd guess. Like they were 1A not long ago, and now they're like 30th in the country. But I think they're in the Sun Belt Conference. Like they're just better than you'd guess, but not a major team. And he pulls for them. He pulled for them when they were nobodies, and now they're on the doorstep of being someone. And uh, I'm like, yeah, State lost its players. I think I'm going Georgia this year. And he hates it. He hates it. He thinks it's a lazy pick. But I went from the, uh, you know what? I'm not a Church of Kyle member, but I do respect some of their values. It's, yeah. it's not even yeah. a lazy pick. I grew up. I grew up thirty-five minutes. Good pick. <laughs> I grew up thirty-five minutes away from uh, from from Athens. You know, always been a Georgia fan. Always hated those Georgia Tech guys. Um, and it's just like this might be our fucking year. Finally, this might fucking be our year. If it, it, it like like I think we can get through the field. I think we can go unbeaten. Like like Florida's going to be a, a a hard a hard win. They're top ten, but I think we can beat Florida. If we beat Florida. Like, like we're definitely going to the SEC championship. I'll, even if we lose to Florida, we might be going to the SEC championship. Probably are. Why do you dislike Georgia Tech? They don't seem to be very good. Oh, uh, it's an in-state rivalry thing uh, where they think oh, they're better than sense. us. They're, they're 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 the the Georgia fans are the are the hillbillies and the Tech fans are the are the uh, classy fans. Oh, well, then I, I love I, Georgia too. I, yeah, I, I'm the hillbilly hillbillies. school here in North Carolina, and yeah. they they call it Moo U. It's not nice. <laughs> you I mean, know, if you guys... it's, it's Atlanta versus Athens. Hmm. I feel like isn't Auburn usually rated way higher than twenty two? They must not be doing well. They come and go. They had a they had a. I want to say last year we might have even lost them last year. I don't remember. Um, they had a good team last year. Um, I feel like because I paid a UNC tuition, it gave me the right to root for them too. Sure. Sure, <laughs> that, that, should, that should count. They should give you a jersey. You pay for a fucking ride up the uh, uh, through that school, uh, right? I, I, they should they should hook you up with a jersey or, or something, a hat at least. <laughs> yeah, <Jesus Christ>. they <laughs> should. <laughs> <laughs> ain't free. Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I, I got I, I I ride I ride high on it up until the point we lose, and then I'm just like, I, I can't look anymore. Care. But you can lose now. I feel like you could you could meet Bama in the play in the the conference championship lose yeah. and make the playoffs. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe there's like seven under. If we lose to Bama, then that's kind of it. It's kind of it. Like, like, like it, it we end up, it, it has happened a couple times. We go to the sec championship, you know, and then we lose to Alabama and then that's pretty, but it's not your first loss. What do you mean? If if you're undefeated yeah. until that last game, and now you're sitting at like twelve and one, I don't think they're gonna pick three teams in front of you. If you're Maybe only not. losses to Bama, who I'm who I'm making undefeated at this point, like good bet. Yeah, so good bet. Uh, they're just so fucking good. Like when you look at the depth that they have at any given position, it's like it's like, like look at running. I mean, Georgia has so many good running backs. Like like they they, they wheeled them all out in the last game. They're like, oh yeah, and here's a uh, Matrice Magumbo. Wait, isn't this your eighth running back of the game? Yeah, he's one of the best in the country, though. You have it, it, it's it, each one is better than the last. It's 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 incredible the recruit the recruiting classes that they have in Georgia, but still Alabama is just better. 
they're almost always better. You, we've got to get lucky to beat them. The a guy I went to high school with played for Nebraska in their prime. I think he yeah. won two championships while Holy he was shit. there. And he never started. But he played like five or seven years in the NFL. So that's, that's what their second string was like. That exactly. Um I've heard people talk about whether or not um Alabama could play against an NFL team, like a bad NFL team. Like if you took like the worst team in the NFL and played them against Alabama. I've always heard that Alabama would get destroyed, but it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be really cool to watch. I'd like to see it. I do think they get destroyed, though. Like, yeah, you figure every single player in the NFL, like, better yet, how many players on Alabama's roster will make the NFL? It's a shorter list than all. Right, like 12? You know, like, so like this year it's going to be five, but if you take all the years, it's going to be like 17. I don't even know. I don't know. And uh, so it's a, it's, a, you know, whatever, 20% of the players. Yeah. 30%. It's also the, the same thing with UFC, right? Like I'd love to see Amanda Nunez fight an untrained man. And then like, depending on how that went, maybe a slightly trained man. And then just keep stepping it up until we got a good fight. <laughs> yeah. Nunez has to be on steroids. She might she be. just she's strong. She's so strong. That Chinese chick too. That Ch- Weiling yes. or whatever. Like like mm-hmm. like she she doesn't look legit. Um, there's a lot of Rose does. Rose looks so legit. Like if you saw Rose like in a bar or something, you'd be like, oh look at that skinny bitch. Yeah. She, why don't she grow her hair out? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Is she still doing shaved head? Oh yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't. I guess it makes sense if you're a fighter, lose a little bit of I weight, saw this- look tough. I don't know why I thought of this. I guess we're talking about tough chicks in bars, but uh, I saw this video on Reddit today. Like this chick comes into a bar and she sees her husband cheating on her. He's like cuddled up with some chick at the bar. Her opening move is to walk up to him and fucking throw a headbutt. She headbutts him in the nose, blows his nose up, blood everywhere, and then she starts throwing bombs. <laughs> and he's just eating them. She is this hits, a real clip? Yeah, she hits him. Like, like the headbutt is like perfect. Like I've never seen a woman headbutt a man. She fucking bombs him with his headbutt, nose just bleeding everywhere, and she just fucking she. At one point, she throws so hard she falls on her ass, but gets right back up and throws another. She 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 and she's throwing like a man, like like she's throwing like an athlete. She's hitting him so hard. Her boyfriend was cheating on her. Yeah, husband boyfriend. Reddit video. So there's this woman. She's sitting in front of her computer on a webcam at a job interview, and then another woman, her sister, grabs her by the hair, throws her fucking down, and then starts ground and pounding the fuck out of her. Bam, bam, bam. Her sister beats because. The job interviewee fucked the sister's husband. And <laughs> the sister is enraged and she really just beats the fuck out of her. I saw it. And the clip ends. But I choose to believe the next move was she got back in the chair and they said, So tell me about a time you handled a difficult situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that time just now? When my sister broke my nose in front of you. That and I feel like just, right just right continuing now. the time of your shows that I'm the kind of employee that, oh God, it hurts. I know we're a family here. <laughs> she literally goes, don't you ever talk to me again. She's got a real strong like Southern act. Don't you ever talk to me again. 
Like she just she beat the shit out of her right in front of like, and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? Stop! I love when somebody's getting beaten the sh- the, the shit beaten out of them, and everybody's like, stop, stop! There's always you a, don't you know. know. Here in every fight video, there's a woman going, stop it, stop it! Like I wish I wish the two combatants would stop and get her. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> joined forces. You know what? We will stop. Woman. We're both very annoyed with your high-pitched squeals, <laughs> though. So you're going down now. Hold her, you, Billy. Do you guys remember that show, Bully Beatdown, on MTV, yeah. like, fucking 15, 18 years ago? Yeah. Uh, it. There was one episode where, like, the bully wasn't just some, like, know-nothing idiot, like, big guy. And, like, he was huge. But he went in there and, like, actively, if I recall correctly, bullied the fighter. And he was did. like, I thought you are supposed to be the pro. Aren't you the pro? And he's just so much bigger than the guy. And like the guy who's being bullied by that guy has to be like, oh, he's going to be so mad. <laughs> he beat up the fighter and he's coming for me next. <laughs> Dude, yeah, oh, that, that would actually be bad. <laughs> yeah. The, the why, why couldn't you pick a heavyweight to do this? <laughs> why isn't Chuck Liddell here? I mean, I, I I have nothing but respect for Mighty Mouse, but unless you have three of them, <laughs> let's, let's pick somebody larger. Have you guys seen that whole TikTok trend of like kids destroying their like high school bathrooms? No, oh, but I lived through I, it. Yeah. I saw that it was a trend, but I didn't understand that. Yeah, like, like they just go generation there, yeah. of poop bandits. Awesome. No, they go in there no. and like fucking rip the place apart. Like they, they like kick the stalls all the way down. <laughs> like, like like not just the door. They like kick the walls down. Like, they like fucking rip the soap dispensers off the wall. So now like these kids are showing like what their high school bathrooms look like now on Reddit. And it's like they've taken their soap away. Because <laughs> <laughs> fucking psychos keep TikToking destroying bathrooms. No, I don't like that. I don't want to go into a bathroom and be forced to like shit in public like I'm in a Pakistani prison. Like I, 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 oh. I still want my walls there. <laughs> my high school didn't have doors on every stall. And the gym had no what? doors. Yeah. And it That's was just bizarre. I, I don't know why. In some ways, the school was really wealthy. Like I've explained this before. It went by real estate taxes. We didn't have many people living there, and then the shore homes are expensive. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, not every stall had doors, and it, I, I just felt like like I, I I can't prove it. I know the girls had doors. I just fucking know it. Their showers had doors, and we just had fucking nozzles in a like the prison was better. That that's like, how our high school was. We had nozzles. The girls had stalls. In the shower, yeah. at least. We yeah. had stalls in our back. How big was your high school? A pretty big school? Uh, so four years combined for like 1,300 kids. Okay. Not a, not a huge school, but uh, enough to afford bathroom doors. I, I, I just felt like it wasn't a money thing. Like they decided it was better that way or something. Like I, I can't explain it. I hated it. We our, had doors. Duh. La di da, flexing on our door. Yeah, we we had doors, dude. Yeah. There was a I I've mentioned it before, like my meat gazing gym coach from high school. Yeah, where like we'd all get out of the showers and he would just stand there and like look at us in the hallway and be like, "Boys, class is starting soon. Get dressed." And he's just looking at everyone's dicks. And like at the time, I remember he like was affiliated with the basketball team, and I remember I was in the hockey team and I was good friends with a lot of guys on the basketball team we'd sit and eat lunch together and i'm like dude coach smith is a fucking weirdo he is a fucking weirdo and they'd be like no i mean 
he's kind of weird, but like he's just, you know, he's just a little odd. And I'm like, he watches me dry off every day. <laughs> every he watches day. you dry off. I feel like that makes him not a pedo. He's chosen the manliest child there. Yeah. I mean, to the just like that to I was... make sure you're dry, Taylor. That's the problem. <laughs> you, know, you put your clothes on wet, you're going to be all chafed up, right? If you watch chafed his... up. Maybe you get mildew in your shirt. <laughs> you want mildew go walking around stinking, Taylor? Coach is looking out for you. Stop Thank being a little Coach was there. <laughs> watching teenage Taylor is gay. Watching teenage Woody is pedo. Yeah. That's... And I mean, I don't want to pretend that I was the only pre- person being scoped out. All of us were. He would stand there. It was a shower here. You left the shower and there was a corridor with the hanging towels. And he would stand at the end of the corridor and look over. And I knew it was weird. Everyone knew it was weird because there was another coach, the football coach, who when he came in like post-practice, he would be like eyes glued to the ground. Like, guys, we have another practice Wednesday uh, during school. We're doing this, that and the other thing. Bring this. Uh, Goodbye. And that's how he handled it. That's how he handled it, like a real adult. And this yeah. other guy would come in and just stare. And for years, don't you think locking one, eye contact is the thing? Just like straight up, never stroking. Your, no, it was, it was angrily. It was, it was cock contact. He would just stare at your dick. While no, no. The what? It, hypothetically, you're a coach in that situation. I think I look at players' eyes and make it very clear that I'm looking at eyes. I'm up he here. would. He would either. He would either come in and be looking mm. like right at his clipboard, like so and so, so and so, so and so. Be ready for this, or like he would that. come in and do the Kyle thing and just kind of look at the ceiling. But this other guy, and I remember all throughout high school, for some reason the basketball guys would be like, "He's not that weird. He's not that weird." Fast forward to fucking ten years after we graduate high school, and this same dude gets in trouble for like a sex crime. And I'm like, I, I knew it. I told you. And still one friend in particular of mine who played basketball, he's like, he's not that he, he didn't do that stuff until like after we left. Wow. <laughs> like, and it's like, that is not true. And I know, I don't think he raped you, but you I'm know, you're, you're, in his head, he might be like, we both wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I this guy was a fucking you, ghoul. But- S my D just to see how practiced you are. Oh, <laughs> and, and do you know? And, and this ties into what how we're are you going to tell on. Kyle? What's your method? Well, we uh, were saying. You remember, the, the, <laughs> remember the religious shit we were saying with Joshua earlier? Yeah. This dude, this coach who committed a sex crime, uh, and was fucking creepy with all of us. He was the guy at the front of the auditorium every week when we had our fucking sing along praise. He had his hands up. He was fist pumping for God, imagining they were little boys assholes, and <laughs> that was he was that guy. He was that fucking dude raising his hands singing so everyone could see how religious he was at the front of the room. Meanwhile, he's a fucking borderline pedo, if if not full on pedo. So there, there's yeah, something you What's the word for a pedo that likes teenagers? Uh, refined. Cool guy. Refined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think it's like a heebie-jeebie file. Something. Heebie. You call that guy a Twitch streamer. <laughs> you call him a Discord admin. Ephobilia? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this word. Ephobilia oh, would be my guess. Oh, that didn't really roll off the tongue. Ephobilia? Ephib- no wonder that didn't catch on. That's way worse than pedophile. Yeah, come up with something <laughs> a little slicker than that. Ephobophile? Yeah, that's never catching on. No. <laughs> I like Discord admin better. Yeah, Discord admin. <laughs> Uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, wait, odd people on Discord <laughs> running communities. 
you see about it in the news all the time where it's like this discord group with 3000 members surrounding Minecraft mods actually run by a cabal of pedophiles oh, asking shit. for feet pics because you know, I give you a diamond sword and you show me your feet. That same yeah. we've, we've talked. We've, the, <laughs> we've, you know, we've admins talked can it. just type that in and get them. Oh, well, I don't know, but, uh, like, uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, who was it? Fuck. Uh, it wasn't the yeah yeah. It was the feet pick guy. There's a guy named I think his name's Dan Schneider, and he was like a Nickelodeon producer kind of guy, and he did that show iCarly which is yeah, very popular yeah. back in the day. It was past any of our times, so I'm, I'm sure none of us have seen it. They just remade it, I think. I've seen the memes and like the the, the Photoshop, or not Photoshop, the, uh, the, the screen caps. And basically, Lots this guy, Dan Schneider, I saw tons of examples of feet shit in the show where it'd be like, oh, this young girl needs to like cover her feet in ketchup. Ha, ha, ha. And then hmm. at one point, this dude tweeted out, like, if you're an iCarly fan, write something on the bottom of your feet and send me a photo of it. And so there's like a bunch of 10, 11, 12-year-old girls sending this dude tweets. Yeah. Like something. Dude had on the it bottom. figured out. He like, was the Tarantino of tweens. Like absolutely ghoulish. How many? Like yeah, this guy. Carly tickles Sam very unusual toes. If you have a moment, will you please name Sam's toes for? And Sam is a girl character in that show. How oh, many yeah. like coworkers did he have that just knew it and let it go? Apparently, you know what I'm all saying? Of like Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like because like Harley, Harvey Weinstein, um, Matt Lauer, I guess was a widely mm -hmm. known dog. Um, Bill Cosby was like people. Bill Cosby's getting a new TV show, you know. Really? Damn, I'm, I'm looking psyched. for the pun. <laughs> no pun. Head. No pun. It's happening. I'm psyched. Yeah. Oh, just let's circle back to that. <laughs> anyway, I just feel like this guy, Dan Schneider, a lot of people knew about his thing with kids' feet and were just mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't want the show canceled. Dude, Tarantino's, um, like like we all know about Tarantino's foot fetish, right? Yeah, like you guys it makes know, it right? pretty obvious. Like in every movie, he's got like his female characters like barefooted with their feet. Like, like even in like... um. Uh, um, what's the recent one with the Manson murderers? Um, with that that had um, I don't recall the Leonardo DiCaprio and and every and oh, Brad Pitt and uh, and everybody in. Um, anyway, like, like he's got he's got God, I can't believe I'm spacing out on her name too. It's uh, the chick who plays um, Harley Quinn. Anyway, like like I she's forget. she's got her bare feet like up on the movie seats. Like there's no reason for that. And they're dirty. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, 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 and then I go back to Kill Bill, where he's got Uma Thurman, who has very big feet, by the way, which he must be into, which is why he's cast her so many times. Like Uma Thurman has really big feet. Like, like she's she's got the whole mm -hmm. scene where she's paralyzed and she's like, wiggle your big toe. So there's this whole scene built yeah. around close-ups of her feet and her toes wiggling. And then there's that scene later on where like she plucks out. The other chick's eye and then squishes it with her foot, and there's this close up of her toe squishing the eyeball. That one is weird. I can I can even give him the whole like they're paralyzed, wiggle your toe because that's what you're supposed to do. But the yeah, the stomping, the what was what was it in uh something dead, dead after tomorrow, so, some fucking uh, where it becomes a zombie movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the Grindhouse thing with Robert Rodriguez. He it, it was a yeah. it was a it was a double feature. Um, <laughs> yeah, like. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's, that's not what he's talking about. From dawn till daylight, maybe. From dawn till dusk, maybe I'm. I'm oh, from dawn till dusk. With, yeah, I, yeah, I with, think that from dawn till dusk has a scene like in that bar where like some lady's just like putting her feet on some guy for no reason. 
I think like a what happening way. Actually, or maybe I'm I, I wrong about this. Movies. I, I want to say it's um who's the beautiful um Mexican actress um Selma Hayek perhaps. Selma Hayek. I want to say maybe there's a scene, you know, Selma Hayek comes out, she's dancing with the big snake, right? Yeah. And I think that she puts her foot in Quentin Tarantino's mouth and yes. pours like beer or liquor down her leg while he drinks it. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly the scene I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> that is so shoehorned into that movie. Everybody pay attention. So like this scene, it's very it's it's integral. It's integral. <laughs> all right. Selma, you're gonna put your big toe in my mouth. All right, let's just do it right now after like like practice. All right. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm, he's the director. Like he's gonna be like, real. cut again. Yeah, yeah, like like over. Cut. And no, let's leave it in there. No, let's leave it in there. Yeah, let it folk. He just shakes her toes out. There's no more polish on him. <laughs> I looked up Cosby's TV show. A little disappointing. Uh, his spokesman says he's on the phone working on a number of projects. That's not quite like. It's that's happening. what he calls victims. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was I was really hopeful that something was coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what I read was he was getting a new TV show. I hope it's true. I hope well, it happens. Maybe you're a better source than me. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I just I think I read a Reddit. What's article. the new I, show? Like, what would it I, be I don't know. I just I, I literally just read like Bill Cosby's getting a new show coming this fall or some shit like that. I didn't look any deeper. It's, like the headline alone. I can't imagine looking so from a new show. If you're operating from a place of morality, it's crazy. If you're operating from a place of profit, he has interest, right? They're like I think everyone wants to see what he's going to do next. Not. I'm curious. I want to see it. I want to. I don't care what Bill Cosby does next. He can mm -hmm. do comedy. He can do celebrity boxing. He Ooh. can do a, a show. I want to see it. Him versus Harvey. That'd be good. Except uh, Harvey's, Harvey's definitely going to win that one because Harvey yeah. surprised good Bill Cosby man. match. Chuck Liddell. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> equally blind. <laughs> equally senile. It's. Who? I mean, they'll they'll walk away from uh, from profitable things if they you know don't want it like the remember the roseanne thing roseanne like came back and was huge it was making money hand over fist and they ended yeah. that so i can't imagine them doing uh true even cosby true. a show well that's the first i've heard it of. depends who like uh i don't know who canceled roseanne but it was someone on like the nbc level i gotta believe like there's some network out there that'll do a Cosby show. I don't know who it is, sci-fi or like Spike TV. Spike has a better <laughs> example. Yeah. yeah. Someone out there he'll try it. Sci-fi. A world where I never raped anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how to do Bill Cosby anymore. Fuck. I never could do him. That's not even fair. But you know, there's the thing about raping certain people that is frowned upon, but if you make a good show, you can rape whoever you want. And then <laughs> you can get out of prison on the technicality. Not even close. Not even oh, close. I I have a topic, but I just know Kyle would enjoy it. Let me find oh, here he one. is. Here are the shadow approaches of Kyle. Oh. Kyle, do you know who Michael K. Williams is? Did I get him? Did I go too soon? Uh, Michael, Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. You I definitely don't know, know him. either. Yeah, and I know the name. I can't. Th can't picture he him. He played but... Omar in The Wire. Got him. Got him. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And uh, do you know how he got that scar? No. <laughs> so, let's see. He went outside to get some air during a popping party at a bar in Queens. 
I saw that two of my friends were being surrounded by some dudes who I didn't know. And it looked like they were going to get jumped. I said, yo, I'm ready to leave. Let's go back. I'm ready to go back home now. But Williams said that one dude kept pacing behind me. He kept like, you know, sucking his teeth. And I'm looking. I'm like, yo, so what's up, dude? Yo, bro, what's your problem? The dude wiped his hand across his mouth and just what I thought I appeared to be smacked me. But what he did is he spit a razor. He was positioning the razor in his mouth that sucking his teeth to get it between his middle finger and his ring finger. And then he just went and swiped my face and he cut my face. It was actually the first hit of the fight. So we managed to escape with our lives barely. But William survived the attack, and the gash from the razor blade created a distinctive scar that ran from the center of his forehead across the bridge of his nose to his right cheek. At the time, he was working as a dancer in music videos for stars like Madonna and George Michael, and the incident left him marked for life. It also got him noticed by directors with whom he was working. Things changed immediately after that. Directors didn't just want me to dance in videos anymore. They wanted me to act out these thug roles, like Mike. Roll these, roll these dice in this video. Have this fight in this video. I'm like, all right. <laughs> a short time later, Tupac Shakur was filming the movie Bullet. Happened to see a Polaroid picture of me. And was like, yo, this dude looks thugged out enough to play my little brother. And he led to a role in Law and Order, The Sopranos, and The Wire. So I just thought it was interesting. Oh, thank you, Zach. That's perfect. Um, that's how he got the scar. Did he just die? I forget why I was. He just died. Drug yeah. overdose. Oh, really? That yeah. sucks. I, I figured he had one of those early heart attacks, but uh, I don't yeah. know much about him. As I, I mean, I, I only watched him in Sopranos for that one episode he's in, and obviously, like as Omar Little in The Wire, you know, man's got to have a code. I'm more into his early dance stuff. I'm a real fan. Big fan of his dance stuff, of course. <laughs> of course, you know, I know all his moves. Uh, but, but he's just so fucking good in The Wire. Anybody out there who's never seen The Wire, like. And that was a good time, right? Omar just passed. Like, like, little tribute to Omar. Check, check the show out. It's so fucking good. Same uh, goes for for Norm Macdonald's comedy. If you're not familiar with Norm Macdonald's comedy, go check that out. Tons of new clips are being uploaded. Uh, Chiz was pointing out they the just uploaded his moth, his moth joke uh, from uh, from um, Conan O'Brien that yeah. episode. It's 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 you're either gonna like it or you're not. And uh, I loved it. it. It's it's fucking hilarious. It's it's like. The whole, it, you know, it's it's classic Norm. It's it's really funny shit. But but yeah, yeah I, I loved Omar. His character was the best character in The Wire, in my opinion. Like like, he was just, he's a gay gangster, right? And it's like those things oh, seem I like they butt heads. Forgot he was gay mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah, you know, like like he's a gay gangster, and he's not just a gangster. He's the gangster who robs other gangsters. Like like he's like the alpha white he's shark. So fearless. That's what attracts you to him. Like that that. The main gangsters are Baker and someone else. Maybe you can help me. Oh, Barksdale. Uh, yeah. Barksdale crew. Yeah, yeah. Barksdale, and I think Baker's the other one. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not. All right, I made a mistake. Anyway. Stringer. Um, Stringer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bell. So Omar, though, is the only per- Like, even the cops are afraid of Barksdale and Stringer to some extent. Like, at least they respect him and they have. A- Omar will, str- like, He'll walk into a one v three and like his odds. He's a, a different breed and win. And he's he, he's great. He's fucking great. You know, like <clears throat> he he he's one of the best characters ever put on film. He's really funny. He's got lots of great lines. Like like I remember there's one episode where he just like wakes up 
and there's either no cereal or no milk. And so like, <laughs> he's like walking in his robe and nothing else to like the store to get like some, some fucking Captain Crunch or something. And like some drug dealers see him and they just drop a big bag of crack. They're like, Omar's here. Fuck, take the crack, Omar. And he's just like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> he's just like, 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 he was just trying to get cereal, but he's so scary that they see him and they're just like giving it up. They're just like, yeah, take it, take it. He, he'd roll around with that double barrel shotgun. It's interesting. I don't know if real, I've, I've never been in real gunfights or even like real fight fights outside of school. But uh, like, what makes a tough guy in the movies? They will make you think that a morbidly obese Italian mobster can beat people up. Why? Because he's extra aggressive, right? And who's um who's the short guy who plays a lot of gangsters? Uh, yeah, it is my cousin Vinny. Yeah, and um, is that that's right? Right, we're the same guy, Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they will make you think that Joe Pesci can beat up 95% of the population only because of his superior aggression. You know, like, what you could never stand a chance against Joe Pesci. He'll stab you in the eye with a pen before you know what's going on. And it's like, maybe they're right. I don't even know. They, I mean, to be fair. I mean, he's in his okay. 70s. It, to, well, <laughs> okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> to be, we're talking about that scene in Casino, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where his opening move is literally to start stabbing the guy in the face with a pin. And, and, and he's just like, oh, what happened? There was a there was a big, strong man here a minute ago. Now here's like, a little girl. <laughs> you a little girl in here? Is yeah. there a little girl in here crying? That's, that's <laughs> one of the scenes I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Or, or we could go, um, I think it's a Bronx tale. It's not Joe Pesci, but there's a morbidly obese Italian guy. And they shut the door, and he's literally belly bopping people as one of his offensive <laughs> moves. That was a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> And like, well, how to win a Hollywood fight and how to win a wheel fight are not the same thing, but it does make mm-hmm. me wonder if a guy is that aggressive, right? If his opening move is bat to the head, pen to the eye, like, does that get you far? Maybe it does. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. Like if you're, I, I if your opening move is to stab someone in the neck with a pen, <laughs> you're, you're going to win every fight because all it takes is them to turn away for it's a like second that. and then you it's stab like them in the neck with a pen. Out of all the players we faced, the one we feared the most was the gun. (laughs) (laughs) The gun. (laughs) He had a hell of an arm, but he also had a gun. (laughs) He made a rule against bringing guns into football games. But he was Stay the hell away from me, house. I'll suck, gun you down. <laughs> was, like, was all the, the defensemen are just like doing this around him, like putties from Power Rangers. Who like the oh. SNL thing I've ever seen? I'd never seen that until you showed me. And it's like, well, you know. And then there's like the old men getting interviewed. Like, you know, he was an incredible player. You can't take it away from him. But we'll put him over the edge. It was the gun. <laughs> Nobody else would go to tackle other players, and they didn't have a gun, and so it was much easier. <laughs> This guy, you can try to take him from behind. He's got a gun. Like, <laughs> if, if like it was a football innovation. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody's listening has never seen this shit, just like get on YouTube and search SNL The Gun and like watch. It's a, it's a Steve Martin sketch. Everyone else was from- kicking themselves for not thinking, why didn't I bring a gun? <laughs> <laughs> and they do such a good job because it does remind you of those like, those old ESPN things where they got the old guys from the stone age of football with the leather helmets and stuff. Like they're all, they got the aged makeup. I'm like, 
yeah, back in my day, there was one player everyone feared. It was the gun. <laughs> the hammer. Pardon? The hammer. No. All right. Fred Williams played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not sure about this. I think he's part of the Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. And they called him the hammer because he wrapped up his forearm with tape to make it fucking hard like a boxer's knuckles. Mm -hmm. And he would hit people with it. <laughs> At least he didn't have an actual hammer. I, mean, I, I didn't know where this was going. Everyone feared the hammer. Because <laughs> he had a ball-peened hammer. And he just... Let's see. Once in a while, he'd bring a claw. <laughs> During training camp, he was switched to defense. His attitude switched over and prompted him to play the position with too much aggression. And the coach of the 49ers asked him to quit hammering his players. <laughs> and the hammer stuck and became his nickname. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to hammer him some more. How about that? <laughs> yeah, That's so the coolest way to get like in sports annals of history. Is someone <laughs> who just thought of the meanest way to play. <laughs> like literally like what the the 74 flyers he where they figured out like to deliver karate style blows to the heads of opposing <laughs> players especially wide receivers <laughs> he's judo During super bowl guy. one he garnered national headlines by boasting that he would knock out both the green bay packers starting <laughs> receivers <laughs> Dude, that guy rules two hammers to boyd and one to carol <laughs> Man, uh, he has high respect for Boyd. Two hammers. <laughs> the guy, like, if you read that in the paper and you're about to play on the next day, you're just like, you know, I mean, he's got a point. Like, he's, I don't think I can take more than two. <laughs> Dude, like the 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 ultimate like team version of that is the '70s Flyers, where they were like, ah, you know, the thing about hockey is you're supposed to have a bunch of skilled players, but what? What if we just get a bunch of fighters and like three really good players and the fighters just pass it to the good player and then they pick the next best player on the opposing team and you force them into a fight. And if they don't want to fight, you fight them anyway. And then they're just going to lose even harder. Take their bucket off, slam their head on the ice. Like that was when the Russian team refused to play them. That, that is such a funny story because... Like, generally, you think, like, Russians, super fucking tough. They're way tougher than Canadians and Americans. They're just, you know, they're in Siberia. They're tough as shit. But in hockey, it's actually the opposite. Like, the European, like, even Russian players, they're more finesse. They're more skilled. They're very, very good. But back in the 70s, the Russian team shows up, and they are not prepared for the Flyers. The but Flyers wait, You left it out. Them. Didn't they yeah. beat, like, 28 NHL teams first? They probably weren't even 28. But they beat all the NHL teams first. They, they beat at least a couple first, I think, because those teams tried to be like, we can out-hockey them. And then the Russian team was like, get fucked, idiot. You're not going to out-hockey Russia in the 70s. <laughs> and then Philly just decided, like, we're going to make them wish they didn't come to Philadelphia. And they did literally winning by forfeit like the Russian team <laughs> and the Russian coach. I think it was the Russian coach, not the team. The coach was like, I'm not going to risk all my high tier players to this bullshit. <laughs> I'm not doing it. That guy, he hasn't touched the puck all night and there's blood all over his stick. As <laughs> <laughs> if I guess, a, I feel like I should be a Hurricanes fan first because I like it when the home team has home ice advantage. But I can't let go of the Flyers, and that is such a proud thing for me that 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 it's they cool. beat yeah. the fuck out of the Russians in during the Cold War. It was 1976. <laughs> they, they, the Russians were kind of having their way with the NHL teams until they met the Flyers, and they 
just beat them into submission. It, yeah. It's Their coaches beautiful. were literally like, this isn't even hockey. Yes, like, that's a real quote yeah. that they said. Yeah. <laughs> they did. This isn't even hockey. They, they tried to stab me with blade. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Ty Cop that's into that, that that idea of like players who just like come up with a dirty way to play because there's no rules against it. And just I'm not even baseball. familiar with his yeah. legacy. So what, Ty Cobb uh, from my hometown, um, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Did he, he play 400? Is that? I don't remember that? his records. Uh, he had okay. a ton of hits. I do remember that. Um, I don't remember his uh, his specific records. Oh fuck, he, he's way older. Than, born in eighteen eighty six. He played from nineteen oh five to like nineteen twenty eight or something like that. Like like uh, he played for like the Royals and the Tigers, I believe. Like those are the teams that pop into my head. Um, he played in a time where it was a bit of a gentleman's game, and everybody was uh, kind of lollygagging. Okay, nobody was taking the game too seriously because it was a game and we were not making millions of dollars and we're not on TV. We're just playing for those guys and the fans and to make enough money to buy some hot dogs tonight. Right. Yeah. But he was the kind of person who didn't think like that. He liked to win. So he was playing at an intensity level that you might see today or maybe not. Maybe even more intense. He would sharpen his cleats until (laughs) they were weapons. And when he slid into bases, he would slide like a fucking drop kick. He would kick people in the shins and in the stomach and the chest with sharpened steel cleats. And if you wanted to tag him out, just know it's coming. Just know it's coming. Uh, he was kind wild. of his, his batting style was like um, he would like he was a really good hitter in the fact that he would he, he would drop in these little hits over the defenseman's heads. Like like he was he what he wasn't crushing home runs. He was uh, he was hitting singles and doubles, uh, you know, over the over point three six six batting average is ridiculously good, right? It's an incredibly high average. Yeah, that's was that wow. career? That's his career is point three six six batting average. Yeah, that's got to be like top top twenty five of all time. I'm sure. Damn, that's really important. Yeah, your cleats. That's hilarious, dude. If you want to watch a fun movie, um, Tommy Lee Jones played him in the movie. And uh, they they uh, it, it's pretty fucking good. It, it takes place when Tommy Lee Jones is uh, where, where they like start out with him as like an old man, and they de-age Tommy Lee Jones and age Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones enough to like make it like do flashbacks for like when he was playing ball. One of the most interesting incidences, and um, I mostly know this from the film, but Ty Cobb caught a man trying to pickpocket him once on the street, Clean. and Ty Cobb pulled out his pistol and beat the man to death. <laughs> dude ty, ty cobb is awesome <laughs> what a so cool like, guy so like from my hometown which is royston that's that's where i like was born actually like like i grew up mostly in livonia but my 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 early years were in royston that's where my family's from originally uh they're right next to each other but they, they, they touch um and it's the same county but uh we have the ty cobb museum they have like paintings of Ty Cobb on like mm-hmm. like local businesses and stuff. He's on there's a water tower with a big painting of him and everything. But yeah, one of the few ball players that you can be a fan of who also killed a man. Um, Ty Cobb is one 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 heck of a ball player. Pistol whipped that, him to death. I, I just four hundred three times. Holy shit! Yeah, he, uh, Taylor said he averaged three sixty six for his career. Yeah, that's what and it that's says, a, and that seems <clears throat> fucking absurd. He played for twenty three years. Well, he was batting against plumbers. So. Sure. I, I mean, fair, fair, fair. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, the movie's really good. Um, some of it is filmed uh, in uh, like my hometown as well. Some of the some of the Ty Cobb movie is there. 
Uh, and uh, some of the people I know are extras. Tommy Lee Jones does a really good job of playing Ty Cobb. It's a good movie. Baseball has a really cool history. Like, it's gone on for so long. Like, mm-hmm. if you look up, like, the NHL, like, oldest players, it's someone born in, like, 1890 or something. Baseball, it's like there were guys born in, like, the 1860s, like, 1850s who played. And there's just something really cool about that, that it's so storied and there's so much stuff. And it was way more popular than any of the other sports back in the day at that time, is my understanding. Like, baseball was the you ever see What's your favorite sport? I like baseball. I always have. Do you like baseball movies? Yeah, I'll, I'll watch There's any kind really of good movie ones. that I like. like Which Bull, one would Durham, you Bull Durham's really good. Uh, a League of Their Own, when you got the girls playing during World War II. That's really good. That Tom one. Hanks is the coach, and you've got, like, name a tough girl, like, from Hollywood mm-hmm. back in, like, the early 90s, and she's in it. So, like, Rosie O'Donnell's in it. Madonna's in it. And um, um, I can't think of the third lady, but, like, it's really good. Yeah. Tom Hanks is like this. The lady from Thelma and Louise, I think. Yeah, yeah, who's that that's who I can't think of right now. It, it's mm-hmm. not well both of Maybe them are in separate baseball yeah. movies because um I'm thinking of the uh, big blonde one. Yeah, the big blonde one who's is who I can't come up with, but the other one is like um was it was in Bull Durham um oh, with right. uh with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. And um but but yeah, and uh and then Gina there's Davis. the one uh, Gina Davis and then Field of Dreams also with Kevin Costner. Clearly he's a big I baseball. Wait, you to get the Moneyball. It might be my favorite baseball movie. That is definitely of the baseball movies I remember, it's like Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. And, oh, come on. There's uh, children's movies. I know. I'm, I'm talking about when I saw them as, as a Fair. kid. And okay. then uh, the one you just mentioned. Moneyball. Yeah. yeah. I watch Moneyball Money highlights sometimes on YouTube. You watch a Moneyball highlight, and before long, they're like, oh, you like Moneyball. Here's another one. Here's another one. I watch almost the whole movie. Well, Joan Hill else? stole the show in that movie. He was. He did. He got paid like nothing. So good. Yeah, really? There's a football movie about draft day i can't remember the name of it but it stars a huge star uh that's from field of dreams kevin costner i think that's who it is uh i, I do like kevin costner he's a terrible director but a decent actor football draft I thought field of dreams was dennis quaid and that's why i've never watched it it's called Isn't draft that- day and it does star kevin costner and kyle you haven't seen it i think you would like it okay i'll check it out um, yeah. Yeah. My oh, Who else? It has. I'm sorry. Who's the conservative comedian who sings "I'm an asshole"? I'm, Bill, it's I not, have no it's idea. Not, it's Dennis not Leary, I think. He's oh, that, okay, 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 okay. I'm not very familiar with him. Yeah. Um. No, I like baseball movies. Uh, those are some of my favorites, though. Bull Durham, uh, Field of Dreams, and uh, League of Their Own are probably my three favorites. Moneyball is good, but it's it's I don't know. It's almost too new to like be included in my like classics. It maybe one day. It, it's a good movie though. Don't get me wrong. I like all the actors in. It's great. The Natural's great good. It, the Natural. Oh, Robert Re- Robert mm-hmm. um, Redford. He's yep, also yep. the guy from Jeremiah Johnson. Robert Redford's a, a great actor. Uh, he had a good movie where he's like a prisoner uh, in like a military prison, and James Gandolfini is like the warden, and um, oh, he's like. Hmm. Robert Redford is like this storied like military commander who like maybe disobeyed an order or something. And now he's got to go to military prison. And James Gandolfini is like a never was kind of military guy. Like, like he never actually served, mm-hmm. but he, he's like a fanboy of Robert Rodriguez of um, Robert Redford. So when he comes in, he's, he's like inviting him to his office. He's like, Oh yeah, maybe you could, I've seen this movie. That's, that's maybe such a sad scene. This, and, and maybe you could sign this for me or do this or that for me. Like it's, it's just, it's an honor to have you here. And 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 Robert Redford's just not fucking having it. He's just like, 
I don't know about the honor, but I'm here. You know, it's just like, 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 mm. it's just like straight lace, like not, not, it doesn't want to sign any fucking shit. Like, like I'm here to do my time. And they end up, it, it's, and they end up like butting heads. It's, uh, yeah. It's and then James Gandolfini like hates him because, oh, yeah. Is, uh, he immediately is, hates him. You know, a jilted person to him. Yeah. I've seen that movie. It's good. Gandolfini doesn't have many movies, unfortunately, but that's, that's one of them. That's pretty good. Also, um, that, that Tarantino movie, well, he wrote, Tarantino wrote this movie. Talking about Redford movies? You're leaving out Indecent Proposal. That's the big one to me. I like that one. That. So Indecent, like? All right. Indecent Proposal hits me hard. I'm wired for monogamy. That's just what's up. The main characters in it are Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore. And they have a picture-perfect marriage. They have these like matching wedding rings and they have dreams. I think Woody Harrelson's a struggling architect. They're not very wealthy, but he's got potential. (coughs) And uh, they they dream. I think they have some land that they want to build on someday. And they're just bonded together. Anyway, they find themselves at a casino. And Robert Redford's character is an older gentleman, good-looking, super-duper rich. And he offers them a million bucks to fuck Demi Moore. And they're like, oh, this would make all our dreams come true. But we don't Mm -hmm. want it. But it would make all it. They do it. He fucks her. And she likes it. And then they go back. They try to return to their marriage and pretend nothing happened. But Woody Harrelson can't. He's mm-hmm. like stuck with it. He, he he can't. He's just ruined by it to the point where he's not nice to her like she was, like he was before. So she leaves him and goes with Robert Redford. I, I'll spoil the movie. He um, like they become a couple for a little bit. Then he realizes that she's really meant to be with Woody Harrelson. He's like mean to her to like mm-hmm. is an intentional way to get her to leave him, and uh, um. Then she goes back to Woody Harrelson and the ending scene is them like holding hands with their matching wedding rings again. But there's this sort of, it'll never be the same. Yeah. Like I uneasiness. He, he donated all the money he got to some oh, animal. What charity. a fucking idiot. I was I about to you. say like, 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 that's for he's like, he's like, I lost the money on blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the way the scene went is Demi Moore and Robert, Redford were raising money for some good wild animal cause to get her attention. Woody Harrelson bought a like bought, you know, like sponsored an elephant for a million dollars and that's where the money went. And, uh, I don't know. So like, uh, sometimes you like a movie cause they make you feel good. But I feel like if you really like movies, you like them because they make you feel and indecent proposal makes me feel bad which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you ever know? see Cool Hand Luke? Yeah, I think so. That's a good one too. Mm-hmm. I don't rem- I think I saw it when I was very, very young. I don't remember anything about it. It's where he's in like that southern prison and they're trying to break yeah. him, but he just won't fucking break. I have a much lighter topic and I'm curious about. Kyle, you bought a spork. Did you show it to the show already? I remember you telling us about your spork. I am but thinking, why? I'm in the market for a spork, and I wonder... It could possibly be. Look at this spork. It unfolds like a tent pole. Is it a long spork? Would you call it? I think it's a normal length spork is what I'm seeing. 
Why did you buy that? Yes, why did you buy a collapsible sport? Mm. I know you don't really like camping. I, I want something expensive and yet worse than traditional utensils. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a sport. I wanted a sport in my life. <laughs> I just wanted, you know, I wanted a sport in my life. Sport in your life. I want a sport in my life. So you can eat soup inefficiently. Don't, Why? Don't, don't judge me. Okay, the sport <laughs> is the perfect utensil. First of all, uh, the sport it's dominates long. the spoon. It dominates the spoon. If it's in here, as long as I can remember how to put it in there, I don't right now. But yeah, I've got, like I've a got card if you bring I've got instructions anywhere. over there somewhere. Where are they? Where are my instructions? Yeah, here they are. You need instructions for a spork? I'll memorize it eventually. I don't, I don't do <laughs> You know, there's a, there's a special way to all right. <laughs> that way. Okay. Yeah, it's like this. It's like this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's easy to forget. There's like three different ways for things to go. You know, you get it. You, it you looks get like there's one way for it to go. Well, you're dumb. <laughs> that just shows how dumb you are. Clearly, yeah, I mean, clearly, you're a little you, know, you don't know how to use. I won't be able to. Clearly, you don't know how to use a uh, collapsible sport. Um, <laughs> you haven't had. You haven't been trained yet. But uh, but I'm. But, you know. But why? Shit. Um, <laughs> you fucking idiot! You know, you know I, uh, I why? I, 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 it, it goes in. It, look, look, it went in there. It went in. Yeah. No, no, no. Lift it back up. <laughs> lift, it back up. Lift, it back up. lift it back up. That shit did not go in. That shit absolutely did not go in. All right. All right. Hang on. Let's go back to the question. You fucking retarded. Back up. You. But I, I'm just blown away. But, but why? Why did you buy us? I'm in the market for a spork. You can't possibly be in the. <laughs> I am. I do all this moto camping. I got. It, I got. It. No, no, hold it. Hold it up on the screen so we can confirm that it's sliding gracefully into the holster. It's right in there. Yeah, look at that. Bam. Look right at that. Right look at how much time you saved. Ooh, <laughs> it. All right, all right. And, and, and look, it, it cooks onto your keychain, so you can take it anywhere, right? So now this wow. is part of my life. I'm a I'm a spork man now. <laughs> that I'm is a thing. motorcycle guy. I'm a lighter thing, but he went with the spork. So so, what made <laughs> you buy a spork, Kyle? You know, man, I'm just buying stuff for my trip to Colorado, and I was thinking, you know, I'm probably gonna eat some like some cheesy potatoes or something. I'd like a spork for that, you know, and uh, and 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 it'd be pretty cool, be pretty pretty chill. I think everybody'd be blown away if I was just like popped over my spork, you know everyone's gonna there's still certainly be blown away you know like, like i bought a bunch of i bought all sorts of things i got i got my i got my uh i got my lighter now got, that, is lighter. that is that is pimp yes yeah, yeah. I, got, I got myself a, a a zippo there for my for lighting things shit you know, i want one of those colorado uh, will you be one, able to have a knife one of one at when you um, over yeah i can have knives swords oh. black powder weaponry cannons oh, that's right mortars man. swords bows arrows ninja weapons shuriken <laughs> how about I'm, that thing wharf has oh the batleth oh, <laughs> yes, the batleth is already being made don't worry i found a 900 <laughs> batleth on etsy i'm going to be a, i'm going to be a student of the blade okay mm. um champion oh, I, I just standing. looked up what a batleth is that's okay i was going to make fun of it. this is actually pretty cool Zach, oh, can you help us out with this i've been training right. my batleth technique since I was a young man, okay, like, like, trust He's me, using I, a wooden uh, bat life right now. Obviously. How do you use it? You hold it and then, like, occasionally, you, like, swing it out. Well, it depends. It depends. You know what, 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 uh, what kind of foe you're facing? I'm sure. It would depend on the foe and yeah. what kind of weaponry he has. What you if know, he has but, a but, but, <laughs> What race well, he is? And yeah, by that yeah. I don't mean color. I mean, like, literally. Yeah, if it's a bolian, a bolian, or a, or, or, a Klingon, or, or, or you know, another a, another Klingon warrior, perhaps. Yeah, what if he's a, the same thing as uh, whatever Worf is. <clears throat> this is a, well, he's a he's Klingon. a Klingon. Um, well, he's he's a, a half and half. He's a half Klingon. Uh, he's not. He's one hundred percent Klingon. Oh, his kids half and half. Aren't all uh, actually his kids is his kids three quarters, I believe. 
Oh. Klingons are super yeah, Alexander, strong. Alexander. Alexander, right? yes. Klingons are super strong and resilient to damage. Or yeah, they have uh, redundant uh, body chemistry or, or, or organs. So they have like uh, multiple organs. They, I think they have three lungs maybe, and their heart is like encased in bone and stuff. They may have even have two hearts. Like they've got this ridiculous uh, redundant body. Uh, so they're just like super hard to kill. Super hard to kill. Uh, they have like a warrior race, kind of like Spartans. You know, they're 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 sort of trained to be warriors from from a. Yeah, you're, you're selling a, me on on Star Trek now. Klingons are fucking great. Uh, they're my they're my favorite race in in, in all of uh, Star Trek. They're really fun. Worf is my favorite character in all of Star Trek. Um, so yeah, I'm getting myself a Batleth, and uh, you know, start training. Of course, I'm sure there's a Star Trek uh, martial arts school near me. I can learn that that thing Kirk does with a double fist swing. He does, and uh, maybe maybe the Vulcan nerve pinch as well. A few different martial arts there combined. I'm looking forward to it. Who's the Vulcan again? Vulcans Which, don't have the uh, the forehead ridges. That's the no. They have the pointy ears, and they're all about logic. They don't really have emotions. Well, they they have very powerful emotions, but they keep them uh, suppressed. Well, it depends what series you're talking about. If you're asking which Vulcan, but you're probably thinking of Spock. He's kind of the original Vulcan. Ah, uh, interesting. I've been watching a lot of Impractical Jokers. A lot of lore there, also. Mm-hmm. Not really. No. No. Worf no. is pure Klingon, like Kyle said. Yeah. Raised by humans, which makes him a little conflicted. Yeah, it's true. Um, he was raised by Russians, actually. Um, Barely and, him. And, and, yeah. uh, and like Siberia yeah, or something corrected. like that. They were, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think, the Shevchenko. Yeah, the, the Shevchenkos uh, raised him. And uh, they also raised his son, Alexander, for a short time because <clears throat> the actor that played him was so bad, they just had to get him off the show for a while. Uh, after his mother was killed by um, by a rival Klingon. Um, and it was a... Uh, it was a good, that was a good episode. His mother has an episode early on where she's wearing this, like, I call it a camel toe leotard because that's what it does. Mm-hmm. There's just fat camel toe. It's one of my nice. favorite episodes. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Try to find like, I mean, let me let me. I mean, shit, we got a little time here. I know we're we're, we're six minutes over, but let, let's yeah, just camel inject. Let's see, um, Worf's mate, Worf's Worf's pussy. Is that what I Kalar, should? Her name was Kalar. Um, so let me find her. Camel toe. Oh man, there's a lot of porn. <laughs> is it W H A R F? Is that how you spell? Oh, it? There's a lot of camel toe in, in Star Trek lore. Like, like I'm W O R F. I think W O R F is yeah yeah yeah. Um, this one doesn't really display it the kind the way I like. I like it really laid out there for me. Um, I'm not finding it uh, off the top of my head, but but the the oh, scene geez. is this is. Yeah, there's some good stuff in Star Trek. Warp yeah, what I'm seeing is definitely not even Star Trek. This yeah, is yeah, that, that that's just pornography. <laughs> um, maybe if I search Klingon camel toe, maybe that'll get it for me. Mm. <laughs> hey, Hudson camel toe. That is a big camel toe, Kate. Well, now I'm onto this. <laughs> Send a link. <laughs> Hang on, I got you. Oh, that is a fat camel toe she's got. Don't cover it up. We want to see. Yeah, I'm not seeing the Star Trek camel toe. But... fucking whore. Dirty girl. <laughs> I used to watch her mom all the time. She's a space slut. <laughs> Wait, who are we talking about? Kate Hudson. Oh, Here's she's your mom. Um, uh, What's her name? Um, Kimmy Hudson. No, 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 no. It's a famous actress that uh, Kurt Russell was married to. Oldie Hawn. Oldie Hawn, yeah. I didn't know. Or maybe I think, she's, I think she's dead. No, she's just I don't old. think so. Goldie Hawn's one of those women that 
looks a little weird because she's had a lot of plastic surgery. But where I contend, I don't know if she looks worse than she would have. Yeah, she doesn't look good though. She looks horrible. So that we can agree on. Let's let's take another fresh look at. Yeah, can you find any like 2021 Goldie Hawn Zach and people can judge? Oh, this is great news. I thought Kurt Russell was dead. Why would you think that? Just you know, you get lost in the rigmarole of life, and <laughs> <laughs> you think certain people. Are dead. Oh. I mean, it was in Hateful Eight just a few years ago, and uh, Hateful Eight was like what six years ago. You have to be careful on Goldie Hawn pictures. She has a few like ugly faces that just look like she's ruined. Don't close your mouth, Goldie. Whatever you do, is that it? When I see her smiling and she knows her picture's being taken, it's like, all right, a little weird, but not the worst. Yeah, so that I, I would say that falls under this category, the picture that's up. A little yeah, weird, but, but not like mustache. super bad. Yeah, he's got yeah his mustache fucking rules. But her <laughs> face, way overdone. My my yes. mom got that in like her last years because she was like mm-hmm. all about like Botox and shit. And it got to the point where like she'd smile and like, you need... Women will think, I don't want wrinkles in my forehead. Mm-hmm. But like, you look like the fucking saw puppet when you smile without those wrinkles. Yeah. I'd like to play a game. The good <laughs> thing about Botox is you can try it on and stop. Like, it, it goes away. It's not like um, there's fillers you can get, like where women puff out their lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, also, that, that, goes, removed, that goes away too. It, it goes away over time. It Oh, so I, I looked into it. It migrates, mm. and then if you have it done a couple of times, you just look fucked up, and you have to go to someone to remove it. Uh, mm-hmm. Botox, on the other hand, is just like a numbing type thing that makes your muscles not tense up and create those things. Like paralyzes the nerve or something. And, and it, 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 can, it can long term do that shit. Botox, I like didn't it doesn't. Know that. It doesn't but I think that's if they right. make mistakes and put it in up. But assuming that it works like it normally mm-hmm. does. Uh, it that definitely hurts. Zach Zach says it takes six to twelve months for the filler to res- dissolve on its own. I feel like I've seen it. Women have it removed because it migrated in a bad way and stuff. So I, I didn't make it up. I don't Clearly, know. Clearly, like the science hasn't figured this stuff out enough yet, and you should not be a first adopter. Let someone else storm the beach, How and then take the good stuff. I saw this TikTok trend where they take their they take a little, four months. They did a little spot of glue. They did a little spot of glue and they put it right here, like in the bottom of your like frangulum oh, yes. or whatever this is yeah. called. And then they like take their lip and they push it up till it sticks, and then it makes their top lip look do this like st- stinky duck face. So they look like they're snarling at you. That's stupid. It, to be honest, like so the um, I think I saw it too on Reddit and from TikTok reposted, yeah. and eh, I was like. Okay, it was like what DIY or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, like why? this looks terrible. Why would anyone do that? But I saw it and I'm like, you know, if you have really thin lips, this doesn't make it perfect, but I might take this over what was there before. I wonder if we could find that. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, pretty bad. Not into it. Um, but maybe if you had really thin lips, I might just do it to a girl to, to laugh at her. That'd be funny. There's always that. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, Kyle, how long is your spork? Is it longer than the utensils in your drawer? I think so. I think so. I don't have like a. I'm shopping for a spork. I bought utensils. I'm not sure I love them. It is like full length. Like, like, like it's it's at least as long as like a standard like like implement. When you're camping, have you ever seen the dehydrated food that campers get? Yes. Okay. In that bag. 
yeah. in that bag. And if you don't have a long utensil, Can't get then you get it on your fingers and your knuckles and stuff as you uh, finish it off. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure your spork's long enough. I don't know. Yeah, you wasted. How much was the spork? It was thirty dollars, wasn't it? Fuck, I don't know. I, let me. I can. I can look real quick on my Amazon. I don't think it was thirty. I think it was probably more like fifteen. All I right. used to have one of those titanium sporks, um, oh, but I think I kicking yourself for losing it, right? <laughs> I literally am. It was like, thirty dollars. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at it on Amazon. It's totally I can I see the package it came in. It's that twenty nine ninety five. Twenty. I would not spend thirty dollars on a spork. I know you would spend twenty nine dollars and ninety five cents on a spork. There's no way I would do that. Let me. I'm, I'm looking at my my past purchases. Let's see. I spent eighty dollars on light bulbs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's reasonable. You need light. Well, I mean, it's four light light bulbs. You saw that light bulb. It's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. It's that one I found on Reddit that like look. Uh, it's thirty dollars. It's Well, you know what? <laughs> when you're in the market for a, for a good you know sport, expense is no. No, or money's no object. Money's no object. You know, you you're just like, hey, I. I need a good sport, you know, mm-hmm. in my life. And uh, you'll be able to give that to your grandchildren. So. I'll be able to. <laughs> you won't. I mean, That's unless, the unless there's like a rubber thing that like allows it to do this bendy shit just breaks after like 30 uses. Bungie does $30. It'll never break. 10 years later. You didn't fold it right. The, the, the spoon part has to be in the middle. Remember Wait, the, way, the way you did it the, before the, the spoon. No, turn it towards the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you have to put the middle part. The spoon has to be the middle part. You got to do the two fold. Taylor's figured out how to operate. Yeah. Would see. It, it, the spoon is absolutely not the middle part. It's like this. Yeah. It's like well, this I mean, part. evidence is on my side with the slide in. Hang on. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. Not immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking Rubik's cube for assholes. Look, it's stupid. Ah, I got it. No, <laughs> no, no. What? You certainly. Woody, don't. who's the star of Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> don't engage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know as soon as you finish that fucking sport. Yeah, yeah. When you, I, I'll keep my hands up and then say his name after you put that. You're giving up, aren't you? <laughs> 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 it's Macaulay Culkin, Kyle. It's Macaulay Culkin. And then this goes back. And then he's putting the spoon in the middle. There's, there's only three movable parts. <laughs> You'd be surprised. This, but they can each go two ways. There we go. So look at that. There we go. There's look at how convenient stuff. that was. <laughs> how you just keep these with you, and you don't have any problem, right? You know, you just always keep these on you. Look, look. I got these candy pockets right here. Bam. Boom. Never will be an issue. Just I won't. You never know when there's money Holy in a pocket smokes, like this. The, it's like a the, bomber jacket. Is that what that's called? Zach uh, found a great extendable dinner fork for zoot dessert long handled fork cutlery. It's 25 inches long. I want this. I just wish it was a spork instead. Yeah, of pull a that fork. out of the campfire and start shoveling some fucking food in. Dude, I would fucking pull that out at dinner time and flex on everybody. Show them. All how right, long I kind of want it back. now. That's fucking do you, do you, do you, if you go to that Amazon listing, uh, go to the third photo in the Amazon listing, and it shows someone like stealing a dumpling off someone else's plate. <laughs> like, I'll have that. <laughs> oh, I'll have it. Does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some of what is it? It's telescoping, isn't it? I'll have what. Oh shit! It's telescopic. I just realized that it's a. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it that's kind of so cool. long. Like. 
Oh. And they don't have spork options, unfortunately. You can save five percent. It's incalculable. It's only ten dollars and seventy nine cents. Dude, utensil talk needs to be a tent pole topic on this show. Next oh, week, yeah. all utensils, four hours. Get ready, boys. <laughs> Chopstick hour. All right, that's coming. That's coming. Okay. Other utensils, uh, forks, spoons, chopsticks, and the rest. Knives, knives. A Never forget the knife. A, you ever see one of those things you use to like shave butter? It's like a little, uh, like a little, little thing. That's like a. It's kind of like a, a, mm -hmm. a, a cheese grater, but it's a, it's yeah. in a little scoop form. You will shave a little butter on there and With the wire on there. Yeah, you, like like a cheese cutter almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys. All right, that's enough of this. Yeah, yeah. Just gets fucking stop now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, PKA five sixty 